Shots going down right now. Episode 178 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the ill-mented funky problem child decapitating the floating heads arrow with my toxic offender sword style, aka Moods. Yeah. And of course, I have my Mexican by my side tonight. The man whose head grew at least six inches after Jason posted up the top 10 podcast of January because he was on six of 10 of them. The refried Mexican, double jobless J, a.k.a. JP. And we have the man back in the house who will fall asleep during a dub, dub, dub review and blame it on being so late at nighttime. The Sacktown Snore, a.k.a. Mike, the Neddy Pot Merriman. And the 22 Shots crew would like to welcome back to the show for the very first time, the third female podcaster to grace her presence on the show, the woman who claims that the 2019 horror flick Bliss is not a vampire film, the pop whore diva, the chick that will tell a bitch to get off that female funk, Miss Lacey to the Lou. Gio, what's going on, peeps? <laughs> what up? Man, I fucking <laughs> nailed that motherfucker tonight, man. That was crazy. I know, I didn't want it to end. Oh, I'm looking at my intro and it's so long and I'm like, I am going to fuck this up so many times because I'm really not, you know, I'm kind of tired and yeah, that went that went pretty fucking well. Lacey, welcome to the show, man. Welcome to the show. Happy to have you on. Thank you so much for the invite. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And bliss, absolutely. I, I, as for Bliss, fuck that movie. <laughs> Dude, Whoa. Bliss is fun. Okay, so I, <laughs> I, I have to bring it up. I have to bring it up. Well, I, since I already did bring it up, but are you serious? You don't think it's a vampire film? Um, When I watched it, I don't know if it just, like, I, I just thought it was, like, drugs. I don't know. I, I, I guess I just it went over my fucking head or something, but I, I don't think it's, like, a straight-up vampire film, no. It's hmm. definitely not a straight-up. It's really one scene that makes it a vampire film. Yeah. Yeah, I think I must have just like missed it or something. But to me, I just thought it was you know people are crazy like eating each other on drugs. I don't know. That's that was the take that I got on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, just take it from George Clooney. He doesn't believe in fucking vampires either. But vampires do not explode when they fucking get sunlight. <laughs> that's well, true. I, I, I mean, these people are on drugs. Fall, like I just rationalized it with them well, being that's on what he drugs. Said. And who knows what the fuck is happening? Well, that that's the beauty of the storytelling. That's the offset of it because it's supposed to make you think that it is kind of like you know that drug that what was that drug a couple years ago that people would take and then they started bath like, salts bath salts man it's kind of like that whole thing where it's making your brain go insane and you do fucking crazy ass shit and stuff because it's like an, it's an art house film right so it kind of makes sense that they're going this way drugs are you know influencing her to the point where you know she's going insane from the drugs and stuff but in reality there's a very subtle moment in the film where she clearly gets turned right so I think it, I, I think know. it's awesome I, film. I guess it just went over my head. <laughs> sorry, it's that's all right because Lacey's gonna watch it again and then report back. I, I so. have no desire to watch that ever again. It just Man, wasn't my style. I don't know. It's funny too because I watched a lot of movies last year and I didn't do a lot of rewatches, but oddly enough, Bliss was the movie I watched the most. I actually watched the movie three times last year. Uh, I watched it on my own, but then I also did a review on Fresh Cuts right after, and then I rewatched it after again then for Cop Ten or whatever. But just. Well, we, we did it on we did it on here too. Oh, that's right. That's why that's why I rewatched it the third time. That's yeah. right. That's right. I forgot that we reviewed that on here, but um, yes, uh, Lacey, third female to be on the on the podcast. See, at first I was gonna be like, wait a minute, and then I was like, oh, never mind. 
I'm surprised nobody questioned that right away. Yeah. Everybody, everyone's like thinking, like, who the fuck are the other two? Or Carly's, so Carly, Car- obviously. Yeah, Carly. Uh, can Car- you take a guess who the third one was? Do you know who the third one is? Oh God. Um, <laughs> this is turning more comedic by the second. Man, uh, is it Jeremy? It is Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Good guess. <laughs> well, you guys kind of gave it away there, but <laughs> <Yeah>, crying <laughs> Freeman. Yeah, crying, crying, <laughs> crying Freeman. Freeman is the. I love those. I love those memes. <laughs> the crying Freeman. <laughs> crying Freeman, because I read it in Jeremy's voice too. When it's like the big long wall text that Neil does, I read it in Jeremy's voice in my head, and it's just hilarious. Brilliant, brilliant, man. So uh, good. <laughs> social media at its best, right there. Yeah, really, really. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the other female. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I have like tears in my eyes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, welcome back to the show. For I don't know how many times you've been on a lot in the last six months. Have, has it, have you broke the record yet? I, somebody needs to let us know if if you broke the re- the guest record. It, it's I mean Derek Derek was just on one not too long ago but I believe he had the record he definitely had the record but mm-hmm. I, I you got to be getting close man Yeah I mean it's it's close I, it depends how how much of a run Derek had cuz didn't he have like at one point a bunch of like back to backs where he was on Yeah he did like bunch. 10 or 11 in the in a row yeah, I, I think he still has me by a few at least. Because mine are, the, it's like, you know, I'll, I'll show up on one and then like a few weeks later. I had like a good stretch where it seemed like I was on every other one for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like the stretch well, I had I, with I, Fresh I guess, too. Yeah, I know. Which I haven't been on in months because you guys don't record on the right days anymore. <laughs> well, we might be making a comeback to the early week recording, so hopefully... Uh, it'll it'll start working out again because yeah, well, I, the same with you and like Brandon Young, for anyone that knows him, he had like a good streak going on too, and then he changed his job, which put uh, different nights that he was available and just limited his availability to even get to the theater. So, a couple of like our most frequent guests is just uh, schedule wise, but that's that's you know how life is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 100%, man. Schedules are constantly changing, especially with JP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we're still recording here super late at night on Fridays because of JP. It's all his fucking fault. <laughs> it's your fault, really. I can't, I mean... No, dude, we uh, would have been starting at 11 o'clock your time, but no, you don't get off until 11. What the fuck? What is with you, dude? Like, where's your loyalty? <laughs> <laughs> my bills <laughs> i guess so right it's probably the appropriate answer <laughs> <laughs> my car payment you know yeah man so you know i gotta say man uh i'm a little bit shocked that the the bong joon ho show didn't do as well maybe it did well on horophilia and stuff but just considering the timing of that show I know, dude. It came out like a day before he won the Oscar or something like that. Or the like day two days after. before. Yeah. Day yeah, after. Yeah, a couple days after. But it's just the most random timing ever. I just thought for sure people are going to jump all over that and go, oh, who's this bong? I, apparently just nobody gave a shit. <laughs> right? They're like, this fucking foreigner's winning, you know, best film of the year, blah, blah, blah. Fuck this guy. 
that's, that seemed to be the consensus, man. It was like the weirdest reaction from people because most people were like, first of all, who is this guy? What's mm-hmm. this movie? And how is a foreign film winning best, you know, best uh, picture when there is a best foreign picture category? And I'm like, because they're two different things. Yeah, yeah, it's well, not like the best American no, association. Exactly. It's two different things. And people are like, okay. But I kept hearing from people like, nobody's seen Parasite. And I'm like, no, there's quite a few people out there that saw that movie. I mean, how do you think it got nominated for one thing? But I don't mm-hmm. know. It just really didn't well, generate. Well, the Academy the... does the nomination for sure. It's not but like there, regular people. But there was a lot of people out there that saw the film, just regular Jills and shit like that too. I mean, it wasn't. It oh wasn't yeah, just definitely. Because it played film. it played in my cinema for a little while too. Yeah, I was know? actually telling these guys right before the show that oddly enough, we got Parasite in our cinema in my city last night. It's it's going to be there all week and shit. And I'm like, you going to go see it? I am going to go see it. Yeah, even though the Blu-ray just came out, it's totally bizarre. <laughs> I I seen it. Yeah, I'm gonna go see that and uh, the new Invisible Man maybe this week too. So it's kind of cool, you know. Definitely I haven't go see Invisible Man. Dude. I haven't seen I haven't seen a theatrical film in 2019 yet, and so I'll get to see one at least. So I've seen them like all, <laughs> like all the horror ones I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a c- couple non horror ones. Uh, I've been going to the cinema a lot lately. Uh, I've actually watched I think like 12 2020 um, new movies too. So like. That that's like a record for me this early in the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, man. I've I've been on just like the slowest tip with that, man. I've only watched like six or seven or something, but I mean, but what I've watched hasn't been the worst. So I kind of lucked out with missing oh, some I've of these theatricals stuff. Man. <laughs> yeah. I, I for a while there, I hadn't seen anything good until I'd seen The Lodge and now Invisible Man. Um, I just picked up Color Out of Space on 4K, so I'm gonna check yeah. that out too. What else? What have you guys seen this year, Mike and Lacey? What have you guys seen from 2019 films? 2020. Uh, 2020. <laughs> you mean 2020? Uh, pretty yes. much, pretty much everything. Top, I think. Is it still 2019 in Canada moods? <laughs> you, you, you know why I said that? Because I was literally <laughs> looking at my notes that says 2019 horror flick bliss when I said that. Oh, okay. A, so 2020. <laughs> so it was like embedded in your mind. It really is because I'm just staring at the screen. But uh, yeah, 2020 flicks, man. Uh, what have you guys seen so far this year? Um, I seen uh, the worst movie of the year so far for me is The Grudge. Um, that one, yeah. that one was down there until I saw uh, the Turning. The Turning, and then I there was one that. even worse than that that I didn't like, The Boy. The boy I, I haven't seen that one yet. That's I think that's the one big one that I've missed so far that for horror releases that have come out. Um, man, this God, is I'm really this is really depressing, man. Because we, we've talked about this many times on the show about how you know over the last few years, you know, theatrical films is making a huge comeback and stuff. And we, which, as horror fans, we're pretty proud of that and shit. But it seems to be coming more quantity over quality with you know. The 2020 output so far seems to be most of them aren't worthy of being called great or good films. It's kind of frustrating a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Fantasy Island and Hansel or Gretel and Hansel were um, the three mainstream releases. And then um, I don't even know. People aren't even calling Come to Daddy um, really horror. I I consider it as horror elements. I thought it was fun. That's one of the films I actually did see. I thought it was pretty fun. I would say it's borderline horror, but I mean, I I liked it. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. I just can see how like some people might say it's not quite like straight horror. Yeah, I mean, 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. I think it has enough elements there. I mean, there's so many. I mean, this is a discussion that we have year in, year out with all the new, you know, fucking. Yeah, in July, I try to have it and then I get yelled at. Well, dude, Deliverance, (laughs) fuck, you always, your number one film is never a horror film. That's just the way it is. We we already know that's going to happen again this year, but there's so many. My number one horror film was us. Yeah, so there's so many borderline type of films. Now, I think that it doesn't really matter what other people think. I mean, if you think that it's horror enough to be on your list, it is what it is. I mean, as long as it's in the parameters, I mean, <laughs> you know, speaking kind of thing, I think that some people like they can see something in something that's not there or maybe it's there. I don't know. But um, yeah, they're uh, all personal lists. That's, I was just that's my point. That's my point, really. I mean, it's Steve for that movie right there. I think there's enough horror elements. I mean, for what's going on, there's some there's some decent gore. I mean, there's some things that are happening in the movie that are, you know, very much associated with horror films. So. But did, did again, any of you guys see the lodge? Uh, no, yet. that just came out here. Um, like I've seen everybody else have it Man, released. Like I've been hearing, but here it just things. Whew, crazy. Yeah, yeah was, I heard it's it really original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. It, it was definitely really good. And then Invisible Man, like I, I, I know you guys probably plan on seeing it, but I definitely recommend seeing it. It's, um, it's Carly's favorite film that she saw this year so far, and it's it's up there with the Lodge for me. I haven't decided which one I like more, but mm. definitely a really cool um, take on Invisible the Invisible Man. And it mixes in domestic violence like very good, and it it you know it hit it, it hits hard, and uh, it's actually kind of scary at times. You know, definitely definitely scary. The only thing I didn't really like is just like some of the visuals with the actual um, when you find out like how the invisible man is invisible and stuff like that um that that's really the only issue i had and it's it's pretty minor but yeah it, it it's a long one it's i think it's like over two hours or close to it and it uh it has a good ending too it's a good movie it's it's definitely the best universal adaptation um in decades you know what i mean so yeah. uh lee winnell awesome director very happy for him hope he continues to to do more work and i, I want to catch vfw soon because uh joe bigos you know we Hell talked about yeah. him a second ago i've been hearing nothing but good things about vfw and also bigos man that guy's like i i mean i think you know hardcores knew who he was from um almost human and mind's eye but like i'm happy that he's like you know just got super popular all of a sudden with these last two flicks that's pretty cool very happy for him as well i I can't stress it enough man vfw has to be fucking seen it's it's really really entertaining man i mean it's my number one so far but i also haven't seen invisible man which is he's it seems like a lot of people are loving so right yeah yeah i'm looking forward to seeing it actually because it's invisible man's actually one of my favorites like original um universal films yeah it's It's up there for me it's definitely one of the one of the better ones but um yeah, VFW, man, it's a really great kind of updated version of, like, Rio Bravo, Salt Zone Precinct 13 mixed with, like, you know, from Dust Till Dawn and a whole pile of things, man. It's just it's just a fucking blast. Great characters. High octane, man. Good shit. Can't recommend it enough. I can't see anything. I can't see, like, ten films knocking this out of my top ten right now. I just can't see it happening. That's good. Especially the way this Has- year's going. I mean, Beagles for me, since day one, like almost human, I thought it was really cool. You know, it was an IFC independent release film and stuff, and I thought it was really well done. A lot of people don't really care for the Mind's Eye that much. I thought it was kind of an interesting take on the whole scanner's like idea. It. I thought it was kind of cool, yeah. man. And then uh, what was the film he did a couple years ago? 
I'm totally fucking... Did he do another one? I thought Bliss was his third. No, I thought Bliss was his third, too. No. So, question. If I didn't like Bliss, will I like VFW? Yeah, it's it's nothing. I mean, it, there's some stylistic... It's totally different. Uh, things the, the, to it, but... I, I would say the only thing that's similar is that if you're familiar with Bigos' films, he likes to use colors and stuff, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. It's not an artsy film. It's not, like, fucking with your head, like, you know, blisses and shit like that. It's, yeah. it's, it's more like a straightforward story. It's a much more straightforward. It's a siege movie. It's like, a fucking, if you, on, if you yeah. like Assault on Precinct 13, I don't know if you've ever seen Real Problem, but, like, those type of siege movies where it's a bunch of people stuck in there. And it's cool because they're, like, Vietnam War vets and shit, so they have skills, right? But they're So old. it's kind of like Feast? In a, like, yeah, uh, in, a, in a sense, man. Like, you're stuck in a, in an area and you got to fight for, yeah. against a whole pile of motherfuckers that are trying to kill you. I around. love Siege stuff, so that's going to be... Um, but I'm what makes Siege shit fun is when you have a great fucking cast like this, man. Wait till you see the cast. Like, Fred Williamson's in there, and that's where the connection... Yeah, it to reminded Fred, me of, like, from Dust Till Dawn, just from, like, the it cast does. list. And, and like, just seeing Fred Williamson, like, he's, like, the same character, too, in it, man. It's fucking gnarly. It's just yeah, great, great cast. Great cast, man. Really, really great characters and shit. Uh, Lots of gore. And fucking just gnarly shit going on. So, yeah, big ups on that one. The, but. Ca- the cast is so good. They have such great chemistry. It feels like they're actual, like, you know, upper like, middle-aged buddies. You know, it, like, you buy into all the characters. Well, some of those guys just actually... From, just from the conversations. For sure. And, like, some of those guys, you know, within the narrative actually fought together in Nam and shit like that. So they were even talking about having each other's backs and shit. So when it came down to it, it kind of made sense that they would have that chemistry and fight you know, like the band of brothers they were kind of thing, right? So has anyone besides me and JP seen After Midnight yet? Uh not yet. Yep. What'd you think of it? Uh I fell asleep more than you do on a twenty two shots episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me well, and Carly was low on it too, man. I'm it, it I was, was it was so oh, fuck. I was, was not so good. fucking disappointed with this movie, dude. Like I couldn't wait to see it because yeah. I love Jeremy Garner. And actually, like, after I did a minor review on it, Dylan was like, oh, dude, really? <laughs> so disappointed. But, like, I kind of, I like the premise of it. But, man, dude, execution was just, like, it was so sleepworthy, man. Yeah, well, after I, after I watched it, it and, you know, I thought about it for a couple of days, I almost felt bad. Like, should I watch it again now that I know what this movie Hell actually no. was going for? Because my, after my initial watch, I was like, man... Like, what you know, the hell was going on there? Like, I give him credit for doing, like, there's a scene where, he, you know, once his wife comes back after she's been gone for, like, a week or ten days or whatever, or two months, whatever the fuck it was, three months. And there's a scene where they go out and they sit in the front, uh, the, like, the porch area and kind of waiting for the monster to come and shit like that. And there, that fucking scene doesn't have one cut in it. And it goes on for, like, 15 or 16 minutes. I was like, that is just crazy. But it's so... It's just, you know, if you're going to do that type of style of filmmaking, you really got to make the dialogue interesting and, and just kind of, you know, kind of push it forward a little bit. And I felt like it just stalemates itself. It just comes to a screeching halt at that point. I'm like, oh, my God, like, I understand what he's trying to do here, but it's not working. I was so, so not impressed. Speaking of Jeremy Garner, did anybody watch Sadistic Intentions? No, I don't even know what that is. So, he's, so, he, star- <laughs> so he stars in that one, too. Uh it's um I don't know man it, it was okay the, it, we've seen these type of stories done before and shit like that it was he's really good in it though I, I'll just say that but again pretty much a miss for me unfortunately mm. damn 
Yeah, the... I, I thought this year started off super slow. I mean, all all the years start off slow, but normally I don't see this many mediocre to bad films uh, this early on. It's got to be a record for you because usually at this point you've only seen maybe three films total. Yeah, usually. <laughs> well, it usually. just feels like there were so many in the theater to start off well, this there, year. There man. was um, yeah. at least the most in the last 10 years because I went back and actually looked. Yeah, like literally the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there was four in January wide theatrical releases, which is a record. And then there was, uh, I think f- I saw The Boy, The Lodge, Invisible Man, and Fantasy Island. So four in, in Did February. The Lodge get a wide release or was it just kind of limited? Um, it was a it was a wide release. Was it? Okay. Um, it's considered wide. It was sm- way smaller than any of the other films on but the list. But it's over like it's over like a thousand cinemas. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it got a, it got limited at first, and then they expanded it. Mm-hmm. The Golden Glove. Anyone see that yet? Nope. Oh, uh, no, but I seen somebody say that. Is it Orlick that says he absolutely hates it? I think. Oh, so. it, it's it, that movie is not for him. <laughs> At all, that's I don't even understand why. I don't even understand why Brandon serial killer movie or whatever. Yeah, I don't even understand why Brandon would ever watch that movie. That is just <laughs> not. That's not for him at all. It has all the elements of a movie that he would hate. It's absolutely fil- like it does have gross moments, like with certain things, you know. But the movie itself just has the most dis- disgusting aesthetic ever to it. It's just filthy. Him himself is gross. His place he lives in, the places he goes, the women he fuck. It's just disgusting, man. It's <laughs> filthy. I loved it. Well, I what fucking loved it. What would you compare it. it to, like, as a similar um, piece? Uh, oh, man, that's a good question. Um, with this type of... And it, 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 it has, like, dark comedy elements to it, which is actually kind of funny because the Germans are, you know, kind of known for not having a sense of humors. Hence, I guess, mm. why it would be dark comedy, <laughs> right? But, uh, um... I don't know, man. It's it's like a dark serial killer type movie. I mean, to compare it to, I don't really know what it's very similar to. That subgenre, huh. I guess. I don't really know what to compare it to. I've. It's just know. gonna be one of those watches. <laughs> it really is, man, and it's definitely gonna divide a lot of people. I, can, I mean, if you're not into is it raunchy? Movies, I wouldn't say raunchy. I mean, it has a little bit of gore. It's more about the situations that he's in and just what happens in these situations. It's fucking disgusting, man. <laughs> It's like nasty. What, what I what I'm like picturing is like when Captain Spaulding is uh, fucking that fat bitch and <laughs> Devil's Rejects. In and a sense, like, yeah, like that kind <laughs> like of filthiness that's, that's with his, with his shitty underwear and stuff for sure. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, dude. Oh my like God. like how gross Captain Spaulding is, and he's got the shitty streaky underwear, and he's got the yeah. really fast racing striped underwear. And um, yeah, it's kind of like that with with this dark comedic element. Like there's, there's this fucking scene, man, where I don't want to give it away, but it's just involving a really fat woman and like multiple fucking bottle strikes to her. And I, w- I literally was laughing out fucking loud at three in the morning by myself. I was just pissing myself. I, I was like, am I fucking in the head for laughing at this? But like, I actually brought it up to some other people and seen they're like, nah, that shit was pretty funny actually. And I was like, okay, <laughs> but it's shit like that. It's definitely not going to be for everybody. So yeah, Brandon, you should not be watching those movies. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea what my uh, number one is going to be this year. Like, I had, like, a pretty good idea that I was going to... Obviously, like, I watched other things, but... Or I had a good idea that Endgame was going to be at the top of my list. But this year, like, I have no idea. Like, none. Like, nothing's really, like, standing out. So I'm going to be definitely surprised with whatever it is. It could be The Invisible Man. Who knows? I'm waiting for that sleeper indie hit this year. I feel like last year there was no real... Flat out, oh, like bonafide. VFW. 
Yeah, I mean, right? I get, but the thing was, it was, I guess it's not sleeper because like everybody was kind of hype on yeah, it. Yeah, like high whack it. Yeah, like something that that's, just kind of comes out of nowhere, you know. Like with VFW, we kind of knew it was already coming. The new Bigos film, and so I was like, okay, you know. But like something that just kind of drops, and you're like, oh shit, man! Like and mm-hmm. generates a lot of buzz in the indie kind of circuit and shit. And I feel like we didn't really have that last year. It was kind of weird. I guess Bliss kind of became that, but even though it was a little bit divided amongst people, even on the show right now. <laughs> but- it was kind of, last last year was kind of it was probably close calls for me last year because I fucking didn't know about that till late. Yeah, man. I mean, I felt I tried to tell people to watch it, and I don't know. I don't think a lot of people end up watching it, but I, unfortunate. I don't know. I thought it was definitely worthy. The of fact, it. the fact that it was just sitting on Tubi, like for that time before I was putting together my, I was like, holy shit! Let me jump on this now, and I ended up really liking it. Yeah, that's that's what that's what I like about indie films, man. Sometimes they just kind of show up like that. And you're like, oh yeah, fuck yeah. So. But uh, yeah, 2020 horror films. Yeah, it's been a, a rather slow start to the year. But I mean, wasn't last year though? I mean, last year turned out even when we kind of we ended up not even doing the show. We were going to do the top ten of the 2000s year by year kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was universal, like with me, JP, and Jeremy. After we kind of submitted our list to each other and we saw each other's list, 2019 was definitely in the bottom third of the 2010s. Yeah, it was technique. It was it was ranked ninth out of ten. Nine out of ten oh, wow. years. Yeah. So, and like going back and like fully doing the research and stuff, it was I was really shocked at like I think it was like 2014 and shit was just phenomenal, mm-hmm. like really fucking solid years. I was like, damn man, because I always think of like 16, 17, those are really good years and shit. But 14 was just bangers after bangers, man. It's crazy. I wish we had to kind of done that show because I I actually had a lot of things to say about some of the early years and stuff, but. I know, I know. We just didn't have a place to put it. I know, um, I and speaking of, you know, shows and stuff, like, out of nowhere, we hadn't done franchise show in a long time, and then we get three. <laughs> I think that's what happened, though. It's because we hadn't done one in a while, and people were like, these motherfuckers got to get back to doing these, uh, these franchises. Because there was a time, what, in late 2018, where we did, like, six out of like eight shows were franchises, some crazy string or some shit. Oh, yeah, that, that one where we did... Four, five franchise shows for October. Yeah, it was nuts. Like, it, that was insane. And it was like Texas Chainsaw it was fucking Child's Play. It was Saw. It was big fucking franchises, man. Yeah. So, that was a lot of movie watching we did that month. So yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move this forward here, Lacey. You are first time around the show, so you know what that means. We got the very historic. And complicated five questions. Uh-oh. <laughs> no. Uh-oh. These are gen- these <laughs> are general like Woody <laughs> These are general type questions. It's more to get to know I mean, even for myself too, because I actually don't know the answers to a lot of these questions. And just for the viewers and shit. We try not to get too crazy with these. I mean, I'll only have one or two things about sex in here. I mean, fuck. Yeah. Gotta do. No, for real. I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump that angle, but so five questions. Uh, we got it. We got to do it. I mean, it's it's the fucking scream fr- franchise. So, um, but uh, yeah. what's your favorite <laughs> scary movie? Oh, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, actually, it's Scream. <laughs> is it really? So it really fucking is. <laughs> no. See, I, I mean, I have a I have a, a perfect guess then, right? Tattoo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh I my mean, god! I didn't know I that. I actually didn't know. That I didn't that really? either. No, 
So this just became a total and pure coincidence that you happen to be guesting on this show coinciding with your favorite movie. Uh, well, I mean, JP and you guys asked, so I was just like, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to turn it down when you got, anybody's asking me to do Scream. I'll, I can talk about it wow. all day, every day. So Wow, that's just really, really crazy. Because I didn't know. Like, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, like, when I was telling you, like, when I was taking my notes or whatever, I was like, I don't even really need notes. But I did notice things, like, as I was watching that I didn't really necessarily pick up on. But I, I can quote all four of these movies. Like, <laughs> it's Damn. insane. Okay, so, wow, this is going to get pretty interesting tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, we might go in-depth. I don't know. I didn't... Um, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, th- these are obviously going to be spoiler reviews because they're... Th- th- you just can't review these type of movies without yeah, spoiling because... Yeah, always spoil franchises. There's too much continuity. I mean, you just can't talk about one without the other, right? So... Uh, but, yeah, that's crazy. Scream, 1996. Scream? Interesting. Uh, what's your uh, favorite, uh, like, subgenre for uh slasher whodunits <laughs> slasher whodunits really that's cool yeah i mean I, I feel like there's such a lack of whodunits out there and i feel like it's completely marketable um i don't know there's just something about the mystery of who's behind the mask that's just really appealing to me mm-hmm. and yeah, especially you know, to- if they if they pull some some clever stuff you know what i mean the, the more clever a whodunit is that usually the better the movie is yeah, like I, I get annoyed when somebody tries to like pull one over and like it's predictable, and I'm like, did you really think I didn't know that? Like I get irritated, but I mean, I I see that's probably why people don't make more of these films. But yeah, I think there's definitely a market out there. I don't know why there's not more of them. Yeah, I think it is. It's because it's hard to actually make a really legitimate good one. Yeah, you know, without throwing somebody like a a curveball from left field and like that doesn't make any fucking sense that fucking Judy's the killer. You're like, what the fuck, <laughs> right? I don't know why I just said Judy, but... Who's Judy? I don't know, uh, just randomly. Are you like, thinking of sleepaway camp? Like, like, <laughs> That's fucking, what I was thinking. Why is fucking Judy Harold the, the fucking killer? I mean, this happens all the time. We've reviewed, like, millions and millions of giallos, which is essentially kind of who who's the killer type thing, right? And then every once in a while, you'll get one where they reveal who the killer is, and you're like, that literally makes no sense. Every <laughs> once in a while. How about, like, every two? Oh, fuck, stop it. <laughs> but it, no, it really does. It even happens to me, and I'm like... There's no way that Joey's the killer. That makes no fucking sense. So, All right, yeah, stop that, with the damn random names already, dude. <laughs> I'm getting back to my random names. I'm notorious for doing this. <laughs> I'll say that shit. People look at me like, uh, "Who's Dave?" I'm like, "Never mind. Doesn't matter." Uh, <laughs> yeah, favorite subgenre. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much there. Like, I mean, slasher has always been my kind of thing. What's your favorite '80s slasher film? Oh, oh, um, probably Sleepaway Camp. Uh, you know, we just talked about it, but yeah, I mean, I remember watching that. That was one of those movies that um, <clears throat> I, I was able to watch, like, whatever the fuck I was able to mm-hmm. when I was a kid. My parents didn't, like, restrict my watching abilities. Um, a lot of my friends, um, you know, can only watch, like, Disney movies or PG or G movies. And here I am watching, you know, Sleepaway Camp or The Entity. And... Um, so I I would always get really excited when I'd go to like Blockbuster. I would pick out whatever movie, and Sleepaway Camp just had to be one of those movies. And I remember watching that as like being like eight or nine at the time. And when it revealed like the you know the big thing, <laughs> well I don't know if it was big, but um, it was doing some damage. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that wasn't just a hymen breaker, man. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. It didn't look that big. But, 
<laughs> what a fucking movie to be watching when you're like eight, nine years old. Like I could just imagine you having a bunch of girlfriends over and like, what movie are you putting on the entity? Okay. Fuck, even if I saw the entity a couple of years ago, I was like, God damn, this is uncomfortable. Dude, I always said, man, like when those fucking rape scenes are happening, the way the soundtrack plays is the most just gut-wrenching thing ever. It they is. do such a great job with it. It literally pounds in your chest as you're watching. You're like, fuck. Like, I feel like I'm getting raped when I'm watching that from the kick drums. It's crazy. Yeah, and the, the actress does such a good Barbara job. Hershey? Barbara Hershey yeah. kills that yeah, man. depicting it. It's just, it's very, it's right. a very tough thing to see on the screen. Yeah, it's based on, like, a true story, but they say, like, when it's classified, it's a fantasy film. So, I mean, I don't necessarily get the classification there. Um, but, yeah, that's, like, the only movie in the entire world to ever, ever scare me. Like, truly. Ever. And, and then the very, like, the third act happened, and you're like, hey, this got really goofy, and then you forgot about how scared you were. <laughs> Like when it when it froze the ghost. Yeah, like when they go to like when they do that whole experiment thing and like capture the ghost. It's like it's so bizarre because I mean they had to take it somewhere. I don't know why they took it there. You know what I'm saying? It's like because really there was kind of no ending. I don't I don't really know if that was part of the real story. If they tried to attempt that, I can't remember. Well, they had that, um, you know, like you know how they put up at the end of a film like where they are now or whatever, and it was yeah. like the ghost still follows her basically it's like okay so what do you mean you just wasted all this time to capture the damn thing but now you're saying it's still you know after her like she's never at peace i always wondered if that was actually true if they actually tried to capture the ghost or whatever and they just kind of threw it in there for you know hollywood reasons type of thing right but but yeah i mean you know what i you know what i always hate in movies is when they have like a they have like a prologue and you have the movie and then and then you're like waiting for the the write-ups like the epilogue at the end and and then they don't give it to you I fucking that is like one of my biggest pet peeves. I just realized that's one of my biggest pet peeves in film ever. Like this movie's based on a real story, but you're not going to give me something at the end, but credits and shitty ass fucking Creed music. <laughs> I don't know why I use Creed. That's just oh, maybe because it's from the fucking Scream movies. That's why I said that. Okay, yeah, slashers. Um, so what's your favorite decade? Is it 80s or 90s? Oh man, that's tough. Like that that's a really tough like I mean I grew up on eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> oh man. I mean like Scream is my favorite, but like the eighties they just oh, they're so and like even the seventies, but oh man, that's that's a really that's probably gonna be your stumper question. <laughs> um man. Um I mean, I'm like thinking I just did the top 100 movies of the last decade and it, there were 2011 was a great fucking year, I felt. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Um, I probably, probably 80s, probably 80s. But I do like the, I did like the 90s and the, I, I just love all decades. It's hard not to go with the 80s because there's just yeah. so much and it's so nostalgic. I mean, so. that's that's what I grew up on, and I mean, yeah, I, people say they hate the 90s, but I loved the 90s, too, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just a lover of film. <laughs> I, I think the 80s for a lot of people is that whole, you know, video era, the video boom and shit like that. I mean, you got to right. remember that that shit started in the 80s, so they were pumping out the actual movies that were coming out that at that time on tapes and shit, and it just flooded the you know, the movie stars as awesome artwork and shit. It was, it was the movies that you just, you always, you, your eye caught I, I first. Think, I, I think, yeah, I, I think you tend to favor the ones you grew up with because that's what you tend to have watched over mm-hmm. and over that, you know, front and back that you've, 
you've gr- that the love for them have grown over your whole life, mm-hmm. and it's hard. Well, it's hard to separate that aspect out of it when you're discussing like what's your favorite decade and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, the '80s and '90s had a lot of you know franchises. And, you know, it was just like movie franchise sequel after sequel after sequel. And then, you know, you have like the early 2000s where it's, you know, basically all found footage a lot of. And then, you know, it gets into like the later and, um, you know, discovered like indie horror. And there's just so many other films and it's not these big franchises. I mean, we're still getting them like with Halloween at this point. But um, I mean, there's a big you know with the whole friday the 13th there was a point where we were getting you know every year a film from them and then we only had what like four within the last 30 years yeah mm. i mean you know like what what jeremy always says he's like you guys grew up with friday the 13th and nightmare on elm street and i grew up a saw <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it it is kind of right yeah. yeah but i mean i enjoy the saw movies too but yeah, I grew up, you know, watching obviously a lot of uh, 70s and 80s and obviously 90s because me and Mike were born in 1980, right? So the 90s, like we were at that time. But I mean, most of the films you saw in the movie store were usually 80s films and classic films, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't uncommon to see, run into, you know, just 70s classic films and, and a lot of, I watched a lot of Universal growing up though too because they were just always around. They were always on TV. It was always this, that, you know, it was just a lot of black and white films. So, um, but yeah, I was always always like an 80s person until probably like the last bunch of years like i've really kind of i find myself watching a lot of 70s movies like just kind of getting reacquainted and finding new gems and shit like that too but i mean i'm never gonna say the 80s isn't my favorite because it's just so fucking fun and i think for me the reason why i like the 80s the most nostalgia is a lot of it but it's also the the factor that i find in the 80s it was just way less serious you know, me growing up, I was never really a serious person. I was always goofing off. I was always in a lot of trouble and stuff. In the 80s, it just had that cheesy mobility to it that I just, I, I could gravitate to. You know, it's amazing. So I find the 70s, it's like the serious deck. And then it went from being serious to, okay, let's not give a fuck. We're just going to kill people with big ass blobs and I guess, you know, remakes <laughs> yeah. and shit. So. I, I, I would classify the 70s for me as like gritty. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but like, I mean, I just feel like there's like a lot of totally. rape and torture. So I guess like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not just, not just in the horror genre, but just overall. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. hundred percent, man. Yeah. Seventies is super gritty. I mean, when you like the Westerns, the horror, the exploitation, that's all mm-hmm. great, man. It did, man. I mean, if you look at the history of hammer, you know, from the fifties and sixties and shit, the early seventies, which is towards the end of hammer in their first run, the early 70s films are fucking legitly like crazy hammer. Like they totally grittied it up and got like, they just made totally different films in that era. I love, that's why I love those films so much, man. It's weird. It just has like a totally different feel to them. Speaking of hammer, the lodge is a hammer film. Yep. Yeah. So hammer still puts out shit here and there, I guess. Remember they had that resurgence like a few years back and then they just kind of like did one here and there and that was it. Yeah. The woman in black. Um, what was the other one that they did? Uh, Oh, I can was it the children or something? No. Oh, I can fucking picture it right now. I can see it. It was the one that kind of started the whole thing. I wasn't really the hugest fan of Woman Black. I guess it's more of like a a remake, I guess. So. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, because there was the, the Canadian made-for-TV movie, The Woman in Black, that I thought was yeah. better than that stupid theatrical one. With Harry Potter? Yeah, with yeah. Harry Potter. <laughs> Which I didn't think he actually did that bad in that movie, to be honest, but... 
Well, he didn't do bad. Yeah, no, but the movie itself, I totally get where you're coming from, 100%. (laughs) That that new movie with him with the guns attached to his hands looks crazy. (laughs) Did you guys see the previews of that? Yeah, it looks pretty fucking gnarly. Yeah, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, I don't know why, I can't remember why, but basically, like, his hands are attached to guns. (laughs) Is it like Edward Forty Hands? (laughs) (laughs) Edward Nine Hands? (laughs) Did you guys ever play that? I know. Way back in the day, yeah, I I did it a couple Uh, times. I may have watched Edward Penis Hands at one time. I don't know. What? (laughs) Is that a thing? (laughs) That's a a real porn. That's a real parody. Oh, my God. Oh, that's funny. I, I, like how like it's not even that creative. Edward penis hands like, really? <laughs> like yeah, it's like the most I, laziest thing that it really is. With. It has nothing on Beetlejism. That's still the funniest <laughs> one of all time. I think that's well. Funny. It should have been like Edwina Scissoring or something. I don't know. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the Texas dildo massacre. That one's pretty funny too. It's literally <laughs> the humpback of Notre Dame. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> man, I love that shit, man. You ever go to Cinema Waste and there's this dude there that has like this whole fucking this whole setup of like par- porn parodies, and it, it's I, I couldn't f- I was like mesmerized by it. I was like, there's literally hundreds of these, hundreds and hundreds. I'm like, unbelievable that people just do this shit all day, and then to go out of your way and just sell them like that. I don't know. It's very bizarre to me, man. I just couldn't stop looking at him. The wife is like, are you fucking done with the porn shit? And I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out which one to buy. <laughs> Never bought one. Not even one. I was too overwhelmed. Um, <clears throat> plus, he kicked me away from his uh, booth because I had a boner. So that doesn't really help. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that was the end of the 17-part question for number one. Uh, number two, when and how did you get into horror? Oh, man. Like how um, old? Like how well, old were you? Like when you first? Like do you remember what your first movie was? Yeah, I really? mean, I remember. Like I don't know. Like it's probably like Nightmare on Elm Street, like somewhere around there. But my first <clears throat> theatrical watch was Child's Play three, and I was three years old. So, um, oh, yeah, and I just I loved it ever since. Like I mean, Chucky never really scared me. It just wasn't like I just enjoyed it. Like it was just fun. It was this talking doll that just killed people that were just stupid. So I don't know. Like I just I don't know if I necessarily was ever scared by horror. It was just something that like just drew me in, and I just love the genre because it horror is like the only genre that has every element of every other film in that can be put into it does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah it totally does i've said that before too <clears throat> like yeah. you could have sci-fi horror drama horror you know comedy horror a love story yeah like i mean it it goes in oh, every direction romantic it... oh dreaded romantic <laughs> well, well, no. no there's some good ones man spring return of living dead three there yeah. is there is a romantic but there's yeah you're right necromantic that's right but there's so many <laughs> Necrom- ones. Oh. the dead girl <laughs> No. Dead girl. Dead girl. Oh, <laughs> nice That's a romantic one for sure. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, I really just always was drawn to it because um, it wasn't like anything else. And um, it was unpredictable and it always made me want to see what like the actual ending was. Like, I love thrillers as well. Um, I just love a good mystery. And I feel like that's what horror really is, is it, you know, it, you're just guessing the whole time and that's what makes it fun like what's going to happen next who's going to get it who's going to die mm-hmm. so three so, yeah. so three is when did child's play three came on what 93 
uh, somewhere in the early 90s. So 90, you're, 91? Yeah. 90, was it 91? Yeah. Okay, so you were born no, in 88 no, then? No. 87. Yeah, you were born in 87, okay. Yeah, at the end of 87, <clears throat> November. I see. It's pretty young, so you're you're actually not lying that your parents did not give a fuck what you were watching. No, they did not. <laughs> they really, yeah, my, really didn't. Same. Like, like my th- parents are pretty much similar. Like I always <clears throat> thought it was so weird that um like I would bring a movie over to like a friend's house and we couldn't watch the movie because they weren't allowed. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with your parents? <laughs> like Dude, I remember I mean, being your parents over are pussies. Mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> being over at a friend's house and like um like we were you know like the old tv guide that used to like scroll like yeah, yeah. it was like channel five or something and you had to blue. wait for it to go around yeah and then you would so always miss like, what you're looking for and you had to wait another five minutes till it came back yeah. around so <laughs> i was over at a friend's house and i was like oh sweet predators on like let's watch that and he's like ah oh, i can't it's rated r I was, I was like yeah but it's on tv he's like doesn't matter my parents won't let me i was like oh okay dude wait, wait. No oh okay dangerous them. minds is on that's a pretty fun movie. You know what I mean? He's like, can't rated R. I'm like, it's about kids <laughs> in school. Yeah, but so it's kids in that movie's rated R. <laughs> I know, but I'm like, I'm, I'm just like, I like That's the concept. Movie. Like, I couldn't understand why like Dangerous Minds was like not an appropriate movie like at that age because I was allowed to watch whatever, and I was just like, All right, you like can't comprehend the those type of kids or something. I don't know. Yeah, like, outside it, of like specific movies. Like particular movies that are just maybe way over the top. I never, growing up, I never understood the other parents that was just like a blanket, like no rated R. Like I was like, what? That's yeah, just but ridiculous. it's even worse when it's on TV. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, a TV it's edited. Cover. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I, so we watched like Sandlot for the forty fifth time. Well, I mean, at least it was the Sandlot. I mean, you guys could have watched the Goonies. There's a lot of like kidly friendly movies that are. Yeah, but who the fuck wants to do that? Like, you want to watch something edgy with your friends? Oh, of course, yeah. of course. I, I mean, I was well, we pretty did, like, lucky because we play baseball. Uh, we were on the same. His dad was the coach, actually, and mm. and so we like all all year long we watched Sandlot because it was a baseball movie. I love the Sandlot too, but I mean, if, if I'm having like a sleepover, I want to like oh, you know show people something. Me. that yeah, you got to push the envelope. <laughs> Yeah, like I like that. That was like what I was known for. So but, I mean, I used to have uh, I used to rent out my movies to my friends. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. <clears throat> I, I was kind of I was kind of lucky with card. that. Dude, that's fucking amazing. You actually <laughs> did? Did you charge them late fees when they didn't bring it back by like Sunday night? You're like motherfucker! I got school on Monday. I got a business to run here. <laughs> Yo, I charged people to come to my 13th birthday party five bucks a head. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I had like a hundred kids pay to come to my party. I'm going to go on a limb here and say that you actually didn't have too many legit friends. If you, <laughs> <laughs> they were probably like fucking lazy. What do what you mean? <laughs> they paid for the party. I got to pay for my goodie bag. This is bullshit. Well, like, it was like they came from like multiple schools and shit. Yeah, it was like it wasn't just like one school. It was pretty dope. <laughs> that's awesome yeah, yeah i was i was lucky enough growing up but my my parents were fucking weird when it came to movies and shit they were pretty not strict with it man they they let me watch what i kind of wanted except for when it came to movies that were based on true stories they were like no you can't watch that i'm like you just fucking sat me down last night and made me watch the fucking news what's the difference <laughs> right 
I'm like, you're getting this shit all twisted, man. The news is all real I crime think that's shit. Child abuse, dude. I know. And then, so, like, okay. what do you know a specific movie they wouldn't let you watch? Yes, I do. I it was. I think it was Revenge with Kevin Costner or some shit. I think it was based on the real story. <laughs> they would not let me watch this movie, and I'm like. And so, like, of course, them saying I couldn't watch it, I had to go seek it out. I'm like, this shit was fucking dumb. It's not even that. It's ridiculous. I was so pissed off. But, like, they were actually pretty cool. Like, I would always rent from this mom and pop shop and just whatever. Every, anything went. They never even checked what I was watching. But No Texas Chainsaw. No, they didn't really give a shit. It was actually kind ah, of fucked up. Considering my on the true story, damn it. I know, right? So, considering, you know, for how they were and shit, I was like, okay, kind of let me do my own thing. Except for... I had one fucking friend and I don't know what it was, but my parents like didn't like his parents or some shit and they would never let me watch movies over at his house. It could be like the new Arnold Schwarzenegger movie or something like that. It'd be like the running man. Hey, we're going to watch the running man. No, you're not. I'm like, what? I watched that shit at home last week. Yeah, but you're not watching it at Hamilton's house. Fuck that kid and his family. I'm like, what? I'm like, how is this making the movie? even? I, I, they were so confusing to me, man. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. I just wasn't allowed to watch you know, extreme action and horror movies over at his place. That's Shoot, odd. My, like, my, my dad was, my dad was taking us to the drive-in to see those kind of movies. Yeah. Well, that's the fucked up thing is like when, like when I was five years old, I went and seen stand by me, you know, like that should actually give me nightmares. I've told the story before, but it gave me nightmares like a motherfucker. Cause Ray Brower's dead body at the end. That shit looks real to this day. Like it fucked me up hardcore. That was worse than any horror movie. Plus that movie's just like nonstop swearing. <laughs> like a five-year-old year and just fucked the whole movie. Barfaramas and shit, dead bodies. I'm like, this is amazing. But where- never ending story fucked me up more than any horror movie. You know what, man? <laughs> just because of the, dude, the sad yeah. I took my kids to see that. Or whatever. Yeah, dude, I took my kid to see that on a, on a matinee a few years ago. He was like, I think he was like five or six and, I, I I kept looking over at him and he, I kept catching him like looking away from the screen and shit. I'm like, dude, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And he's like, not dude, watching I, at certain parts. And I'm like, when, it's kind of when Atreyu's horse Artax is like sinking in the swamp and he's trying to get him like motivate him to get out and the oh. horse is just giving up on life. Oh. It's dude, so all, sad. It's that horrible. has a permanent imprint in my dude, head. Like I can never the look that. on the horse's face. I can't ever forget it. I can never handle that shit. And it's not because dude. the horse is dying. It's because he's a white fucking horse and he's in the mud. I'm like, oh, my OC is killing I, me, dude. <laughs> I'm like, I have so a dirty. Story he's so that. fucking dirty. I was like 15 or 16 and I was over uh, my friend Abby's house uh, with her boyfriend Bruce and like a couple other people and we were just like cruising through Netflix and um, I think I don't I don't know maybe I you was had Netflix older. when you were 16 maybe I was a little bit older <laughs> I can't remember it, what, what age whatever 2009 well, when did 2008 2009 I think 2008 is when Netflix started when, when did when did human centipede come out because it was around that time because i know like oh six wasn't it or was no, that oh eight wasn't that long it was i think it's oh eight okay whatever oh nine it was it was oh nine oh nine i was definitely like older than than like 13 or 14 i think i was, I was probably 15 or 16 maybe 17 i don't remember but it, we were closer to adults than not and uh, so we we watched something and then uh, we were just like scrolling through and I was like, hey, I was like, oh, this I remember this seeing this movie when I was a kid. Totally forgot about that scene. And I was like, oh, I, I used to like this movie a lot. And I was like, it's like cool. It's like a little fantasy thing. And we threw it on and like, you know, 20 minutes later or whatever, there's like 
six or seven like near adults like just sitting in the room like teary-eyed like just like just looking away from each other it was so mm-hmm. awkward <laughs> dude that horse is, that, that shit is so sad man he's just like please man he's like you can't let this swamp of sadness get to you buddy yeah. <laughs> it, like the camera zoom, like is all close up in the horse's eye and it's all glassy eyed and stuff like it's crying the, the, <laughs> yeah the, the way they show the horse like first he's just standing and, and then like he's slowly sinking but they keep cutting back to the horse's face and it's just like oh mm-hmm. man like i don't want to look at this horse the rest of my life but i can't get out of my head <laughs> have you guys seen yeah. the sequels like part two and three like recently because i i actually have, have oh, seen them before i don't I, remember them when i was a kid yeah i don't remember them at all I, I, I just remember them being like very disappointing even as a kid so i wondered how bad they are now yeah i, I haven't seen i don't even know i don't think i've ever seen if if there is a third one ever i the second one i saw years there ago is a but third i don't one. remember yeah. yeah there's a third yeah <sighs> Yeah. Okay, no. so I guess yeah, that was um when and how you got on the <laughs> horse. So okay, so moving on. Uh question <laughs> Question three. We're on the third question. Um what's your favorite ending to a horror film? Don't worry about spoilers. Oh man. <clears throat> favorite ending. God, you you got some zingers. <laughs> um, zing. Um that was stupid. Um let's see. <laughs> God, uh, the first one that like pops into my head, like I don't know, like I got two, like I'm battling, like I mean, obviously, like Scream is so iconic, and like, but I don't want to say like my obvious answer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go with uh, some runners up, or you know, ones that are like on par, equal to, I guess. Um, God, uh, Cabin in the Woods, I, I like people like <laughs> I know it's divided, I know, I know it's divided, but I fucking love it. Like, it's so meta, it's so great, like, and it's, I don't know, I just love it. And then the other one would be, no other movie has made my jaw drop on the floor more than The Mist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, That's yeah. a good pick. The movie ending yeah. so much better than King's actual ending. It's amazing. Dude, I've, like, I've watched, I've sat down people to watch The Mist just because I know the ending and I like I don't watch the ending anymore I watch the people watch the ending because I want to see like what their reaction <laughs> mm-hmm. is yeah I've done that too man I, I've had my uncle and stuff watch it and it's yeah it's it's powerful I actually got to see it in the theater like um not when it came out but like a couple of years ago and I was hoping that a lot of people were in there and maybe hadn't seen it before but mm-hmm. it ended up being like a really small showing with like three other people who we're probably fans <laughs> and uh yeah it, I, it's one of it's it's such a powerful it's a jaw place. dropper oh yeah have, have i watched it? that movie i remember um i my aunt used to borrow like dvds off of like her cousin or something they had a massive collection this was way before i collected it was like when that movie came out and um i would just always like all right like let me see what they got here and i would just watch whatever horror ones she would bring home and it was like early ass in the morning. I think I like skipped school or something. And uh, I was like, let me watch this. And I was watching it. I was like, oh, this is a pretty cool siege narrative. You know, the CGI is a little rough. When it got to that damn ending, it was like, I like walked out of the room, like all like down looking. They're like, what's wrong with you? I was like, man, did y'all watch that fucking movie? And they're like, no. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, how <laughs> many movies, it? how many movies by the end of it can make you forget about how bad the CG was throughout the whole fucking movie? <laughs> You're like, man, that movie was fucking awesome. The only thing you remember is just the end. You're like, it was so good. It was so good. Yeah. 
like I don't know like there's not a whole lot of films that like leave me speechless to where like I can't talk after I'm like holy fuck did that really just happen like I mean there are yeah, moments dude. in like <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't know my family hated me because I like Mike said he watches people watch the ending I used to do yeah. that all the time I was like I was like, hey, uh, you guys ever see Alpha Dog? All right, let me bring the DVD out. <laughs> Watch the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, dude, I would do that. All I was like, you guys ever see Requiem for a Dream? Oh, no. You're okay. like, like this, You're everybody's fucked. like, the, like <laughs> what, what the fuck are you showing us this time? And I'm like, oh, no, it's not it's not bad at all. And then my cousin walks in who's like younger, and he's like, oh, that kid dies at the end. And everybody's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, he was oh, always no. that kid. Like, oh, I remember the, I, uh, this is the one where that kid dies at the end. <laughs> <laughs> he would always do that shit. A spoiler. Ne- yeah, next, just ne- unintentional. Just next like, thing you know, oh. you're going to be thrown on Eden Lake for people and shit and be like, hey, oh, yeah, hot, happy that, that was one of the first films I recommended to Carly when I met her. I've never seen it. And, and you call me a sick fuck for introducing like, <laughs> you know, I meet some people and they're like, oh, I kind of want to get into horror films and I automatically show them gutter balls every time. If you can get if through gutter you guys, balls and you like it, you're going to be loving this genre of films. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, if you guys have uh, the Blu-ray of The Mist, it, it, you should black check out like, the black and white version. Yeah, I it, do it, every time, man. I was gonna it ask cleans you. up like the CGI yeah. issues a lot and it gives it that 50s like alien invade like ufo that, that film was to supposed to be initially the concept was black and white yeah it makes um sense. but yeah the the blu-ray definite awesomeness watching it in black and white you know what's funny is um rob from georgia is a big fan of taking movies and turning down his like contrast and watching them mm. in black and white like the thing and like halloween and stuff uh and it, it when he was telling me he does that i was like dude that's actually kind of cool because when i was growing up uh, when Monster Vision was on with Joe Bob, I, I don't think I've ever mentioned this before, but you know, I, I mentioned that I'm a huge Joe Bob fan, so big of a Joe Bob fan <laughs> that I got a shutter actually. Uh, but I Hell used yeah. to yeah, because I, the five ninety nine a that. month was just so extremely expensive. <laughs> Fuck, Jesus. Oh, four ninety nine. Sounded like Jeremy on the show right now. Yeah, it was four ninety nine. Sorry. But it, I, so I used to watch. Um, monster monster vision on tnt like every saturday night like my pap introduced it to me and uh, i would watch it in when i would stay in my grandparents house and i would watch it in the side room on a little ass tv and the the channel changer it was like a separate box and it, it was a like dial and it only went up to like channel like 50 or something but monster vision was on there but i was always mad because 60 channel 61 was the sci-fi channel and i didn't get that but um, I that TV was black and white, so I watched a ton of like horror movies um, that weren't black and white, like Phantasm Two and stuff in black and white. So like, it actually does add like I always always have memories of these movies in black and white, even though I've seen them since not in black and white. It's kind of cool. Yeah, when I was a little kid, um, my first TV was like a little ten inch black and white TV with the VHF yeah, the and like, UHF dials and. Uh, I would. I was just like, um, I was at mercy to whatever was playing on like you know local networks late at night, and it was all. I'd, I'd watch everything in black and white because that's what my little TV was. But a lot of memories from that from that era. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to see movies in black and white that weren't done in black and white. I love watching films of black and white, but I still have yet to like take a film and turn down the contrast and shit and watch in black and white. But I did actually sit on the Miss Blu-ray for years in my collection. I'd watched it obviously in color a couple times and 
And then I just, I, I think it was a couple of years back, I finally decided, I was like, you know what, I'm going to check this out in black and white because it seems to be the way it was intended to be seen in the first place. And JP, I, I absolutely, or Mike, I, I'm not sure you said about the CG, but it was like, it was like literally night and day with it. I was like, yeah, wow, the so CG doesn't easier. look, it doesn't look as bad as it does in the color because it was meant to be like that in the first place. So it kind of made sense that it wasn't like perfect and shit, but I tell you, it does add a different type of flair and a different kind of tone to it, man. I don't know what it is, but I just fucking loved it. I always liked The Mist. I always thought it was a great movie, but yeah, watching black and white just it gives it a different spin. Really enjoyable. Yeah, I think that it's... I, th- I definitely think that um, it's the better version of it. If you've never seen it, definitely give it a shot. That Blu-ray is pretty cheap, I think. At least it was when I picked it up. I got it for like six bucks. Um, it's a two-disker, and it has the black and white version. Definitely, definitely see it. It's the way the movie should be watched, honestly. So I always find it mm-hmm. so interesting because, like, you know, this be kind of came like a almost like a fad or something. Like people just having to put their movies in black and white, having black and white versions and shit like that. And you know, when Mad the new Mad Max came out, they have the black and chrome edition too. Uh, I still black have white. never seen it that way, but I've heard I, it, I've heard really from people cool. that it's not very good though. That they really? prefer the color version of it. I was like, and I started thinking about it. And I was like, that yeah. movie is really colorful. But that's the thing. It's because it, it looks really good, but it's also like an action film. I don't know. I just, I see black and white as being a little bit more stationary. Like I always associate black and white films with like universal films. The first, whenever I think of black and white, I was, I just automatically think of Frankenstein and Dracula because I've seen those movies so many fucking times growing up. That's what I think about when I think of black and white and they're, you know, slower paced and shit like, you know, you know, JP, you've seen them all in a month. Yep. kind of and uh but you know what i'm talking about right i just you say kind of you fucker yeah did you catch that yeah <laughs> like we're the only ones that get the joke but um but yeah man i don't know i just i think sometimes it just doesn't work apparently i think even no no rob did say that he liked the black and chrome edition but um i heard others say that it was better in color so i don't know i don't know like how i would feel to watch a movie like halloween or fucking dream warriors in black and white i i don't know if it would do anything wow, for me dream warriors that's an interesting right See, i think i think i think halloween could work because the nature of michael myers was like right. slow stalking actually I dream, think dream warriors is a little more action oriented so i don't know yeah. if i could take doc and serious in black and white <laughs> maybe dawn of the dead would be cool hide the shitty blood yeah i mean you yeah. never know for sure yeah yeah in 70s even in the new Tom Savini documentary, he's talking about it, and they he's like, "We finally got the recipe for blood after those movies." And I was like, "Thank God." <laughs> so is that going to be your new sidecast called No Contrast or something like no that? Con- just, yeah. that's all they do is just watch movies in black and white. <laughs> that's actually, Dude, that's actually kind of cool. <laughs> you just came up with a great idea, man. Actually, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Um. Do you have a favorite actor or actress in your case? Oh, oh. um. Oh man, for the longest time. (laughs) No, um, for the longest time, like, like ah, dilemmas. Um, Like Kevin Spacey, like for the longest time, it was Kevin Spacey. Like, I mean, I can't take anything away from his acting. Like, I don't want to get like all political or whatever. Like, I, I don't know. Like, he's just an amazing actor, and like, I don't think I've seen, except for maybe like Nine Lives, that stupid cat movie he did. but aside from that, I mean, like, every movie that he's been in, like, I just absolutely pretty much loved. Like, I mean, Unusual Suspects, Pay It Forward, um, American Beauty, um, 
you oh, know, I, Beauty. that's one of my all time favorites. Same. Seven, and seven. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, just pretty much anything that he did, like I absolutely love, but like I, to name him, like, I don't know, like maybe he deserves that <laughs> honor. Um, so I, I, but, I, mean, I mean, you know, honestly, man, I'll, it's better know, than saying your favorite director is Victor Salva. Just, just let me interview. though. I mean, you got to remember, <laughs> though, Kevin Spacey, you know, is a real person. But right. the movies that you're talking about and you're talking about his characters and shit, that's not actually him. So I, yeah, think, right. it's, I think it's OK. to Yeah, it's performance. I think it's OK to say that he is. I mean, if you were to go one step further and be like, yeah, I'd fucking go out for lunch with that guy and hang out with. I'd be like, dude, like, seriously, where are you going with this? That's fucked up. But clearly, I feel bad for even mentioning his name, you know, like because I feel like. You know, like uh, Jamie and Brian Sammons posted that they watched this movie and like they were like getting berated for even like watching one of his films. And I'm just like, that's yeah, not right. Holy though. fuck. I mean, he's he's not Victor Salva, as you said. You know, I mean, he he did not write a movie about being a creep, you know, like like literally you know, called the creeper, right? <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, so like per, like the fucking Jeepers Creepers is basically a biopic, you know, like so with like, a lot I'm of teenage boys peeing. You know, exactly. I'm not kidding. Like, like I mean, it's, it's not like he's... or something. Fuck. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he's great. Um, so for as an actress, um, God, that's tough. Like actresses are tough. Um, I'm trying to think. God, I'm. Um, I can never I, answer I, this one either. I, I legitimately do not have a favorite actor or actress. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, if you really asked hard. me in the 90s, that would have been a lot easier. I would have been like Joshua Jackson, you know? <laughs> like, I don't even know um, who that is. Really? Joshua mean? Jackson? Hasty. That's Hasty Witter. Like, I was just obsessed. Ew. Like, um, you know, um, Richard Gere was a good actor back in the day. Um, you know, I'm just going to name someone, some of the ones that I think are good. Um, that is like, such a woman oh, answer, Richard Gere. Oh, I loved him in Pretty Woman. He was amazing. Fucking. Actually, you should hear my. I'm actually going to bring up Pretty Woman later, but um, <clears throat> in the screen movies. Um, God, I just had one of the, Robert Downey Jr. is amazing. Like I feel like he is almost underrated in a sense because he played Iron Man. But he, he's, um, he was good in Weird Science. But Less Than Zero is one of my favorite films of all time. That film is amazing. Um, yeah, I think he's completely underrated as an actor. He, that, that man can act. Like, the way I look at it, JP, like, I mean, I have, okay, with guys like, um, Vincent Price, and, Mm -hmm. you know, like, whenever I, whenever I, like, if there's a movie and it has his name on it, like, I'm instantly drawn to it, I have to see it. Because I find that his performance in every film is just, like, spot on. He's just one of those guys. I'm I'm, I'm very, like, just drawn into his delivering his voice and just the way he is and stuff and i'm like that's Dude, jeff goldblum that's why i <laughs> fuck off <laughs> that's how i was with kevin spacey yeah so like it just draws you in and like jeffrey combs is the same way to me man like everything that he's in it may be a bad movie but if he's in it i'm watching it because i love the way he performs he's just Ooh, owen wilson <laughs> fuck. You wow. said it might be a bad movie, but you love everything that he's in. I thought oh, you were talking about Owen Wilson. Wilson. Oh my god. How does he get brought wow. up? He gets brought up more than any other person that's never been in a horror film, I swear. Dude, Owen Wilson kicks ass. No, he doesn't. He's I got just a, watched so a, Jeff a cable guy with Owen Wilson in it. Yeah, cable guy, dude. I, I would honestly say it's probably one of the 
that's probably one of the only movies I actually like with him in it. Man, I love the Cable Guy. It's fun. Yeah. Me cable too. Guy's it's awesome, dude. I remember seeing underrated. I saw it in the theater, man, and it was like I was pissing myself, man. And half the people in there were like walking out. They're like, "Fuck, Jim Carrey's." dumb he makes dark shitty comedies with fucking you know that dude that skipped school <laughs> nobody fucking knows matthew broderick's name they're like he's the dude that skipped school in chicago i'm like fuck you guys are retarded Did you guys know matthew broderick uh had manslaughter yeah yeah in, yeah. in europe right he like ran over someone yeah it was like drunk driving yep. yeah but doesn't that just like blow your mind like yeah that's and then brandy great. the singer you know she did it too. I think Carly might have told me that. Yeah. George George Bush's wife Laura Bush did that. She ran a stop sign and killed someone and got off. Yeah, the joys yeah. of being white and rich, right? Right there. <laughs> yeah. <Fuck. Yep>. JP would <laughs> be so fucked with that. He'd be so fucked. You know, I bet you guys didn't think we'd be talking about like pedophiles and like rapists. And Honestly, no. it actually happens all the time. It and, actually happens and quite a bit. Killers. Oh, we, really? We've 22, had fucking... 22 shots of murderers. Oh, man. We've had so. I, I swear Victor Salva is probably one of the most brought up names on this. It always happens. It really well, I does. didn't mean to bring him up. No, no. no. We, <laughs> I think I brought him up. Nah, we embrace <laughs> it. It is what it is, man. Like, I mean, people get so crazy and angry about it. And I'm like, dude, like, you like his fucking movies? And I'm like, well, you know, I mean, I they're, I, they're I not like, the worst I things. I like Jeepers Creepers. I mean, as a person, obviously, no, he's despicable. But you know, um, I, agree. I mean, I agree. Clown House just... is like, I think the scariest clown movie out there. Yeah, I'm actually it. not even the hugest fan of it. We've reviewed it on on here before, and like, I, I used we... to like it way more. Yeah, me when, and JP whenever had the we same reviewed consensus. it, we're like, what the fuck? Like, it was it, one of. It... I haven't watched it since like the internet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, since, watch you know, it again, you'll probably be like, what? the It was fuck? one of those movies that like you seen. I saw a couple times when I was growing up and stuff, and. And it was what it was. And then it became this very obscure thing because obviously they pulled the DVD release. It got very obscure. Mm-hmm. It was hard to see. And now everyone was just wanting now we know this thing why. to come out. <laughs> yeah. And then like, okay, so, you know, all the, it has all this controversy and stuff like that. And it, it, it's always in the back of your mind for years and years. And, like, and it, it kind of builds that hype with you, right? And then you rewatch and you're like, actually, this isn't even that great. <laughs> like, what the fuck is everyone freaking out about? But, you know, everybody wants that Blu-ray that's never coming out. So. I think it's Clown crazy house, yeah. that Sam Rockwell is in that film. He's yeah, a great right. actor too. He is, yeah. And underrated, even though he won an Oscar. But yeah, <laughs> true that. I mean, there is people that have won Oscars and shit. I think that are still kind of underrated. But um, all right. Well, moving along. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you already answered this, but what is your favorite franchise? Is it Scream? Yes. <laughs> um. Do you want me to do a secondary answer? Yeah, what's your runner-up? My runner-up? Well, we'll just make oh. it easier. Do you, okay, are you a Nightmare person or a Friday the 13th person? You can ha- you can answer Halloween if you want. That's just <laughs> Even though it's... Um, I, you know, I, I, I love them both, but I would have to say I lean probably more towards Nightmare, like, for rewatchability for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I watch, you know, the Fridays whenever... You know, it's a Friday the 13th or if I'm going to podcast on it or whatever. I mean, those are, that's just tradition. But if I'm going to pop something on, it's probably going to be a Nightmare movie if I had to pick between the two. Yeah, I'm the same. Nightmare is my favorite franchise. So, I mean, I'm always down for watching those anytime. Yeah, I mean, I get, 
I get like so like I have to defend part four so much. I think it's a master <laughs> fucking piece. I love part four. <laughs> I know I'm the same way. I do it too. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I think everybody on the show likes part four a lot. I I fucking like. I mean, it just. I think what they did, like maybe I give it more credit than what it's, uh, but I mean they literally, you know, took beloved characters. I mean they had balls in this movie, you know, mm-hmm. to do what they did and mm-hmm. kill off, you know. I mean they replaced fucking um, Arquette, and um, I mean Tuesday and I did a good job, but to actually kill off and then give pow their powers, I just thought it was like one of the most creative storylines. And Alice is a complete badass, mm-hmm. and you know she's. Like top three final girls for me. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. I. We're. We're all. I think all. All. At least us three are definitely uh, pretty big Elm Street fans. So. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Um, a couple more before the last question. Uh, do you have? What is the most overrated movie to you? <laughs> <laughs> and just be honest it doesn't it, we don't i mean i don't get mad if people like my like, shit or like my dislike my shit, i don't care but um you know i think it comes like in waves like for whatever reason like at one point in time i thought Shaun of the dead was the most overrated movie i thought <laughs> you're in good company here wow you are <laughs> in such good always, company that's the film we always pick oh really so <laughs> Um, and then at another time, like I thought Zombieland was overrated. Um, so we do too. (laughs) Um, and this is where you're probably going to differ with me, but like, uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, I can't go on without, you know, talking about it chapter two or it chapter one. Um, yeah, I thought that was completely overrated. I don't know. Like I just didn't get the hype or, you know, I don't know. Well, we I all guess remember I wasn't, that. Yeah, I, 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 storm on social media. I, I mean, I wasn't. I, I, I wasn't a. I wasn't a, a boy that grew up in the '80s, so you know. I guess I don't know. Like that's just how I felt about it. I guess because I was getting personally attacked because I didn't grow up in the '80s. Um, but I mean, I I I loved the miniseries and Tim Curry, even though like he's barely in it. Um, and you know, Scarscar did an okay job, but um, I don't know. He's just not my Pennywise, I guess. Yeah, man. I mean, I personally liked the readaptation uh, mm-hmm. of Chapter One. Chapter Two, on the other hand, I was not the hugest fan of it. I've stressed my—I mean, I don't really hate the movie or anything. I was just really disappointed by. It. But then again, it goes back to the actual story, right? It's not necessarily the film itself. It's just—it's the actual narrative. Like, I just don't care for the adult part of the story, so it just doesn't really work for me. I'm like See, that. And I think. Too. Uh, no, and I think that's where, like, uh, me and you would flip it is because I, I was really partial to the kids in the 90s, right? I mean, that, those were, like, kids I grew up with watching, you know, like Seth Green and, you know, um, Jonathan Brandis and so on and so forth. Um, so I was, like, really partial and I felt close, like, they were, like, close in my age at that time and or when I was watching it or whatever. And when I watched this, like I didn't feel close to those kids, I guess. And so, you know, watching the adult version, which is where I feel like the mini series lacked. Um, so I was much more interested to see how, um, it played for the adults. Mm-hmm. And, wow. you know, I, 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 think, also, I, I was going to say, I also prefer the fifties setting of the mini series. I, I, yeah. I feel like the fifties that had the air of, of innocence that gets corrupted. I thought that was portrayed better by 
setting it in the fifties. I actually like uh, both. I love lot. I like. I love a lot of films and shit that are set in the fifties. I love that era, just in time and shit. But I love the eighties too. So like, I can't really pick one or the other. I actually just really enjoy both settings. You know, I think they were. Oh yeah, I mean, I love the. I love like you know eighties stuff like Monster Squad. And you mentioned Stand by Me earlier. Um, for it specifically, because of the nature of pennywise as a monster and what uh, everything that was going on i i thought it worked really well with 50 setting and i also like that um he he depicted like universal monsters like that's what came to to some yeah. of them as like their biggest fear like yeah, yeah that, that one in the basement of the school with like the werewolf like the wolf yeah. man i just thought that was like so cool that I- kind of stuff yeah, that's another thing that like threw me with the the newer one when you know, the <clears throat> the monsters or the characters like they just felt really campy and corny to me, and you know like when it you know Pennywise gets like so big and like I mean people are like that was so scary I'm like the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like <laughs> like I mean like literally like that looks like something on a Saturday morning fucking cartoon like. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I, that's just how I felt. Like, I mean, I'm not going to knock anybody, but I thought it was fucking stupid. Oh, fuck, man. I mean, it, it is. <laughs> that's that's what this shit's all. I mean, we shit on things all the time that people love. Like, I mean, I'm not a fucking huge fan of the Halloween. Fr- I state this all the time, and I always call Halloween fanboys the worst type of horror <laughs> fanboys because you can, like I, like, I always say this, man. You can tell a Nightmare on Elm Street fan that the franchise sucks, and they're like, oh, cool, man. Can I get another beer? And then you, right. can, you, you can fucking say to a Friday fan, fanboy, like, fuck, Jason's a pussy. And he's like, oh, man, whatever, man. You got a lighter? Like, they just move on. You say Halloween franchise sucks <laughs> to a Halloween fanboy. They fucking cry, kicking and screaming. They have to tell you every fucking reason why the original Halloween film is the best movie ever fucking made and why every sequel is so amazing. This and that. Part three sucks always. Like, what the fuck? It's always the same bullshit no. with, with Halloween fans. They're just a bunch of fucking crybabies. It drives me nuts. You're right. Ironically, today, like, um, people were getting into it over uh, Halloween 6. They were like, there is no valid reason that anybody... Like, the only reasons I see people say that they don't like this movie is that he raped his niece and that Michael Myers was fat. And that's not a valid reason <laughs> not to like this movie. Yeah. And like the dude was like yeah. literally pissed. And he's like, I'm judging all of you. If this is your answer, give me actual solid reasons See? to why you think this movie fucking sucks. And I was like, okay, that's... well, for one, I really don't like the curse of the thorn storyline. It yeah. went from making Michael Myers a real person to fucking supernatural. And it's fucking stupid and not scary to me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's your valid reason, you know, like for real. Yeah. Like, like, Give Michael Myers a tattoo, and now he's supernatural. Cool. It's just cra- like even to this day, like we reviewed the Halloween franchise. I don't know how many years ago, JP, like five years ago or something. People still to this day comment on it and fucking leave their two cents and shit, and they have to write paragraphs about this and that. This <laughs> I'm like, like I don't fucking care, man. Like I don't really care. That's just your opinion. Like, I don't my, even remember what I said. Back if you, if you can't take my, it's just my opinion that it's. It doesn't. I mean, it's just. <laughs> It's all subjective, really, man. I mean, objectively, yeah, there's a portion there. But, I mean, really, dude, it comes down to taste. And I just think that the Halloween franchise is disorganized. It's terrible. It's just not exciting and shit. And I, I, I don't know what it is with the fanboys, but they have to bark. They have to bark and just tell you every reason why it's so fucking good. Like, the day I'd hear a Friday or a Nightmare fan do that is the day it fucking... 
I, I just <laughs> the days you pigs are fucking up. flying. Yeah, it's just, it's not gonna happen, right? So life's over it is it's is funny <laughs> but that's been catching on because I, I do talk about this quite a bit and people are like yeah man you're right and like you're just saying what everyone's thinking man Halloween <laughs> fucking fanboys are the worst like our yeah, homeboy Sam like he, you even bring it up man like he he's the same way like honestly if he was on the show right now how you were just kind of fucking you know giving your opinion about Halloween chapter one or uh, it chapter one mm-hmm. and you know you're just like for it and stuff he would we'd still be on this we'd be on that topic for the next four Who? hours because he'd have just one of our friends Sam Oh, okay. He literally is in love with that shit. Like he'll tell you every fucking. Are you talking about Sam wrong. Edwards? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. He's just like yeah, a diehard. Dude, what's up, it, Sam? It's even worse <laughs> if you try to debate him pet cemetery because that, like, I don't even feel the energy to, like, debate that one because I'm like, dude, like everybody pretty much agrees it sucks. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it, I can see where you're coming from, but like pet cemetery, like, dude, stop defending it. <laughs> Yeah, seeing the Wait, remake. The, the is, new one or the old one? Yeah, the new one. The new one is oh. better than the old one. I was like, oh man, dude, like, you know, I mean, it's your opinion, but fuck, man, like, your your opinion is really, really wrong and bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. <laughs> it really is such a bad remake. And I was really happy that, like, JP was, like, totally on my side, too. I was like, dude, this shit is not good, man. That movie is basically its trailer. Oh fuck, dude! There, I, there, I have so many problems with that shit, dude. It's just like, oh man. Yeah. Oh fuck! I don't even want to get into that, man. But um. All right. So, last question: Since it is, uh, Women in Horror Month slash Black History Month, and you're <laughs> a black female, I'm joking. What do you mean? <laughs> so did did my dad call you? <laughs> exactly. People are like, really? Lacey's black. But uh um you know, from you know, women's perspective, like how do you feel that women fare in the horror realm of terms of like getting respect as a critic like yourself? Like I know you write for pop horror and things like that. Do you feel that like you know, women are getting more respect these days. Cause I always felt like, you know, years ago and shit, people like if women were writing for horror and stuff and people just kinda like they didn't even really try to accept their opinion and shit. It was just like, whatever, fuck off. Like, you know, shit kind of thing. But do you feel like it's kind of, it's doing a 180, like it's flipping itself over now? You, do you feel like you get respect or women in general and stuff? Um, yes and no, I guess. It, it just depends on, like, I mean, social media is so big. Um, yeah. And, and it's very know, critical. You know, it's, yeah. everybody has an opinion and they're going to tell you every minute, right? So, yeah. And the fact that, you know, I'm a female, uh, you know, like promoting horror or, you know, giving my reviews or my opinions, um, I feel like there's there's a typical male audience out there or whatever. And for some reason, I always find the Tom, Dick and Harry out of the bunch, you know, and Tom, Dick and Harry. So which one of us is Tom, (laughs) Dick and Harry? (laughs) All of the above. (laughs) Nice. Nice. But, I, I want to be the know, dick, so, yeah. Okay, <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Um, no, but, I mean, I remember there was, like, like a year or two ago, like, I posted, like, I was going to see a bad Bad's Mom's Christmas, right? And, um, like, I was very into promoting, like, movie of the day and, um, you know, whatever. Like, all my posts were not like, nothing but horror. And, like, the one post I made, like, I was, like, at the movie theater seeing Bad Mom's Christmas. It's, like, around Christmas time, you know. And, like, I was excited to see it. I literally got attacked for not watching a fucking horror movie. What the like, fuck? Yeah, they were like, they're like, you can only watch horror. Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, you're, like, what, like, I only follow you 
because you're a female who likes horror films. I'm like, well, that's different. But no, I'm going to watch whatever the fuck I want when see, I want. Okay, see that, that that really I'm struggling with that right now. People are so fucking closed minded and don't even realize what they're saying when they say stupid shit like that. It's like we just discussed this, you know, like an hour ago during this <laughs> intro. But uh, we actually discussed how, you know, horror is that one of those genres that takes, you know, from other genres of film and creates its own kind of subgenres that like there's right. western horror there's drama horror there's comedic horror and stuff like that but you're not allowed to watch movies that aren't in the horror realm so what the f- what are they thinking here does that doesn't right. make sense like because these movies come from all these type of things so wow. because they're so close-minded and mm-hmm. like it was just like and then like i posted like i was like pretty in pink was one of my favorite movies like um <clears throat> movies from the 80s and they're like what the fuck? This isn't a horror movie. Like, go back to the kitchen then. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, literally, like, the, and this is, like, happening on my personal Facebook page. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. So being a fan um, of John Hughes movies makes you go back I to the kitchen? I need to go to the, yeah. Like, it, it's, like, crazy that people think that they can say the things that they can. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, there was, you know, being podcasting now or whatever, like, I don't know. It's weird. Like there was, uh, if in the cut to the chase group, like some guy the other day, like I've never actually personally talked to this person, but I woke up and he had created a poll in the cut to the chase group saying like, who wants to see Lacey Lou in a bikini? And like, it was, it was, should Lacey <laughs> post, uh, pictures in a bikini or something like that. Right. Yeah. But like, and you know, people were like defending him as well. And so, like, Dan posted, like, I had an interview with, uh, my interview for Pop Horror came out where they actually interviewed me, and Dan posted it, and the same guy goes, and uh, he commented on his post and said, I want to come on her. Yeah, that's fucking... Jesus, Like, I mean, yeah, like, and this just happened today. That's a loser, dude. That guy's just lame. Whoa, I didn't know about that part of it. That that just happened. That part just happened today. That is crazy, man. Wow. So this shit still happens. So, yeah, I mean, it is like that's, you know, like being in horror, like whatever. Like people think you're like a a female. Like sometimes like they think like, oh, you're – I remember like I told a guy once like – He's like, what kind of movies do you like or whatever? I was like, oh, I like horror movies. He's like, oh, you're freaky. No, I'm not what fucking the fuck? freaky. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I, I just like horror movies, you know? And, like, it doesn't mean, I mean, maybe I'm a little psycho, but whatever. We, um, but it's, we it, all it's go weird. Mad sometimes, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just weird. Like, the, and then some people are super cool about it, but I get those fucking weirdos. Like, it's, you know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, by the way, those uh, those uh, pop horror interviews are pretty good. I, I I've given pop horror some some flack a little bit sometimes, but I've read a lot of those. Carly was interviewed too, which I thought was cool. But, but um, yeah, you, those those are really cool. You guys really really push the women in horror month thing. That's neat. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it was cool this year because like it, we haven't like promoted like a lot of podcasts. So to have like a bunch of female podcasters be. Um, you know, recognize this month is super dope. Yeah, yeah that's good, like man. It. That's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, that sucks, man. That shit's still going. I mean, it's probably never going to stop. I mean, it's, you know, it's that typical fucking social media bullshit where everyone's a warrior behind their keyboard. They just say what the fuck they want to say. And I mean, if you want to hang around, <laughs> I don't want to say, if you want to hang around in this business, you know, 
it's it, you have to have thick skin though you just can't right. fucking let shit bug you right it's like i always tell people you know they're like man you've been on youtube for fucking eight years like how do you do it kind of thing and i'm like because you don't take what people say serious in the comments dude like i get hate mm-hmm. comments every single day because that's just the norm on youtube people just have to throw their opinion or say some crazy shit like like you're a faggot or some shit and i'm like dude like that's supposed to offend me like you're just embarrassing yourself See, the problem is with you calling me a faggot is that, you know, I'm a real person that you're watching and you're literally a name on my screen. It doesn't, I can't take that to heart. Yeah. I, I can't get mad at that shit. So when I see shit, like I fuck around on, on Facebook and I'll, I'll get into it with people, but that's just my, for my own entertainment, right? Like I'm not going to let this shit ever bother me. It's how you stick around. And, you know, I mean, if you can just deal with that, then you're, then you're going to be good to go. Right. I mean, you can't, you can never take that shit serious yeah like i try not to but like it's like sometimes it's just like when somebody like i don't know like i don't like i'm i don't know like it's hard like because i want to be like <clears throat> i don't know like it's hard to do like be respected i guess in a sense and like sometimes like i feel like yeah. i'm there, not like, there really is know. no comparison with me and you though because yeah because from your perspective it's a lot harder to gain the respect for i understand that completely i mean i mean i can try and understand Right. Yeah. I mean, as you know, you being a female, you definitely it's just it's just natural. I mean, women just don't get the respect that men do, unfortunately, even though they can be on the same level as us intelligently wise, you know, critically, whatever the the status may be. But they're just always not going to get that full respect. Right. It's just unfortunate. So. Yeah, but that, Jeremy deals with it all the time. Yeah, of course. Yes, exactly. He's a great example <laughs> of it. And that's why what you're doing with pop porn, pushing women's heart. That's just keep doing that. I mean, it'll it, yeah, it hopefully just gain its respect and, and people will start to fucking, you know, you know, totally just understand and, and uh, you know, enjoy it. Because that, well, that's I the other thing. People just can't enjoy it. It's fucked, man. People are fucked. Like, with your question, I feel like, you know, like when I first started, like I wasn't like very prominent. But now, you know, my name is out there. And I feel like the bigger my name gets, like the kind of worse it gets in a sense, like you get more and more creeps. Oh, so yeah, it, that, it's that's definitely good be the case yeah like you, yes. more like moods as popular as he is on youtube now almost ten thousand subscribers um when you were 2000 you got a hell of a lot less you know dicks than you have now right 100 oh, <laughs> but you know you had I, less dicks but i'm, I'm one of those, I, I got yeah i got one of those weird mentalities so i'm like if i click onto a video and i don't have any thumbs downs i'm like i'm obviously doing something wrong <laughs> what is what is what is your favorite uh, shit talking uh, post that you've gotten? Oh my god, there's been so many. Like honestly, I don't even know. Like the <laughs> first one that comes to mind. Well, the first person that I always that I think about is probably Matt eighty seven writer. It was this fucking he was actually a legit YouTuber. Like he would do videos and shit, but this guy was like clinically insane. Like he took he was medicated and shit for all this type of shit. But he would leave the craziest fucking hate messages. And then he actually started emailing me personally. I, you know, back in the day when you could DM people, what he would write me like fucking full stories of just insults. Like it was, he would call me every name in the book and he would just be, you motherfucking, and it was just like the crazy shit. It was so funny. Oh, he was so racist too. He would, he would call me like wigger all the time. Yeah. (laughs) But, and the crazy thing, people are like, man, he's just a troll. I'm like, yeah, he's a troll, but like he legitimately has his own channel. And so, yeah, it was was weird because you always like normally like, like, you know, anonymous, you know, 
keyboard warrior with like a, a profile picture that's like of freaking Barney or something. Yeah, but no like this guy actually made videos, like actual like, like real like not crazy videos either. Like, hey, I'm gonna review this movie and I actually do it. And like I remember there was this one girl who was like had cancer and was like in oh remission and stuff, and he was like, shit. I hope you get cancer, your cancer comes back and stuff oh, like that. Jesus. Like yeah. he was a he was awful awful human being <laughs> yeah it was yeah, you just, guys get you guys literally get the craziest fucking people Peter. like without a oh question my, like literally that dude is fuck he was messaging me he's like can i get back in 22 shots i'm like what the why the fuck <laughs> are you messaging me like, Who, that, like that don I'm goodwin guy <laughs> no uh, uh moopy oh my that guy okay so that don goodman guy he was okay this guy's so insane like he was saying all this shit about me and then uh he goes Are you talking about don yeah don goodwin yeah. or goodman yeah I, I remember that so this guy is so fucking and he's such an idiot man he knows i'm not in the exploding heads group like i'm not in too many groups anymore because like when i changed my profile i just whatever long story short i'm just not in that group so Anyways, he starts, he makes a post about me in the group knowing I can't comment on it. I'm like, this guy is fucking insane, man. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I got, I, I pissed myself over that. I was like, that's just classic shit right there. Classic troll shit. No, but- well, what was it? I remember because like it was, I think you and I were talking and then like he came in or something. Oh yeah. Like he's, <sighs> he's done it a bunch of, a bunch of times yeah. and stuff. But like there was a couple weeks span where we must've had like four or five insane people in that group and everyone kept commenting like, it's just never going to end. Like it's every <laughs> single day. There's this crazy motherfucker in this group that just goes off and it just sets off everybody. And I'm like, oh my God, like what, like how do we do this? Like I go into the other groups and I'll scroll around and everyone's all talking nice. There's all like flowers and heart emojis and shit. And ours is just like, it's fucking psycho. <laughs> like everything you read and all you can hear is the psycho music and shit. I'm like, this is fucking crazy. Fucking videos with the dude with hamsters. <laughs> right? That's moopy doopy or boopy boopy or whatever the fuck his name Moopsy, is. Moopsy boopsy. So JP yeah. actually got about like, he didn't even open up half a message, but he must've had what, like a hundred messages from him or something like legitimate emails. Wow. He even made YouTube. So this guy makes YouTube videos. It's like all propaganda bullshit from his home country and stuff. It's really strange. He's he's fucked in the head. But so he actually made a video talking about it was called Exposing 22 Shots. <laughs> and he starts talking about like old reviews and stuff and he's like yeah some uh, I'm going to expose 22 shots for the for, the, <laughs> so they, for they who they really are of horror and I was he's like, like Rambo Raff for life anything is about a genius the compared to them Rambo Raff for life he's all like, that, that, that moods guy he knows nothing about horror <laughs> yeah it was fucking funny. and, and he, he didn't even say anything he didn't expose a damn thing. All no. he did was like, they won't let me in the group. Well, I, the, the only the thing he exposed is he's listened to every single episode. That's oh like, yeah. <laughs> I was I was waiting for the expose. I'm like, what is he gonna expose? I'm so excited for this. This is like this the is only thing I learned is Rambo Raff is way better than me. I remember he was yeah. pissed that he like gave you guys five fucking dollars, five dollars. And you guys yeah, he he whatever finger. he wants because he gave five dollars on the Patreon. Like fucking we don't... five dollars. Well, I swear that Jeremy like refunded his money too after he kicked him out. I swear he gave him back his money too, and he still made a big deal. Oh, I give did. you guys five dollars, and I'm like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure he sent that shit back to you, man. <laughs> it's like, ridiculous. Oh my god! Like I pay more for a fucking car wash, dude. Yeah, like, man. Uh, for real. Literally, yeah, the craziest that guy people. was. Man, th- yeah. We've definitely had some some weirdo ones in in 
history of uh, our group page, which has been around for like six years. Yeah, man. Oh, fucking, fucking social media, guys. In times, man. That's the thing. I just it just makes me smile every time I even think about. it. I'm like, that's so awesome. <laughs> so awesome. It's crazy how much energy people really put into put, things. Yeah, they put out, man. They just put out so much energy into this shit, and you're just like, this is crazy, man. Like, don't you have anything better to do than just sit on your computer and just wait for someone to respond to your post or just wait for something to respond? Like, what the fuck is a wrong with people? troll somebody. Right? It's, it fucking blows my mind, dude. Or stalk them. Yeah, stalking. Absolutely. Fucking just internet stalkers, man. Oh, it's crazy. But uh, anyways, on that note, that <laughs> is the uh, five questions with Lacey. I guess we should probably... Um, probably move this along considering i'm pretty sure that this is probably like the oh, it must be the seventh or eighth time we've had an intro that was like two hours long <laughs> Actually, probably it's the damn five questions we've been killing it with guests lately i, I mean, know we've had we've had so many people on so yeah so many new people so uh but yeah that's gonna do it for the intro We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Alright, JP, we got some news this week or what? Yeah, not too much here, but we do have a few things. Uh, first up, um, a little bit of an update. Uh, last year, I believe the very first Fresh Cuts episode I did uh, was on Escape Room. It was early last year. Ew. Um, January-ish. Uh, which we all liked enough and they quickly announced an escape room too for this year uh, but it didn't it's been kind of dead silent on that but I guess now they've officially said that it'll come out at the very end of the year December 30th to be exact so uh, escape room 2 that movie was such out. a letdown man it was such a letdown really because I love the concept of you know escaping booby trap rooms and shit it's cool but that one didn't deliver anything. Plus, the ending sucked. I think our expectations were like so low on this one that mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, that was a fun little PG thirteen movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it made one hundred and eighteen point six million worldwide. Wow! Jesus. Yeah. No wonder it's got a sequel coming. I'm surprised they didn't pump it out quicker, though, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised too. Uh, after that, we have Sci-Fi. Uh, the Sci-Fi Channel orders Day of the Dead series that will take viewers back to the first 24 hours of the undead invasion. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's like the the TV series is like The Walking the, Dead, <laughs> like like the prequel to the movie, kind of in a sense. Sorta. Yeah, I dude, I don't even. I just I don't care because I'm kind of confused by it. Because technically, Day of the Dead is like the second sequel in that story, kind of. It's it's a damn it's it's a yeah because Night of the Well Night of the Living Dead. Then there was Dawn is technically a sequel, and then Day is supposed to be sometime after Dawn. Yeah, but if you do it like it started at night and then this is the morning and then this is the day <laughs> night dawn well, the thing day. is it's like well, I, I don't even understand the point of needing to call it day of the dead at this point it's like name recognition 
zombie. Hundred percent. You got to have that familiarity for it, man. But then again, you know, there's so many horror fans like, what the fuck is Day of the Dead? Oh, I saw that one yeah. with Nick Cage <laughs> or Nick fucking Cannon, Nick Cage with fucking <laughs> Nick Cannon. That was a good one. Shit. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I just, I just on like we say it all the time. Um, me and Moods do not follow TV. Uh, Mike, I know you did at one point. You had a whole podcast that lasted years that focused on horror TV. Um, how, do you keep up nowadays that that show is wrapped? Uh, most it's mostly Walking Dead, American Horror Story, because um, a lot of the shows I covered during that era are you know they wrapped wrapped up themselves and i i struggled like towards the end of the the podcast that's when i was really starting because by then i started you know i had my kids and i was struggling to keep up so i don't watch nearly as much tv horror as i used to because i just don't have the time to invest like i like i did before (laughs) plus it's fucking flooded now too right yeah the shows that have persisted are the ones that like me and Jen watch together because that's what we'll do on like oh, that's you know a Sunday evening and stuff. It is. It's, it's pretty cute. That is cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, we don't really keep up. Lacey, do you watch a lot of horror TV? Um, it just depends on if it's something like I'll gravitate towards. Like I am not a Walking Dead person. I'm just not a zombie person, as you can probably tell. I said two of the most overrated movies was Shaun of the Dead and Zombieland. So yeah, but those I mean, are also but those are also zomcoms though. Yeah, I'm just I'm not big into zombie period though. Oh. Like it just that that's probably my least favorite subgenre. Wow, so, like, least favorite. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, like it's just not something like I I don't know I it wasn't something I was ever drawn to. So, I mean, I, I started Bates motel and I'm only on like season two of it. So, I mean, I, I, I watched like three seasons of American horror story. I just actually watched the first season, um, like a couple months ago and I thought it was great. Um, I've seen asylum, um, a half, almost all of Coven, all, all of Colt and all of 84. So, um, yeah, we, we, we're watching Nip Tuck right now, and I really love that show. It's- <laughs> wow, that was random. <laughs> Ryan Murphy well, taking yeah. her back a little bit with Nip Tuck. Yeah. Well, they just all put it on Hulu. Okay, yeah. You know, personally, man, like, actually, I would recommend watching the rest of Bates Motel. It's actually really good. I was, yeah. very, I was very indifferent on it because it's like a prequel to Psycho, right? But it's set in modern times. And when they were pitching that show, I was like, wait a minute. The show is a prequel to psycho but said modern times like this shit ain't gonna fucking work but then you forget about that right away yeah like it doesn't even fucking matter when you're watching it's just it's just an interesting story you know five seasons yeah so i i really liked it too i just i never finished it if we ever do the franchise uh, i'm gonna need like a solid month in advance notice so that i could watch the the (laughs) i won't lie i'm more of an anthology type horror tv guy like you know it seems like all my favorite tv series are like anthology based you know like twilight zone and fucking it's just tales from the crypt shit like that monsters. i love tales from the crypt tales from the dark side you know monsters like all that type of shit like mm. even the new tales creep from sh- the crypt is goat for me yeah and like you know the new um creep show like i like shit like that man where i don't have to i don't have to worry about investing time like it's just anthology i can just watch it when i can you know kind of thing i like that so those are always mm-hmm. my favorite but all right. Um, so yeah, that is uh, Day of the Dead, which 
whatever. Um, <laughs> is there any specs on that? Is there any specs? Like, do, is there people in this? Yeah, it just says that um, there was people, but none that I know knew. Um, and then it says that it's like a group of survivors try to survive the first day of the zombie outbreak. Wow, that is just the lamest synopsis ever. Like, really? What else are you going to do? Try and die during the first day? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 at this point, I just don't know how you're going to differentiate from something like The Walking Dead. Or well, plus, like, even Walking Dead had the Sphere of the Walking Dead spinoff where that's how it all got yeah, started. Yeah, didn't they make another one? There's a third one. It hasn't premiered yet, but yeah, Shut there the is. the fuck up. Really? Another one? <laughs> Yeah, crazy dude. I can't believe The Walking Dead is still on. Like, I am truly amazed by that. Unbelievable. What is it? Like, well, they have like seasons? making movies coming out with like Rick yeah. or something. Like, Supposedly. I've like I follow it from like social media. Like, I don't even have to fucking watch it. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. people are constantly well, I mean, the, posting about it. To The Walking Dead's benefit, it's like they have the comic series to like go off of, but. Like, like, all these sideshows are kind of doing their own thing, so I'm surprised. Like, The Walking Dead, it still gets decent ratings, but it's not like the blockbuster it used to be. So I'm surprised that, like, they're still making new properties based off of it. Because the tides kind of turned where it it still gets ratings, but they're definitely on a the decline. They're not going up still. So I'm like, you guys might want to slow it down with how much money you're putting into this property. Yeah, is that other one good? What What's the other the first spin up called? Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, Fear it the took walk. a while to like get going because see, I the uh, the concept behind it was it was supposed to be okay. This is how everything got started, but then like viewers, I think were like kind of having a backlash because they were like, like, we don't care. We just want like zombie stuff. So, but I it it's done well to differentiate differentiate itself over. The course of the season, I think that's like it'll be like the fifth season coming up of it, and it's gotten really good because I like the characters in it, and it's much more nomadic than, you know, Walking Dead's more the classic like, like you know, you you find a place to stay, take it over. Yeah, every season has a different from, Yeah, right. And then Fear the Walking Dead, they've kind of set it up to where they're just more nomadic. They're like constantly on the road traveling, mm-hmm. and some I, I actually like some of the characters better on there so it, i've come around on it it, it was de- it was not as good by far when it first started now, a lot of people gave up on it and i couldn't really well, blame them but to be honest you know. man the walking dead was one of those shows where i like i understood why it got such good ratings and why so many people are going crazy about it and shit like that but i'll be honest man like i right from rick down i there's like maybe two or three characters in that show i actually enjoyed watching like i can't i couldn't even stand rick myself like it's fucked i hate his kid like I almost hated everybody in the show. Carl, man, oh my god, man, I just wanted to fucking hot Carl him. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like I don't know what what it is about the characters in that show, but like nobody's like I don't know. Maybe Simone was like the coolest one, I guess. But I don't know, man. I I, I just could never dig it, man. I get I have the same problem with Stranger Things too, like. I know this is probably gonna, this is probably gonna get a lot of hate, but I think that show is insanely overrated. It is fucking crazy. Like I thought the first season was decent. Like it's okay. I didn't like. I didn't love it. Like I thought it was an okay thing. And then the second season was 
me and the wife were actually just talking about this the other day. And she's like, yeah, that second season was dreadful. I'm like, yeah, it was not great. I We got four episodes into season three. No, four, five. I think we got about halfway done. I couldn't do it, dude. I'm like, I'm just so not interested in these characters, the story. Like, I just... It just was doing nothing for me. I couldn't even fucking finish it. And I'm not a quitter, man. People know me. I will watch the shittiest shit read to the end usually. But, I mean, I'll probably eventually finish just because I, my OCD will kick in. And I'm like, I need to fucking finish that shit. <laughs> you know? <sighs> I don't know, man. I, I know I'm in the minority on this, but I'm just not a big fan. I'm really, really not a big fan of it. And I'm not hating on it because it's popular. So, fuck your guys is coming at me with that shit. It has nothing <laughs> to do with popularity shit. I like lots of popular things. But... I just can't do it, man. I just don't feel the characters. I just, it's just, honestly, it's quite boring. It's really kind of boring to me. Ugh. So I don't know. What, what do you, what, do you guys, do you guys like the show or not? Like, what's the deal with you guys? Um, I watched the first season. I was like, oh, this is really cool. Then it like fucking blew up. And like, I'm, I am one of those people where like, while something's really hot, I just don't, I like, don't, I get like annoyed hearing about it so much. So I'll just be like, I just wait till the heat dies down, and then I'll check it out again. Um, with it, 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 only with TV shows though, not movies. Like when a movie's real hot, it makes me want to see it more. But when a t- TV show's real hot, I'm just like, I just wait for it to end or till people don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. So I've only seen the first season. Yeah, I thought the first season was the best. I mean, I did you did you have you finished season three? Do you watch it all? Yeah, I've seen it all. It was it. I still think the show is like fine for what it is, but I've never, I really, I did really like season one. Like I, I have no problem saying that, but since season one, I just thought it's been okay. Where like a lot of people think season three is the best out of the three. Oh, really? And- See, I, man, I don't know. Maybe it gets better. I don't know. I'm, like I said, I'm about halfway through and I'm just like dreadfully bored with this shit. I'm just like, fuck. But the, like the, the story in, in part two is in the second season, I thought was, like hilariously bad i just was not feeling a lot of shit that was happening in it the way the characters were coming and going i was like this is it's just not good so i lost fucking interest i don't know if i had that mentality going into season well i didn't because even the wife was like she's like this isn't great like what happened this is one of those shows that like i just fell asleep on and i didn't care to like figure out where i left off on yeah so then exactly yeah so you're kind of in the same realm then yeah, I'm so. on season three as well, and I'm just like, oh, okay, like I'll eventually finish it, just because, like you said, you want to finish something just to finish it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I also had like the ending ruin because obviously social media. Like, if you don't pop up on something right away, like it gets ruined so badly on social media. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that also that. like deter it deters me from like. Or deters me. People make fun of the way I say that. So, um, but it um, makes me not want to watch it once I already know mm. what happened. Like, yeah. I'll wait and come back and you know see if I'll have more of an impact on me later. But since everybody's talking about, it, I'm like, okay, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. You see, I, I'm, I honestly am not on. Like, I only really use social media for like Facebook groups. Like, I'm never on general and stuff, so honestly, like, my group doesn't really spoil a lot of that shit, so I stay pretty spoiler-free when it comes to social media and shit, but I just don't care enough anyways. Even if it got spoiled for me, I'd be like, oh, well, that was a shame. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kind of my reaction, so fuck whatever. It is what it is. I mean, I, I've tried. Like, you know, I watched season one of Scream, really didn't care for it. I thought it was, re- like, straight-up average. 
Like it wasn't horrible, but it's pretty average. I like, again, I got like halfway into season two. I couldn't do it. I was like, I, I have to turn this off, man. This is horrible. It was just terrible. I'm just like, these people are not real. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be overly believable. I'm like, these characters are just the epitome of just unbelievable. It doesn't make sense to me. So didn't do it. Did you watch scream? Probably me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, um, I watched all three seasons. Did you like them? Uh, um, yeah, actually, um, are we doing a segment on that or no? No, no, (laughs) no. Okay. I'll just give my notes on that right now then. Okay. Um, so just real quickly, uh, Bella Thorne, uh, obviously you know what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what I liked about the Scream, t- the TV series, is that it had more gore than Scream 3. Um, oh. You know, um, I liked the final episode of season one. I think it had better kills than Scream 3 as well. Um, you'll hear my thoughts on Scream 3 later. Um, I thought Noah was a great uh, narrator as, like, the Randy character. Um, the final episode actually felt like a Scream movie to me, like, the first time I watched it. Not so much when I rewatched it today, but, um, yeah, I thought the killer was pretty predictable. Um, I liked how they did leave it open for, like, a surprise you never see coming, um, for season two. Um, they gave her a bullet in the head like they do in the movies, which I thought was cool. Um, overall, it was an okay, likable cast, um... It pretty much alludes to, like, who the killer is, though, for season two, which was pretty fucking lame. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this. I liked the season two opener. Um, I, I thought it played great homage to um, season t- or Scream 2 and the movie theater aspect. Um, I liked the... Uh, well, the final episode, um, they also paid another homage to uh, Scream 2 with them being in the back of the cop car. Um, which was cool. I just, I guess I really just like the homages that they paid to, you know, the movies, even though um, I, and I absolutely loathed um, season three. That was the biggest piece of shit that I've ever wasted my time fucking watching. <laughs> wow. Like, fucking hated it. Like, they even got the original mask and, you know, Roger Jackson's voice. How do you fuck that up? Oh, you make Scream season three. <laughs> yeah. What was the problem with it? I because I, I didn't watch any of it. It it, it didn't take oh, place man. following the events of season two, right? It was its own thing. Well, you get a battle of um, it's, I no, it it has nothing to do with the other two seasons. Like it's basically, I mean, I don't even know how to classify this. It's, uh, I don't like it's just terrible. You get a scene where Candyman and Ghostface go at it, which is kind of cool. But aside from that, like, it's just, yeah, like, he's, yeah, Tony Todd's in it for briefly, and him and Ghostface are fighting, he's got a hook, and, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, okay. That's cool. So, I mean, aside from that, it's the biggest shit show you will fucking watch. Like, I wouldn't, like, uh, the the motives, like, ugh, it's just so fucking stupid. Sorry. Wow. It's, yeah, it's two killers, but it's so fucking like it's it was like a and the, the problem that I had with this is that it was supposed to like come out like way before and I think with um I'm not sure what happened like MTV didn't want to put it out so they like ended up doing it was like a of mini the Weinstein thing. Is that what it was? No, yeah, it was, they were like kind of yeah. wanted for that to cool down a little bit. Yeah, so they put it on VH1 for like a three-night event or whatever it was and it, like they did two episodes a night, and I, I struggled 
Like, I've never struggled to watch anything scream. Like, if you know me, I'm, like, obsessed. I mean, I have a tattoo of Ghostface on my fucking foot. So, um, you know, and to not have, like, the original mask in, like, the TV series, um, I actually prefer one and two way more, and it felt more authentic than, I don't know. I felt like I was watching, you know, scary movie or something. It felt like a spoof. Like, hmm. uh, it was bad. So bad. I hate it. I, I wish I, ne- like, I want to burn my eyes. So you don't recommend season three then? Absolutely fucking no. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty bad. Cool. Well, that's the, the rundown of the Scream franchise TV series. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I did mention to you that I I knew you had seen them, so I was curious on those. But uh, good good to hear. All right, so um, let's see. After that, a um, uh, little bit of news here. Uh, we have announcement of Robert Eggers' next film, uh, described oh, yeah. as dark and unusually violent. Uh, the next film of Robert Eggers does not sound like a horror film, but a revenge film. Uh, so it might fit in the, uh, you know, territory, depending on how dark it actually gets. It's called The Northmen. Uh, it's a Viking revenge film. Nice. So the wow. pick is described as a revenge saga set in Iceland at the turn of the 10th century. Damn. Edgar's penned the screenplay with Icelandic poet and a novelist. I'm not even going to try to say his name. Uh, the the cast includes uh, Nicole Kidman, Alexander Skarsgård, and Bill Skarsgård, Anna Taylor Joy, and William Defoe, uh, both back. Nicole uh, Kidman, what the fuck? Yep, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so uh, Edgar's reteams with his previous um, cinematographer Yaron Blaschk, uh, and. He said, it's a bigger movie than the others. I can say it's a Viking revenge movie, and we're shooting in Europe. It's dark and uh, unusually violent. Um, it's kind of being considered of a spiritual trilogy of sorts um, with The Witch and The Lighthouse. So, I mean, they're both they're all three-period pieces. Um, they're, they're kind of, uh, full, you know, um, sort of like uh, mytho- mythological or like folk tales sort of type thing so um pretty cool man i mean uh, eggers has vision i think that's what we kind of like about him um and honestly like this film even sounds super cool um being about vikings revenge and i I love the period he one thing cool about robert eggers is when he tackles a theme or a um setting he really really makes it as authentic as possible like he he truly like looks into the history and the uh, like the lighthouse like did anybody not feel like that's probably exactly what it was like um you know doing that job and mm-hmm. the witch you know the the time period the dialogue like everything just felt so true to to form almost to its detriment at times when i saw it in the theater because i didn't know what the hell they were talking about because the accents were so thick um but yeah uh super excited i mean that's just really cool uh, i'm very excited about that title i can almost put myself at, at the location of the lighthouse because i actually was there last summer where they filmed so oh really yeah oddly enough i didn't even realize that until it's like watching the movie i'm like man this fucking looks like halifax area I'm like it's crazy so i looked it up where they where they did the location or the filming yeah sure shit was actually there I'm like that's fucking crazy so 
Yeah, it really does look like that there. It's old as fuck. So, you guys think that his next feature sounds cool? It does. It sounds amazing. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Especially with the cast. All I can picture is like, you know, this period piece like The Witch, but with like crazy fucking Viking revenge and gore and shit. Hell yeah. Big Viking beards. Fuck yeah, dude. (laughs) Did you guys prefer The Witch or Lighthouse? Uh, 100% The Witch for me. Um, 100%. Uh, the Witch is one of my favorite films of the decade, for sure. Uh, yeah, I love The Witch. I, the Lighthouse was like my second favorite film last year, so... I thought they're both great. I mean, really, they're, they're so different. I mean, I could watch... Yeah, I love both. If I, if, if I had to pick one, I would say The Witch, but I liked them both for different reasons yeah. and some similar reasons. I didn't like The Witch, but I liked The White Lighthouse. You didn't like The, the Witch? House. No. Like, Dan tells me I didn't even watch it, it once. Okay, Carly didn't like it either, and then she rewatched it, and she loved it. Yeah, it's- he keeps telling me I need to rewatch it, and, like, I just have no desire because I hated it, and it was, I think it's the twins. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're a little Black Philip, Black Philip. like it's definitely a mood piece like you have to be in the right mindset to appreciate or enjoy a film like that i think Mm -hmm. all right um so next up here a little bit of a cool announcement lucio falci's zombie is coming to 4k ultra hd 4k i should say and that is the first blue underground 4k release Moods, is it? Are you? Is it close to time to upgrade yet? Because now Blue Underground is getting into 4K. Dude, it's like absolutely ridiculous. They just dropped this amazing like three disc with like three different variant covers <laughs> no, and that shit. That does kind of suck. They and like I bought, bought and so shit. many people bought all three covers for like fifty dollars a pop, and now they're like, you know what? Your hundred and fifty wasn't enough, motherfucker. Now we want seventy five for the 4K. Yeah. Ne- next thing you know. Uh, next the month after they're going to announce House by the Cemetery 4K exactly. and then they'll announce uh, um, the Stendhal Syndrome 4K and then they'll announce uh, the Lift and, and Down 4K and Deathline and they'll just go through their whole run Death Dream. Oh, I would like Death Dream on 4K. I mean, it's cool that the, you know they're getting into the 4Ks, but I mean, come on, man! Like they, Maniacs they, next. I guarantee Maniacs next. They literally just dropped all these movies like in the last 18 months, you know, kind of. Thing, I know, right? and so, I have them all except for Two Evil Eyes. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just not even interested, man. I'm just, I'm quite content with you know the Blue Rizzles. <laughs> Fuck, that was stupid. With Blu-rays, so. Yeah, I don't know. My 4K I, collection's growing, man. I I think I'm almost near 30 releases now. Um, well, I did say less I did, than a year. Yeah, it's pretty good. So I I did say I think my first 4K will be the Dawn of the Dead set because I mean that kind of makes sense, right? It's poetic, mm-hmm. and you know how much I like to be poetic about my about my spending habits, you know, because that means a lot to me. The fuck <laughs> am I going with this? This is ridiculous. Anyways, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Yeah, um, in an, an unpoetic direction. Poetic with spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on fucking physical media. Jesus, you decide. I, I, I assume that nobody here. Uh, I don't think you two collect that much, Mike. I know you don't, Lacey. Do you collect at all? 
I have over 4,500 in my personal collection. Oh, really? So you do collect? Yes. <laughs> Are you upgraded to 4K yet or no? Um, I have my first 4K, but um, I don't have a 4K play I, at this time. <laughs> but um, I have Shazam on 4K. <laughs> so you do plan on eventually upgrading fully to with the player and stuff though yeah i don't think i'll ever get rid of the ones that like i have but um yeah eventually you know that's the future of media so yeah yeah i had uh, upgraded within the last calendar year i believe so um, I did. I, I finally upgraded. It was cool. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to. I don't blow it like Jeremy does. I mean, it, to him, it's like every other day sh- shows how proud of his collection he is, and he blows it. Any new 4K, he messages me, and he's like, oh, that one's going to be... I'm like, yeah, they're good, dude. They're not that good. <laughs> yeah, I just can't, uh, you know, spend that much on a film right now, um, you know, to collect-wise. Because I already have pretty much what I need or want. Mm-hmm. So um, once, you know, they get a little bit cheaper, that's probably when I'll start collecting them. Yeah, I, I don't go crazy. I get like one or two a month usually unless uh, – like I've bought a couple used ones for, for super cheap um, at the shop that I used to have by me. Um, and But for the if it's like something that the, – the key for me is like um, if it's like a film that I like – love like um uh stand by me or something like i picked that one up day one the goonies got announced and full metal jacket i was like dude those are two of my top three favorite movies ever you can just tell how excited you just got by your tone like the goonies (laughs) (laughs) yeah that the goonies is my number one film of all time oh really yeah i didn't know that about you yep all right, so uh, next, the, the last little bit of news here, um, we have uh, the Candyman trailer had dropped over this past weekend, and I don't watch trailers, but I was in the theater checking out Invisible Man, and it came up, and like for whatever reason, I could not look away, and I'm just going to say this, like it looked amazing. I'm like super hype on it. Like I cannot wait to see it. I think that it's going to be huge. It, it looks so good, in my opinion. I, I, I assume that at least two of you guys have watched the Candyman trailer. Yep, liked it a lot. It, I thought, I like you know, it. I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all you can go on is by how they cut a trailer, but man, they definitely impressed, and I am intrigued to see where they go with this story and how it plays out. Now, are you guys going to talk about how amazing it's going to look on 4K now and just blow the <laughs> shit out of that? Because, like, oh, well, I haven't even upgraded to 4K, so not me. I only <laughs> have one 4K, so don't, I don't even have a 4K player. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're so dead. Like, they're honestly so expensive here. Like, you can't even get them for cheap. Like, 30 You could get an but... Xbox, though, dude. They play them. Yeah, but I just got a PlayStation 4. <laughs> but anyways yeah i mean for i mean the movies themselves are like 30 bucks a piece man yeah you know, it's crazy here man and like even the tvs man like to get a decent you know good tv it's still gonna run you a lot of money it's not really about the money with me but it's just more the fact that like i still have all my tvs in my house still work fine i just don't want to fucking replace them for the sake of replacing i just hate that idea it's stupid mm-hmm. right? i'm the same way and since i don't collect 
it, it's really see what's going to happen probably is when I get my next gaming console, which is coming out later this year. It's gonna have 4K because I did, I I was an early adopter of the last gen before those ones had 4K. Yeah, like in yeah, the so systems. Yeah, so I didn't want to like buy a new version of a PS4 just for the 4K, but PS5 and the new Xbox are gonna have it, you know, right out the gate. Yeah. So then I'll have a 4K player, and at that point I'll be like, well, now in order to actually get the benefit of it, I'm gonna need to upgrade to the tv and you know i'll probably get end up getting like a 4k fire stick and paying up charge for 4k versions of every streaming you know so the dominoes will fall have have eventually. the ufc fights got to 4k yet i don't know that's a good that would question be crazy is there that much know. 4k like tv and stuff like i don't even know no not really I'm no really. that's i mean that's the other thing is like because i don't collect physical media a ton it's like most of my 4K watching is going to be dependent on how many services actually allow it or networks, and there's just not a ton yet. I mean, honestly, there there is a day when it's going to come where I'm going to eventually have to one of my TVs is going to crap out, whatever, and I'll just have to upgrade because mm-hmm. you can't even buy TVs that aren't 4K anymore. It's crazy. But um, I mean, when it comes to the physical media and stuff, yeah, it's going to be another one of those cases of like just straight up favorite films. You know, I feel like with Jeremy, like he's buying a lot of movies on 4K that I don't think he would ever just buy on Blu-ray and shit. You know oh what no, I'm saying? definitely. Right? Definitely. It's because he, I mean, he's I've in love even, with the format. I've even so done it a little bit, like, um, well, not that I would never buy it, but like, I, I don't really collect non-horror. But for whatever reason, I buy some non-horror 4Ks. Like, I have Wizard of Oz. Yeah, Jeremy's rubbing off on you, man. Yeah, yeah. I think that's normal though, because I remember when I, you know, way back in my like i think mid late teens when i first bought a dvd player like all i wanted to do was go to the store and just buy dvds because it's like oh i have a dvd player now let me see every damn movie uh, that i'm even half interested in dude you remember like on DVD. <laughs> do you remember popping in those first dvds and you're going god damn these things look they'll never look better uh-huh. yeah I right that, like man. vhs dude, I, those, I was like holy fuck this looks amazing <laughs> i was so impressed with like dvd chapters where you could just be like Oh, I can just go right to this chapter on this, and I don't have to fast forward or rewind. Like to me, that was the pinnacle of technology. Yeah, yeah, man. I know, man. I, yep. I like I had that kind of same moment too when, when like Blu-ray kind of won the battle with HD DVD and shit, and Blu-ray mm-hmm. was the shit. And I think at the time, yeah, because that would PlayStation Three had come out, and there was this deal where you get this PlayStation, you get a bunch of fucking free Blu-rays and shit. So I got the PlayStation Three, and it got like. I think you got to pick like 10 Blu-rays, but they only sent me like five or six or something. I don't know. But anyways, one of the very first Blu-ray discs I ever watched, because even in those days, I wasn't renting shit, that I ever watched was fucking House of a Thousand Corpses. And I was like, God damn. Like, what the fuck am yeah, I watching? Yeah, that's actually one of the best Blu-rays. Too, yeah, so and even to this day, it still pick. looks amazing. And I'm like, this is fucking crazy, this difference. I'll never forget that moment. I was like, man. Fuck DVD. <laughs> just like, holy <laughs> shit, dude. But- I know I know. I mentioned it before. I don't know if it was on here or not, but it's just funny how things change because like, if I tried to ask my daughters, like, do you want to watch a DVD? They wouldn't know what the hell I was talking about. I have to say, like, movie. Or I, I can say, like, do you want me to throw something on Netflix? 
Netflix. But if I just use the term DVD, I don't think they would understand what I'm talking. I would have to explain. Oh, my God. oh these discs are a DVD. That's what <laughs> these these kids have no idea. I keep my. Uh, I'll check the mail. Like, so I pick my kid up from school. I go check the mail, and I always have mail like every day. It's just really bad. This kid probably thinks that just shit gets sent to our house every fucking day. But he's like, I'll open up the package and he'll be like, oh, he's like, what, uh, what movie is that? I'm like, dude, that's that's a record. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's a that's a CD. And he's like, oh, and he just doesn't, he can't even recognize the physical, the he always gets a fucking confused. I mean, he's better now. He's a lot better than now. But like, the first time I was showing him like how to put a CD into the player and putting a tape in and showing him records and stuff, he's like holding his iPad and he goes, but I just press a button. That's all I have to do. And he's kind of looking at me like, what the fuck? Why are you doing all that shit? You got to like physically take things out of packages and put them in. And he's like, oh man, I feel sorry for this kids. The convenience <laughs> level is just too strong. I'm like, it's, you'll never understand where we're coming from the phys- with the physical shit, man. But just, just seeing the look in his face, like, what are you doing? Like, why? I just press a button. Yeah, exactly. My, like my my daughters know how to use like the remote on the TV because that's how they put on movies. Yeah, like, pressing like the smart TV button and then it's like so simple. It's like two buttons and they're watching what they want. I'm starting to understand the movie The Village a lot more as time goes on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I'm ta- like, I'm I'm taking them out to the we're moving to the woods to live the old way with DVDs. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's it. I uh, just wanted to shout out the Candyman trailer looked hella awesome. Um, it, it does look like a like they're calling it a spiritual sequel. Yeah, it does look like a sequel. Like you know, it's not direct, direct, but you could definitely see there's some sequel stuff. They mentioned Cabrini Green. There may be or may not be actors returning. You know, so yeah, uh, it feels like they're definitely trying to hide some elements, like giving hints, but not really. Which is good. I'm glad they didn't go over the top with what they put in there but it has the it has the atmosphere and honestly it looks like a pale movie too i know he didn't direct it um but it, it definitely feels like he wrote it right yeah he did yeah, write it. Yeah. it's actually Destiny's a uh, child song <laughs> oh yeah i really like that like it it they did like a i they did like a redo of like the destiny's say child my say my name song which like fits perfect for the damn movie <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that does. That's kind of crazy. That felt very Jordan Peelish. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me of like the I got five on it. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I was seeing people comment on the trailer, and you know, I never put this together, but a lot of people were comparing Candyman to um, Nightmare on Elm Street Two. Like they said, there's like so many similar elements of that. And what do you guys think? I, I saw people saying that. I didn't understand necessarily what they were referencing. So I did, and I and I was like, didn't want to because like I already shouldn't have watched the trailer because I don't watch trailers typically, <clears throat> but um, I just got roped into it because it just it like I just knew it was Candyman as soon as it popped up and I was so excited uh, because man I, I just I was so this was in my top five uh, I think it was my number one most anticipated horror film uh, of the year so I, I just I don't want to know anything else. Yeah, I assume what they're. I mean, I think I know what they're talking about, but I don't even want to get into it because I don't even want to think about it more than what I already saw. I kind of want. I'm glad 
that it looks really good and I want to stop thinking about it until it comes out just because I you know I don't want to like try to get into it too much mm-hmm. okay so that is the news then JP uh, yep that's the news alright cool Fucking thing sucks. Alrighty, so moving along here, uh, we're gonna get into a quick little knowledge segment here. The word I bring to you today is knowledge reigns supreme. You got no time to joke and play, cause knowledge reigns supreme. And considering we're, we are doing the Scream franchise, and it's been always noted as being kind of that forefronter in the, you know, in the meta horror film kind of realm. So I thought it would be kind of fun to just find like a top 10 list on on the net here uh, having to do with the top 10 meta horror movies. Uh, these are apparently right. I was wondering if you was going to go meta, scream era film, slashers, 90s. I didn't know what you were going to do, but I'm glad you went with meta because that's what I was hoping for. Yeah, I, why not, right? I mean, most people associate the meta film with scream, even though there was films that came before that can obviously be noted as being meta but scream is definitely the one that popularized it to the point of yeah you know everyone just references scream as being the meta all right so in at number 10 here we got rubber have you guys seen rubber before yeah i seen it once like a long like whenever it hit is that the the killer tire yeah Yeah. the killer tire yeah (laughs) yeah no i've never fucking seen seen that <laughs> it's so fucking it's like so ridiculous but like it, it honestly has like some funny ass shit going in it but i i remember like thinking it was funny for like you know a half hour 45 minutes but it just felt like it should be like a short like i not feature i i felt like at a certain point into i was like all right i'm done with this movie but it was like funny you know for a little while though i think i'm in I mean, it's funny that it's on this top 10, but I am i always feel like I'm in the minority with this one, too, because I know a lot of people that don't like it. But I don't know, man. I just thought it was pretty funny the way – I mean, really, it's about a killer tire. It's mm-hmm. – like the premise is so ridiculous, but I don't know. If you know Dupuis, like, history, he's like a – fuck, he does, like, music videos and shit. It just kind of made sense. He would do something kind of obscure and very odd, like, rubber. So uh, in at number nine is uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which um- – that's fun. That's yeah, fun. I, I like that one too. I, I didn't necessarily think of that one as meta. When I think meta. It is. It definitely has that element to it. But yeah, yeah, it's You're like, right. I didn't. It's like an offshoot meta for sure. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that too when I was going through here. But I'm like, yeah, I guess it kind of, it kind of stands in in the technical meaning of meta. I guess kind of. It's not as like forefront as this next one too. Um, but number eight is behind the mask: the rise of Leslie Vernon. Great one. Good one. I'm actually surprised that one's so low. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie, man. It, I mean, we've talked about this one many times on here and stuff, but, you know, it's it's a fun pseudo-mockumentary meta film. It's cool. It's fun. Uh, and at number seven is the man himself, Wesley Craven's New Nightmare. Yeah. The yeah. precursor to Scream. Pretty much, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, a couple years before Scream, yep. Makes a lot of sense. I, I, you know, honestly, I'm a big fan of New Nightmare. I know a lot of people are kind of indifferent on it, but you know, I'm not just saying it because I'm a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fanboy. I legitimately actually like the movie, but it was a good way to take the franchise after. I mean, for all intents and purposes, Freddy was dead. I mean, how do you do another one? And that's the good. That's the way to do it. I always say it was a good way of putting 
the good taste back in your mouth after that fucking piece of wretched fucking shit is <laughs> Freddy's dead. I mean, yeah, what was it? It's so fucking goddamn bad. Like, it, it's like embarrassing, man. It's the fucking like, oh man, it's the resurrection of fucking you know Nightmare on Elm. It's so bad. It's just I hate the comedy element. Like I like comedy in, in those films too but that shit is just ridiculous fucking power glove <laughs> fuck off with the power glove man he's got his fucking <laughs> feet up he's got his feet up when he says it too and I'm like what the fuck man this is ridiculous have yeah. you guys heard of uh, Miko Hughes um, doing a film uh, called Dylan's Nightmare where he's like returning as the little boy as an adult no yeah, I've heard of it. it's like a fan film yeah. Oh, is that what it is? But oh, he's crazy. actually praising his role as Dylan. Crazy. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Okay, so in at number six is uh, Peeping Tom, which is actually referenced in... Scream 4? Scream 4 as being the very first kind of like slasher. slasher. Which I agree. I've always said that. I mean, it's definitely the very first film that you know, kind of shows the killer, like in this genre, you know, that POV kind of ankle and stuff like that. It's definitely, but you know, yeah, I was wondering what, um, film, the filmmakers were going to choose for that. Cause there's, there's kind of a debate on like what you can choose. Um, some people say like something like Halloween, other people say like Texas chainsaw, other people say psycho, other people say, you know, um, a, a couple of different ones, but, I thought it was cool that they were like, it gave them more cred for picking like something like Peeping Tom than Psycho. Yeah, I mean, well, because Peeping Tom came out just before. I mean, their their release dates are so close, right? I think that's why a lot of people get it, or a lot of people do get it twisted that you know the dates are so close. But it definitely is Peeping Tom, though, for sure. Hundred percent. It's funny yeah. that you threw in Chainsaw there. I don't even consider that part of that argument. <laughs> I just was throwing random shit. Out. I mean, I would I mean, if you want to get in that proximity of time. I mean, it'd be more Black Christmas, wouldn't it be? Which is kind of an interesting uh, thing because you never even fucking see the killer. It's like amazing. It's talking yeah. about amazing endings, Lacey. I've, I've always considered Chainsaw Proto Slasher. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's debatable, but I've never really considered it to be one. But. Like, do you consider a slasher, like, just straight up with a knife? Nope. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, I consider Choppy Mall to be a slasher, and that's fucking robots, dude. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I always said, I mean, I think that it got kind of pigeonholed, though. Like, sla- people just associate slasher films with, like, machetes and knives and shit like that. And I'm like, not really. I mean, it can be fucking, if you're killing somebody, if you're stalking and killing people, it doesn't matter what you're using, right? But you yeah. don't consider a chainsaw a slasher? Not really, because I don't find that Leatherface is liter- like stalking people. Like When you look at the premise of slasher films, it's generally, you know, say people in the forest, and they're being picked off one by one. Like, this killer is being mobile, right? He's walking around, right. he's stalking and slashing. I mean, when I think of slashes, I think of stalk and slash. I mean, when I look at Leatherface... I picture a big fat motherfucker with a face on his face (laughs) waiting for people to come to him. Now, that just kind of went against my definition of what slashing is, right? I mean, people are literally kind of coming to him, so I don't know. He's still a killer, 
I wouldn't call it. Sl- but he does chase them a little bit. I mean, yeah. I think there's, I think there are elements. It, no, there is know. elements. I don't. It, think it's, it's not a, it's not a straight up slasher, or else it would be the first slasher. I'm just saying that it's a prototype slasher where there's well, a lot of. Well, that's not true, JP. It's Peeping Tom. See, I think Peeping Tom is, <laughs> it's kind of a textbook though, because this guy's literally stalking his prey and fucking, you know, slashing. It's POV. Yeah, but it's, it has all his elements. I, I don't. I consider that a proto slasher too, because it doesn't have like to me. The first true slasher is Halloween. No, Halloween um, is the first else slasher film that it's it's the one that popularized the subgenre. It's the first slasher for me. Okay, um, but it, it's it's more or less considered the one that popular because let's face it, when Halloween came out in '78, it spawned films every week. Like it seemed, and that's why I'm just it's saying that it pedestal. has every aspect of the formula where every other film mentioned doesn't have some of the aspects. So that's why, to me, they are the proto slashers, and Halloween is the slasher. I mean, it's fair yeah. enough. It's fair enough. But I mean, I think that Peeping Tom definitely has all those elements, though. To be honest, so it, it is what it is. It's very debatable. I mean, I, I I would need to see Peeping Tom. I actually have never seen it. All You're sitting here arguing with me, and you haven't even fucking seen it. Jeez, <laughs> well, no, that is I'm such a Mexican thing to do. Far more enjoyable to <laughs> Every, watch than all Peeping. That was a Jeremy <laughs> move. No, 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 no! Absolutely <laughs> fucking not, dude. I'm saying I'm comparing all the other films that are often mentioned as the first slashers. I'm yeah. saying none of those have all of the elements. I don't know if Peeping Tom does for sure or not. I'm just saying in general, the films that came before Halloween, stuff like well, Black Christmas, yeah. stuff like Chainsaw, stuff like Alice, Sweet Alice. Um, I think they don't. I think they, you know, they actually, that was one thing they did really right in, in Scream 4 was call it how it was and, and, and mention Peeping Tom because I remember even when I watched it, when it came out in 11, I was like, damn, they fucking nailed that right like, on the head. Even if, even if well, let's I, say Psycho came out before Peeping Tom, like I wouldn't consider Psycho the first slasher. It doesn't have enough of the elements for me. No, see, I it just has. Exactly. I would stuff. actually still consider Peeping Tom to be it. I mean, I think the insane conversation, guys. (laughs) I think I think there is an argument to be made that Halloween is the first like pure slasher because that's the one that almost everything after it models itself after that's called a slasher. Yeah, it's the more modern. We're like we're like Halloween probably took elements from what came before, but when you see what came after Halloween, Halloween is definitely the one where it's like every writer and director was like, "That's the movie I want to." make but just change like yeah he took bob clark's idea from black christmas because they they that mean that's just that's an open book on that one so all the ideas came from black christmas so yeah yeah 100 percent um he's wanted i think that again he took like the core concept but in terms of like slashers and how we know them when it became the friday 13th where they became like i i feel like you need a body count i feel like you like for it to be a pure slasher you know Uh, and stuff came later that's like two yeah uh, a slash and stalk well i mean to be be fair to be fair april fool's day doesn't have one kill in it and it's a fun yeah, but you don't film. know that until the end. It still has all the elements of a slasher up until that point that just kind of removes it. It's like saying that Friday Thirteenth. The fact of the matter film. is, it doesn't have any kills. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying that you, you that you can't have like a lower body count. I think like Elm Street has like three or something like that. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying I there's four or something. Yeah, there's certain one. there's certain things about. Um, you know, like the way that the bodies are displayed, and 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 there's other 
other slashers that have came after that don't have all the elements but still fit slashers but i'm saying you 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 don't have any before that didn't have all the elements and that's why i say that's the first one is because you know it didn't exist before that to me um that that had all the elements well i mean so it's your first somebody fucking patreon peeping tom for jp so jesus christ (laughs) okay moving along it's an argument that we could probably do all night really but as long as everyone's seen all the movies fair enough okay number five (laughs) cabin in the woods which is beyond fucking meta and it's crazy one of my favorites cabin in the woods mine as well you know when it when it came out i liked it i didn't love it and then i rewatched it a couple years later and i thought it was really good it was fun you know I've, i've only seen it a couple times but yeah it's it's pretty good uh, this is a weird one, man. In the number four, um, I was trying to like. I mean, I guess it kind of fits in there, but uh, Evil Dead Two. Well, it's. I think that it's meta in the sense that it's like the first movie, like only comedic? done differently in a little bit. It's a remake of the first movie, but yeah. in a comedic way. It's only the first <laughs> That's like pretty five meta. Minutes. It's literally just a comedic version of the first movie. Yeah, Which, but it's not intentionally doing it for that. It it only did that because they couldn't get the rights for the f- first film no, to I show know. like flashback footage. Oh, I, know. I don't think that's meta. I don't think that film's meta in the slightest. No, I, that's why I was like, "What the fuck?" Uh, okay, I disagree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Mm. I mean, I guess. <sighs> okay, so think evil, about it. Okay, the way they write <laughs> it, they say Evil Dead Two gets the most meta in its latter. Acts as Raimi makes it clear that the film isn't so much about a dark spirit tormenting wayward college students, but about a director tormenting his actors. Okay, what? I never got that while watching. The movie. And the result of you are <laughs> the, the I mean, that's, 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 that's okay, just, well, and the result of you are themselves. But boy, isn't it fun? I, I this don't know, guy man. loves Evil Dead Two so much. He's just stuffs it in all of his list, like top top five romantic horror films. You know what? This fucking too. writer, you know what this fucking writer, this is the type <laughs> top of dude. Five horror movies that are horror. Just from that little blurb that I read of him, man, I can tell right now he's the type of guy that was. He's that guy that says that the Evil Dead was had like intentional comedy in it and shit. I'm like, no, yeah. The Evil top Dead five was, creature feature movies, Evil Dead Two. There's a tree in it. <laughs> Yeah. Five horror movies with a book. The Evil Dead with has a unintentional funny moments. It was meant to be a straight up horror film. So fucking people with that shit, man. It drives me nuts. Okay. Number three, a movie that has been mentioned a couple times and will be mentioned probably again in the show. Shaun of the fucking dead. God. It's number, meta, but I just don't care. It is meta, but it's just so fucking lame. Uh, in at number two. Wow. This is interesting. Uh, funny games. Wow, yeah, that one's definitely has has meta to it. No, it does. It, it's a total commentary on on violence and movies and stuff like that. And yeah, it, it it I think the fourth wall breaking thing makes it kind of meta. That's what makes it meta. Yeah, they're literally using the audience as um that is the driving force behind it, right? They're doing shit f- specifically for you. Would you guys classify that as underrated? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like, I don't see it like widely talked about, you know. Maybe underseen. I don't know. Yeah, underseen for sure. I, I mean, well, there's the two of them, right? Yeah, I've never seen the original, oh, uh, but I did see I'm talking uh, about the original. I haven't seen the remake. Um, oh, I no. seen the remake in the theater. Mm. 
I've never seen it. I hear it's exactly the same, though. <laughs> yeah, I heard the, um, you know, is it French? Is it French or German? Or It's foreign, right? What the hell is Funny Games? Is it French? Uh, it's Spanish, I believe. Spanish, that's right. Well, I knew it was foreign, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> All right, so in at number one, we have the obvious Same. choice. You might be the killer. What? From, from 2018. Yeah, Did you say yeah. that's the obvious choice? I thought everyone was going to say scream. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> messing around. I'm totally. But have you guys oh, okay. seen You Might Be the Killer? That movie's pretty damn meta. Um, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Like but it. anyways, but this list, yeah. So number one is obviously scream. But yeah, this list was done in 2016. So it's all scream, the TV show. It's two What's years he? before. It's two years uh, before yeah. that movie even came out. So, but anyways, I mean, there's been lots of meta films in the last couple of years. But yeah, the, I mean, that list is fair enough, with the exception nope, of Evil Dead Two. I don't really get it. But don't you guys feel like Scream 2, 3, and 4 is more meta than Scream? No. I thought 4 got yeah. crazy meta. It, it, Scream 1 is the most meta for me. Well, I think... I mean, not, it set the bar for meta, but it gets of, like... I think yeah. 1 was most effectively meta, but I think right. like 4... It, it was like almost 4, they were almost trying so hard to do it whereas one it's just it was it the was writing's a lot more it was efficient over meditating itself that it became like this comedic satire of meta well dude they they did like the fucking black christmas remake where they had like 19 endings it was pretty funny but anyways i didn't, I didn't think that the i i don't know I, i've always thought scream one was just like the most i always thought it had like the most like moments of meta for me well yeah because it's the it's the the film that's setting all the rules and it's you know and it's the film that's breaking it's i mean when you have a start of course it has to like, be the most meta right so all the rules feel like oh not afterthoughts but they feel like they don't matter as much in any of the other films um well because it's all reference to the first film anyways it's like okay now you know, we're taking these roles, but then they get broken in this sequel, and then this is what happens in the third one, and it's just all referencing referencing the first movie is essentially what it's but, doing over and over again, right? So, yeah. But I feel like the meta-ness of, like, the other films, it's not just about the roles. Like, it's about just cinema in general. It's about... Yeah, I guess so. You know, it's about, like, they're making fun of sequels, or, you know, of like... It, it, it's It's so fucking, like, more meta than the first. Like, it mm. goes so extra meta. Me- meta. 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 <laughs> uh, the big glaring hole on that meta list for me is Blair Witch 2, which yeah. is definitely a top ten for me. It's probably because the movie wasn't liked whoever did that blog, so... Yeah. Blair, Blair Witch 2 is... Um, not only is it um underrated but like the meta stuff in it even if you cast aside like what you feel about the actual movie the meta stuff is like actually really smart and cool i'm sure one of the prerequisites for doing a list like that was movies that they like so but i do understand what you're saying (laughs) yeah but yeah so that is um what about there's something out there predates scream there's nothing out there (laughs) yeah I guess that works. Yeah, you don't like that one? You don't think it's meta? No, it is. It definitely is. Yeah. I mean, there's oh, really, there's honestly lots of like Man Bites Dog. I mean, it's, def- it's definitely fucking meta. Mm-hmm. Like, that was done in the early '90s and shit. So, but you know, but obviously not as known. I mean, like I said before, Scream is such a popular film that everyone associates that 
the meta film with Scream. So, but there is other ones out there, and that is knowledge. <laughs> All right, so moving along here into some Bob box office brawl. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. We're just gonna do a quick little recap of what I honestly don't remember, so I actually need a recap here. What are we bobbing this week, dude? I don't remember where we left off, but <laughs> I will just go. I will go through the last two, I guess. Um, Fantasy Island, uh, Mood said 9.6, I said 12.5, and Box Office Mojo said 15. <laughs> I actually won that one to get my first point on the board. Um, what, and then the what, So what was it then? It was 12.3. And you what guessed what? 12.5. Damn, dude, that was pretty fucking good, man. Yeah. Uh, the Boy 2... Um, uh, Moods guessed seven point seven. I, I, Jeremy guessed six. I guessed seven point five. Oh. It was five point eight. You guessed seven point five. You fucker. Yeah. Um, and then Invisible Man. Um, I guessed seventeen point five. Uh, Jeremy guessed twenty one point five. Or sorry, Moods guessed seventeen point five. Jeremy guessed twenty one point five. I guessed twenty one. Um, and then. It hasn't obviously. It's still the weekend, but it, I believe it had. What's it projected? It's trending for twenty two. So again, Jeremy probably spot on. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, no, you mean box office mojo is spot on again as yeah. usual. Yeah, fucking exactly. cheap motherfucker. Uh, so the score <laughs> all is over twenty moods, bucks. Moods three, Jeremy three, me one. Oh, so I'm tied with the Jew. Oh, <sighs> dude, it's so sickening. It's so sickening. I, I he's cheating so hard. Yep, he definitely is cheating. It's Over twenty fun. fucking dollars. Well, in my case, yeah. thirty-three. <laughs> uh. All right, that's not cool. But no. anyways, yeah. So I guess we'll see with Invisible Man. I had no idea, dude. I was like, this movie's gonna do either really bad or really good. So I was just like, uh. Oh I God. did this thing where I guessed like, 20 million, but I wanted to be higher than everybody. So I was like, let me go 21 million. And I still ended up lower. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, Jeremy's probably gonna be right on that because it's getting good reviews. So I imagine people are going to see it. So, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate for me because I obviously have the lowest and that is box office brawl. <laughs> And now, our feature presentation. Yo, who this? Yo, Moods, it's your boy, the ill-mented funky child, calling you to remind you that the featured reviews on this episode contain spoilers. Aw, yeah, man, that's right, brother. Thanks for the heads up, player. Now go back to being an unproductive asshole. Fuck you. I tell your listeners to stop being so dumb, silly, sensitive. Yeah. Alrighty, so getting into the featured reviews here on episode 178. This is a Patreon franchise show. 
uh, from Jesus Christ. I did it again. <laughs> so bad. Do you remember who Patreon this? No, I don't. Okay. So we are assholes once again. Sorry for forgetting your name, but thank you for Patreoning um, the Scream franchise. They also Patreon the Omen franchise. So that is a later show, or that show's actually coming up pretty quick, I think. Yeah, next month. Next month. So we're back on the whole franchise kick, which is pretty cool. Um, this is actually, you know, it's actually a rather small franchise, to be honest. Four films. Kind of like it, though. I mean, because each one of these films is like, two hours long it's actually quite a bit of prep involved for four movies it's crazy yeah um, I, you know what i started early this time normally i wait till like the day or two before i started early early in the week and i blew through like all 40s within like two days yeah i did them in two days i watched the first two on wednesday and then two yesterday so i think it's yeah, probably the same. best way to do it i would not want to watch all four of these in one day i think that just might be overload of Lacey, didn't you do that um, I was going to, but I watched uh, one and two yesterday, and uh, then um, I watched three and four today. Yeah, I think that's like I just it. got to three, and I was just like, "Man, I'm going to bed." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, of course, uh, yeah. Um, the first film from 1996, of course, directed by Wes Craven. I'm not going to say it every time because they are all directed by Wes Craven. Uh, very rare feat in franchise territory. Very. Yeah. Actually. Is there another franchise where the someone... only one that did was Phantasm, but they dropped the ball on the fifth one? I don't know so any the, other one so that the, has four that has the entire franchise directed by one person. I don't think there is any because Phantasm was that franchise with Coscarelli with the first four, and then yeah, he was on set for the fifth one the whole time, but he doesn't have a directing credit. Even Hatchet. The right. third one was not directed by Adam Green. Right. I always forget that. That's the weird one. That's the best one. No, I'm saying it's the weird franchise because, like, it. Oh just no, no, I know what you meant. I just wanted to throw like it. That's it. the best one because I thought someone was going to be like, "Fuck you, you're so dumb." <laughs> I haven't seen three. I've only seen the first two. Daniel Harris wasn't very happy when I handed her my Hello or my Hatchet three DVD sign. She's like, "I'm like, you really don't care for this movie that much." She's like, "I didn't have a role in it." <laughs> so pissed off about it. I'm like, yeah, you did. It's better than Hannah and your Hatchet One DVD. But she, yeah, ex- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> that'd be amazing. All right, so yeah, from 1996, Scream. Quick little synopsis here. Yeah, uh, a year after the murder of her mother, a teenage girl is terrorized by a, a new killer who targets the girl and her friends by using horror films as part of the deadly game. Uh. Yeah, man, 1996, all of a sudden came this meta-style film a couple years after Craven's New Nightmare. And, you know, I mean, really at this time in the 90s, horror, like mainstream studio horror films were fucking done. Like even New Nightmare, I didn't think really did great. But Mm-mm. we know that, you know, the studios were not really making horror films. So it is a little bit of a surprise that this movie got the budget it did and, you know, basically became what it is because like i said there just weren't being made at the time so this was kind of a surprise but not only that it was such a success and stuff but you know just the fact that it well it, a lot of it what had it to do what it was it's funny because like craven didn't even want to do this film yeah like exactly. he had no interest in it yeah. he read it as more of I, I, some people did but 
you know, I think he was thinking it was a little more comedic than it ended up being um, intended. And uh, the reason that this got the budget that it did really was honestly because of the script. Like, it was very hot in Hollywood. There was like six studios bidding on the script um, after Williamson started shopping it around. Like, it, it, sometimes you hear stories of like, oh, we didn't think the movie was going to be a hit, and then it was this runaway success. Like, I think a lot of people thought this definitely could be a hit Well, um, when they were reading the script. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, for the time, especially for the time, because like I said, these movies were not being made I mean, good movies, horror movies were not being made in the 90s. But yeah, that script was definitely a lot different and shit like that. But, you know, they they took the script. And I can just imagine what the casting director saw in this. They're like, well, I'm going to take this to the set of Dawson's Creek and fucking Party of Five and 902. Like, just to every fucking hot show at the time and shit. And just snatch up everybody and, you know, put them on the screen and stuff. But Well, actually, Dawson's Creek didn't exist at this time. You know what I mean. You know what? I'm just using that as an example. Well, well I, no, because this, this film is what got Kevin Williamson his big break. And uh, he obviously wrote Dawson's Creek. And that's how he got success. And that was from this film. So when did Dawson Creek actually come out then? Uh, I think. Yep. Like, okay. Yeah, see, I, yeah. I, never, I never watched the shows, right? So, I mean, obviously, a lot, a lot of these people and stuff are familiar from all these type of shows, but but I was just using that as an example. It was like all these kind yeah, of but popular heads. It, it, it was ironic because he actually ended up writing Dawson's Creek, Kevin Williams. <laughs> so it makes sense. Is. Yeah. Yeah, and, but what no, year, I what just. What year did because... Party of Five come out? Uh, I think it was like 94, yeah. maybe 95. Yeah, so there like we go. Yeah, so I mean, so okay, I replace that shit with that shit. Yeah, we got. <laughs> and then, but then created party of yeah, it created fucking Dawson's Creek. Whatever, you know what I mean. But, but uh, yeah, the it's, two. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm just, the, the two elements yeah, that go got Wes Craven. I'm sorry. Um, to come on board was because um, he kept saying no. They asked him like multiple times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the two things that got him to come on was that uh, Drew Barrymore. Um, showed interest as the lead of Sydney, and um, the second was some little kid told him he was going too soft and that he needed to make a kick-ass film. Yep, he was at a convention and he, uh, this little kid came up to him. Uh, I think he said he was like 11 years old, and mm-hmm. he was like, you know, I'm a big fan and stuff of this stuff you did in the 70s and 80s, but like you haven't made a kick-ass film in a long time. You've you've gone soft. And Wes Craven said that just stuck with him. And he was like, damn, he's like, vampire in Brooklyn was soft, man. I thought that shit was hardcore, you know? <laughs> he's like, it, motherfucking had, it had Eddie Murphy, man. It was hardcore. But if you think about it, dude, he went from last house on the left in the hills have eyes t- to vampire in Brooklyn, which I like. See, this, kid, this kid's whack as fuck, soft. man. This kid's whack as fuck, man. He just came off a new nightmare, which I like. But then he also did shocker a couple years before. And, you know, people under the stairs and shit. I'm like, is it, did this kid just not see those movies? I think he was probably referencing... Like The like Sound of Music? Thing sound. <laughs> Maybe. Was sound, Maybe. Of, was sound of Music before this? No, I think it was after. Was, after. was yeah, it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, look, look, I love, I love uh, people under the stairs as much as the next guy. Um, but I think that, I, I, you know, I see where the kid's coming from a little bit, you know? Uh, but anyway, yeah, that that signed him on, and and like Lacey said, Drew Barrymore was originally 
um, slated to play Sydney. I think up until like very late pre-production. So what um, is what actually? I, I remember I remember them talking about it in the documentaries and stuff. But what is the story? Because yeah, Drew Barrymore was, was it interested scheduling in conflict. I think no, I, uh, no, she um, no, she just decided that she did not want to play the lead. It was like uh, two weeks before or six weeks before they were supposed to shoot it, I believe. And um, she said it would work better. Happening? As you know, with her status yeah. dying in the openings, it would be, it'd be yeah, so shocking. Which was she, genius. I it thought was she psycho. Had it really it. was. So yeah. it was her idea just to switch the roles mm-hmm. and they have the star die because, at the end of the film. Because she knew, yeah, she was the highest build or and most known actress, so nobody oh, would have expected down, yeah. it. Yeah. It worked perfectly, too, because nobody did expect it. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of weird casting stuff with this film. I mean, first of all, the fact that everybody's super old and they're playing teenagers for the most part is hilarious, which Craven's no stranger to because he he did that in Elm Street, too. Um, But also, like, um, Stu uh, Matthew Lillard originally read for Billy. um, And then, like, Actually, funny enough, um, originally they were looking at David Arquette for Billy as well, which is just oh, hilarious. Lord. Hilarious. And he's like, yeah. I was a little too old for that. I was going to say, with Matt. Jesus. Well, we can laugh about it now because he wasn't Billy because goddamn. <laughs> well, Matthew Lillard was actually, um, they were casting for Scream and he was there with his girlfriend to cast for another film. And the casting director seen him in the hallway, and she was like, "I want you to come in and read. You you seem like the type of person that we want for this film." Hmm. So that's yeah. How he there's got- there's some very interesting casting stuff with this movie, um, but yeah, it was very different. You know, they went. We hadn't at the time. Like you might get like one known actor to be in your horror film, usually before they're known, and then like afterwards, you know, that people are like, oh, they remarket it. Like, remember when Leprechaun uh, was re-released on a different VHS cover, and they had Jennifer Aniston in the background. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. but in the original cover, it was just uh, Warwick Davis like opening the door. Like, mm-hmm. you see that a lot, but you never like at this time you weren't really seeing a lot of like known. And let's face it, horror is for teens. Like teens eat up horror. That's that's, you know, the thriving audience of horror films. When horror films do good, it's not usually because all the horror fans go see. It's because it captures the mainstream's attention and teens go see them. And I think that you know these shows, which I wasn't familiar with at the time, I was only five years old when this movie came out. Um, but I think that like you know to to get these names in it was a huge risk but also uh and a game changer really because after that you started seeing a lot more names in horror films um especially the teen ones but even in general it gave more credibility to horror to put uh bigger names into it that they can be box office success success and this film came out in fucking december dude like one of the worst times for horror films to come out christmas yeah yeah i must like i remember actually when i when i went to see this in the theater and I was like fucking shocked that like Courtney Cox was in this movie as this reporter. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is she's fucking a bitch. <laughs> well, it's crazy because like she was on like you know one of the biggest sitcoms at the time and Friends and shit. I'm like, this is fucking nuts, right? Like this casting is crazy. And like I've always been kind of like that person where I, when I see big names in in horror films, I'm like, ah, fuck. Like the casting kind of throws me off a little bit, but. That I mean, it, it, it kind of worked oddly with her in this. It's kind of strange, but to get her is insane. 
Like, I, actually, what is the story with that? Did she come in to read or did, did they come to her? They actually weren't going to cast her. They said she was too nice. Uh, she <laughs> came in to read and, um, yeah, like, they weren't, they were not going to cast her like, because just, of, she, of her character on Friends. I just find it so crazy because, like, she's making a million dollars an episode at this time on Friends and she's, like, going and she's, you know, going to do this fucking, like, slasher film. Like, that's crazy to me, man. Yeah, they said they had so many people that wanted to be a part of this, and you know it obviously blew up even more for the sequel. But originally, like they were going to cast Brecken Meyer as Randy, mm-hmm. and uh, Rebecca Gayhart actually auditioned for uh, Tatum, and you know it's kind of funny she's in the sequel. And then um, I was watching the uh, outtakes, and it was kind of funny because obviously Child's Play three is my thing. The main actor that was in that actually test read as Billy with Sydney, so I thought that was kind of cool. Mm. Yeah, so that script must have made its rounds. In, oh like, yeah, it was everywhere. Two- there was like four or five, I think five, stu- five or six studios that were bidding on it. Um, and Dimension, or uh, actually the Weinstein company, Miramax, uh, yeah. wanted to. They were creating the Dimension films. You know, they picked up Hellraiser and Children of the Corn and Halloween, mm-hmm. and they were that was going to be like sort of their genre label. Uh, and they, they, you know, I, I think they gave Williamson like four hundred thousand for the script. Yeah, which, That's which seems like fucking pennies. But Williamson was living in his like car practically, and like, like broke as hell, yeah, and, like yeah. three months behind on his rent and stuff like that. And he had, uh, you know, really been trying to break in. He tried as an actor at first, but then it, he started script writing. Um, and he loved horror films. He had this idea to make the horror films like self-referential and like because I mean even a lot of the meta stuff that came before this um, because like we mentioned there are meta films that came before this but it was never in the way like this where you never see people in horror movies n- know about horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they it, never it, it takes place anything. in a world where all the horror movies actually happen and they yeah it's taking place like knows of them too it's taking place in the audience's world because we know about these films that they're referencing and shit and like and they they definitely reference a lot of motherfucking movies it makes sense it makes sense given kevin williams's age he was born 65 so he probably when he was trying to break in and growing up you know he watched all like the slashers of the 80s so it makes sense that when he goes to write something it's because I back when I first saw Scream, I was 16, uh, mood same age, obviously. And I came away with it initially that it was a satire on the slasher genre because how meta it was and with the comedic elements. Well, it actually uh, is, I, but it's a serious I, yeah, satire, I, though. It's it's serious, but it's but there's a lot of satirical content mm-hmm. in the way a lot of the characters almost it's like they're part you you have your fans of like horror movies you know but then you also like a lot of them are very like uh what can i say almost like naysay about like you know they a lot of the characters are gonna find the the slasher movies of the 80s like almost corny almost it's it's almost like this is a new generation we're past that kind of stuff you know that's what the previous generation was for and we're we're beyond that, and then what do you know? You're in a slasher movie, getting murdered after all. So, mm-hmm. I, so I always I thought of it as a satire uh, when I initially saw it. And I 
I still think it is part satire. Well, it is. It, it is a satire, but Scream is one of those movies that manages to balance, you know, the mm-hmm. satire with the seriousness to the point where the movie doesn't even come off as like a true satire because there's, there's obviously comedy in it, but it doesn't overwhelm the seriousness of the actual narrative, right? Uh-huh. Except for even though even though Ghostface is like the goofiest fucking slasher killer of all time, the guy's like the clumbiest. It doesn't matter who's wearing that mask in all four of these movies. It's like the same clumsy, goofy fucking killer, man. It's like totally yeah. bizarre. It's so well, it's bizarre. a real person. I that, know, like, but the funny thing is though, like, okay, there's different people wearing this. Co- there's different killers in every in every film, but no matter mm. who's wearing that ghost face. In that robe, they are fucking trippy. They're all over the place. They're clumsy. They're falling through windows. It's like fucking ridiculous. It's so funny to me, actually. But I've always said this. No, I get what you're saying. It does feel like it's the same person each time because they their movements. It's all the the same same. movements. But I've always liked the ghost face killer and the way that it's portrayed, even though it doesn't make sense that everybody would have the same mannerisms and stuff like that. Right. Um, I have always liked that it always felt like a regular person in the costume and not some sort of force of nature. Like it, it almost like it feels well, like Ghostface is not invincible. Like it, it, like it feels like they can actually get away from them, uh, get away from Ghostface because it's it's just a regular dope in there that's like a high school kid well, yeah, or. Because- uh, or an ant when from he swings a sitcom. A, yeah, when he swings and misses with a knife, he goes flying through a fucking window. Like, what kind of killer? <laughs> yeah, like, or, right? or when too much help shows up, he has to bail. Because it's not like Jason where he's just going to take out hell of people yeah. at once. It's like, right. oh shit, but, I got to run out of here. The but fun I mean, thing about Ghostface is that the buildups to the moments where he... It's not when he's like stalking them or slashing them. It's the like like almost like Hannibal Lecter-esque conversations that happened before on the phones yeah yeah it's definitely one of the coolest angles about the film though is the whole the whole voice now right? you don't normally get the slasher killer talking that's what I'm saying to yeah. the victim for t- 10 minutes before the the kill you yeah. know it's it's usually like I mean this uh, movie literally show up and slash you know brought the whole meta angle to people's forefront to their attention but it also gave the killer literally a voice it's kind of strange oh, yeah. right it's yeah, kind of which, strange how I they mean, did it I mean Freddy had a voice like he's the one we think of mm-hmm. you know what I mean um cool. The cool thing about the voice is that, um, you know, Roger Jackson, um, as the actors are hearing him, like, they never see what he looks like at all. So, like, they literally just knew his voice. They, like, didn't even know who Roger Jackson was till like, the third or fourth movie. Really? Like, That's they fine. never, like, see, yeah. That's a good way to like, do it. They, because they wanted to, it to be more authentic and feel like you're actually talking to this creep, you know? Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Did, did they did they use a different actor in part four? No, it, it sounded Jackson. slightly different to me. Yeah, too. it could be just age, but I, I, just, I, I never noticed it. So I watched yeah, it. Yeah, I, I well, agree, but it's definitely age. It is fifteen years later after the first movie, so yeah, yeah, probably the voice changed a little bit for sure. Yeah, I actually yeah, did notice to, that too. He so. used to do the movie trailers, right? Yeah, as well, yeah, my yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. In he a has world. a very good voice. Distinct. No, he does. Um, like, dude, that, man, I, like, 
I mean, Lacey, you said this is your favorite movie, um, favorite mm-hmm. horror movie. This is this was number three on my uh, top fifty that we did. It was my number three of all time. Uh, the only two ahead of it are Texas Chainsaw being my number one and uh, Elm Street three being my number two. But the the this guy loves this way, franchise. The way that and, and 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 hey, this you know this film is you know no, don't worry about the ratings it's already in the hall baby so it doesn't matter what the ratings are but um this film the the very freaking opening with just like the voice and how like it comes off like you know flirty and like then it just like you hang this phone up again i'll gut you like a pit like it's just holy fuck it, it it still works for me perfect this this opening scene is the best opening scene in horror history for me it just doesn't get any better like the from the very beginning of it all the way till the you know credit sequence it's just a masterpiece in uh not only writing but the actual way that it's shot um the the trivia angle the voice like it's just it's just an amazing amazing scene yeah no i i completely agree um yeah the opening for me um obviously like what drew me and like the first time i was watching it as being a young horror fan and you know knowing about like halloween and talking about nightmare on Elm street and obviously i knew who wes craven was as a nine-year-old you know and um to have him make fun of um you know the 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 other nightmare on elm streets well the first one was but the rest sucked you know like it, yeah I, like i well, just loved it and i was playing along the trivia i was like i wouldn't die you know like yeah and then I, you said and then you said jason and then they're like wrong and you're like i seen that movie 20 fucking times <laughs> it was yeah. jason and then they're like no then you should know that it was mrs Voorhees in the original jason didn't come until the sequels and then you're like fuck man you're like <laughs> he's it's right so, it's so good that was a true like, question uh, <laughs> um I remember I saw this movie in, you know, probably 97 because it came out late 96. Uh, as soon as it hit VHS and me and my cousin watched it and I, when they were saying like, you know, the one with the finger knives and stuff, Oh, Freddie. Yeah. I was like, what? even as like a six year old, it was, it was like blowing my mind. I was like, they're talking about, this movie that I watch. This watched. movie that I love because <laughs> yeah. I, I've I was watching Elm Street and Friday since I was born pretty much, and um, they were always my favorites. So it was just so cool to see it. And and Scream was the first horror film that I seen that was new for me. Like I'd already I had only seen stuff that had came out in the eighties, uh, and that was the first one that was like, wow, this is for me, and it and and it's new. And it was scary, and you know, I, I've, I, there was one summer where me and my cousin um, watched it like hundreds of times. Like we literally played it over and over and over again, like like all day long, all night long. We were staying up all night watching Scream. Like we could quote this movie by the by the end of that summer. And uh, it's, I think that it's such a unique and cool movie, especially for the time. Uh, even like the stuff that, cause there are some minor flaws with it that, you know, um, especially come with the sequels, but it's kind of r- a little ridiculous, you know? Yeah. I, even to this day, you can't really tell like who, you know, like moods was kind of alluded, alluded to, like, there's really no way to tell who's who, you know what I mean? Is there ever two of them dressed up as ghost face sometimes? Like, ha, ha, you know, 
How, you ever how, watch how the you... movie and be like, okay, so I want uh, which one, like in the first movie, which which person was it? Billy was it? Uh, fucking what's his name? You know what? I think I narrowed Did it he... down. Like as I was watching who it on this, I, I even there the is first some kills. It, I never had any doubt that Billy was involved somehow, but the surprise that there was a second killer. But, but how is that true, Mike? Because. By the time that they arrest Billy, you're telling me you still thought he was in, in but yeah, but yes, because every shot of him, he was every, well, yeah, it could have been a red herring. It was too obvious, like, like, oh, they're definitely not going to make that guy the killer because, because people say that all the time. And I'm like, no, dude, like you're telling me you actually, you like, if you, if you did think he was involved then you were actually dumb because it was too obvious that he was involved. So well, who did I, you I think, think was the killer on your first watch? Who are you asking me? Everybody. <laughs> well, I've I've already said this before. I had no idea when I first watched this movie, but it's funny because when you watch this movie for the very first time, like I had no idea. I really didn't have a fucking clue. But when you rewatch the movie, you see how it plays out and you're like, holy fuck, man. They well, were the scene for me that always is like a huge, awesome moment is when they're in the video store and Stu is like kind of resting on Billy's back. And I'm just like, oh, it's just so obvious those two are fucking the killers working together now. But I, I don't think you would ever guess that. Uh, no, I never I, guessed no. Stu was any part of anything. I always thought – I thought Billy I, – I, I wasn't 100% sure he was the killer, but he always – it felt like either A, they were setting him up as the biggest red herring – Throughout the whole movie, yeah, because he or, is sinister. Like, that, that's what I was alluding yeah, at. Like every, every shot of him, every look on his. But face. not only that, Mike. The characters are literally telling you it's Billy. Like Randy is like, dude, that guy got serial killer written all over him. So it is yeah. super I, obvious. But you think they would never do that because it's super obvious. This is the and fucking. That's really the whole joke of it. That's it. the whole point of doing that, though. They're literally yeah. alluding that it's Billy the whole time on purpose because as an audience viewer, you're, you're sitting there going, there's no fucking way that they're ever going to have Billy as the killer because they've been every red herring, every fucking every scene, every and the very first person you see after the opening murder of Drew Barrymore's character is fucking Billy. Right? Yeah. Like and, it, and he's and he's yeah. like. He's like crazy from the moment. He's like, yeah, I was watching The Exorcist, you know, like there's like obvious moments, also, too. Like there's obvious it, moments it, at, if, the at the house party, man, when fucking when uh, Rose McGowan gets killed and shit, you know, fucking Stu's at the door and all of a sudden Billy comes flying in out of breath and shit. And you're like, you know, like upon for, during the first watch, you're like, OK, he was just, you know, running around, whatever. Maybe it's him, but it can't be because they've been alluding to it the entire time. But then it turns out it actually is him. So upon rewatch, you're like, this is fucking ridiculous, man. They were throwing it in our face the entire movie, yeah. but it was done here's on the thing. purpose, though. If, if they do that with all the other movies as well. I think in the first one, it's a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, honestly, in the third one, which we'll get to, but I don't know. The narrative <laughs> listen, in that movie is, oh, my God. If but, you actually did make Billy the killer, right, and yeah. just Billy, people would have felt like, oh, seriously, it was him the whole time. I guarantee you people would have felt that way. But when you add the fact that there's a second killer, it automatically heightens it, and you don't feel like it's a cheap cheap reveal because you're like wow okay it i definitely did but you actually that, have to have the second sense. you actually have to well, yeah, yeah, the way the narrative that's, because, that's, what, that's yeah. what i was saying that like i thought that the clues that billy well billy was the killer like i said it was either gonna be the biggest red herring or to me it seemed like they were setting up but the fact that there was a second killer like almost flipped everything 
on its head because it's like holy shit like that's a really cool angle on it the fact that he had someone else helping him it's one well, thing i love about the red herrings in this movie. like everybody is a it's, everything's a red herring man i mean they, they go so as far as to make the fucking dad one like a suspect and shit and i'm like yeah the fucking principal <laughs> like everybody man it's it's crazy it's just like the hell down fucking west craven could have been the killer dude the freddy outfit yeah the thing with Stu is um you know he's sitting there and like he has his uh, alibi of the night casey was killed supposedly when you know, they're sitting there and he was like, she's like, Stu was with me last night. And then Randy specifically says, was that, uh, before, before or after, after you sliced and diced, like he's throwing it back. Like it could still happen. You could have done it before or after. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, I mean, it, it is very like in your face and like, you can just see the look on their faces at that time. Cause he's like, nobody said you did. He's like, I didn't kill anybody. Yeah, and that, but that dialogue is smart because I mean, Randy knows what's going on he because he's seen this movie before yeah yeah right i like that the way they throw it out there it's yeah every, Randy everything is us. everything is so intentional like he's seen everything he knows what's going on and shit which you know like leading into part two when when he ends up getting killed it just bugs the shit out of me too i'm like fuck he he knows this movie he knows what's gonna happen he should know that he's going to die right now kind of thing right that always kind of bugged me because it works so good in the first film where he's just throwing it out to you and it's like bang on bang on bang on right so. I think the I think the the opening and ending to this film are just so good, especially the you know, once you're like, dude, it's pretty psychotic. Like the way that they you know start stabbing each other and, and things like that, and the dialogue is some of the best dialogue in the film. You know, uh, movies don't create psychos; movies make psychos more creative. And and you know, this these days, there's got to be a sequel and stuff. Like it's just it's. I, I can watch that end scene like over and over again. They're they're so the the chemistry between all three of them really. But uh, Stu is at his and Stu is a really fun character too because he's like ADHD pretty much. You know what I mean? He's just like like just his mannerisms and and his character is is really fun. Um, I think everybody was in terms of like actual likability performance. Everybody was cast fantastically mm-hmm. the only problem the, is they the all only, look old as fuck yeah i think the only <laughs> yeah. person i think the only person and and it's totally the way she is in like pretty much everything that she's been in like it's just the way she acts but rose mcgowan is just so awkward in this movie all the time if you watch her really? and the way she delivers her lines and shit she's very very awkward and stuff but but that's the way she is in like every movie if you've that's ever how she is in real life yeah like she's just yeah. awkward she, like she was like she was a very indie yeah, if you Style notice, actress up to this. Yeah, like point. she'll say something and then she'll kind of like flip her shoulder a little bit and kind of give that little hair. Like it's just the way she actually is. Like she's like that in fucking Death Proof to fucking you know to all those movies that she's in. Man, she's the same. But she's the one that sticks out in this one because like everyone. Too. Yeah, everyone. Is it because kinda, of her nipples? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. That is always, that why she sticks out? Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. That that always. He said it was really cold during that night. Yeah, She's sticking. There's just no way. goddamn way that that fucking that uh, I've, that always bugged me too with the the uh, garage door. The garage door wouldn't go up. Yeah, it can't happen. But it actually it's, a it's movie. Impo- it just can't because her weight is just way <laughs> movie magic. Fun. It's ridiculous, yeah. but it's still a fun kill. But I mean, give me a break. <laughs> right, so. Well, I I have a question for you guys. This yeah. is like the first time like I thought about this as I was watching it. Like I've watched this movie thousands of times, right? And I'd never actually thought about this. 
And so, like, obviously, like, Billy's revealed as a killer, like, but they set up that fake scene of where, you know, Stu is obviously fake stabbing him with, you know, the pig's blood, um, mm-hmm. or the corn syrup pig's blood shirt. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the question, like, and he obviously wants to get away with this, right? Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> my whole thing is, so would he have ended up having to go topless because, you know, Stu stabs him, you know, in the, with, you know, he's stabbed. And so what, what happens to his shirt? Like, so, how would he um, explain Dave that Z, to the cops? Dave Z actually talks about this a lot. He's, oh, really? Yeah. That's his uh, complaint. And what I said was, um, so the, the, he, he has the fake blood on him and what, you know, Dave and other people are asking is, well, when they do like testing on the, those clothed items, they're going to find corn syrup, uh, mm-hmm. on that shirt. For sure. Um, yeah. but re- in reality, like, so what, like, is that, is that the evidence that, that they, you know, well, how is he going to explain them? that? I mean, well, how, how wouldn't you explain it? Like everybody's doing pranks running around with ghost no, face masks right. how and do stuff you, like that. No, how do I'm you telling you how, yeah. I'm telling you right now. Earlier in the film, it was set up. You know, the, the, this part, these people were uh, running around with ghost face masks in the school, acting like killers and stuff like that. Um, so we, you mean we to were tell me but, but, we, but we no, did a gag? No, but, this shit happened at school, and is, he didn't change his shirt. Like what the fuck? No, dude. I'm saying like people were doing gags. Like you can't make fake blood as a gag. You mean at the party itself? Yeah, like everybody, they're watching horror movies, talking about horror movie rules. This person says, I'll be right back. You're telling me someone couldn't, that, that Billy wasn't like participating in some, some you know, fake blood on him or something well, like that. Was there evidence you know? of everyone doing gags there and shit like that? I mean. Well, there's evidence of gags in the movie and they're partying and watching. And what evidence do you need other than gags. fake blood uh-huh. corn syrup? Like I just don't see how it's far-fetched. you know he's gonna honestly. <laughs> it, it's it, you think it's less far-fetched than this giant crime spree that they're try, trying to get. There. <laughs> well, you when you get down to the logistics of evidence and stuff, and the way it's gonna go down in the police's eyes, I mean th- that is gonna be a little bit of a question, man. Yeah, and and we'll be like, we had fake blood for the movie party that so, we were doing. But then they're gonna go look for and where it they mixed real. Then they're gonna go look for what where they mixed and they the will blood probably find it because he had to mix fake blood in order to put it on him yeah but yeah i know but he probably didn't do it at fucking randy's house what? though he probably fucking did it okay but they, there's they still gonna prepared. be a paper trail to it they're still gonna be able to uh, he would be like i didn't that do it randy's house. i brought it with me here you could go back to my house and see he obviously made the fake blood somewhere it's not whether the fake blood is real or not is the question of course it's real he has it on him mm-hmm Okay. (laughs) Um, I have two more uh, questions for you guys. Um, In regards to Gail, uh, when she comes back and she's got the gun or whatever, right? And, you know, she foils the plan and is trying to save the day. Um, And obviously, like, he kicks her. (laughs) Like, he fucking literally, she, like, goes flying. Um, Typical woman doesn't take the fucking safety off, right? Jesus. But but that's but that's the question, that's right? So like, mistake. so she's so she's knocked out, right? Mm-hmm. Or was she not knocked out? Because he says after he knocks her out, it works a lot better with the safety on. And then when she comes back and she's like, I remember the safety that time. Like, so is did she hear him? Was she awake? Like, wow, or a, did she a, just? That's a really good observation, actually, because the way it's played out, that she is knocked out because she's not fucking moving, man. 
I mean, if you're at that moment and you're pointing a gun at somebody and they kick you and you're mm-hmm. not fucking knocked out, you would be moving at some point trying to fight for your life because you re- just re- you realize that you just dropped the gun and they've got it. And, like, if I keep I mean, for your life. So she had to be knocked likely, out. It's a movie mistake, but let's not forget that the person that gets the gun the next time, they're going to remember like, oh shit, I didn't have the safety on the the last time I tried to shoot him. And she could have just been like, I remember the safety that time, you asshole. That's I mean, way it's just ironic that. That's, no, it's yeah. too coincidental to what say What do you mean, too coincidental? To well, say that line I mean, that was dude. said to you when you were passed out? That's totally fucking coincidental, man. But that's isn't ridiculous. that the line you would say? Like, she, isn't that the line you would say? No, like, hey, I'd be like, no, because fuck maybe you, she didn't know. Maybe she didn't fucking know that that's why the gun didn't go off because she fucking went to go fire it. She gets knocked the fuck out. He says that to her. She wakes up. Like, maybe she didn't even know. Maybe she doesn't know anything about guns. She didn't realize like that. Like I said, it's a movie a mistake, but, you know, she it's, might not, have been all it's the not way impossible out. to say the same type of line when of that's course. the one fucking thing you would think to say. But it I, That would not be the first thing I'm thinking to say. Yeah, see, it's, it's it more believable. It probably would be that. the first thing, in, uh, thing I would think to say. I would be like, why oh, didn't the gun so, work? So, oh, so you like, were just uh, knocked your ass out, like, completely. No, I'm saying if I was going to say a witty line... Like a basic ass Brandon joke, I would probably think like, "What is the thing I could say here?" But it's Safety. not witty. First of all, none of us say lines like this in real situations, anyway. You know what I mean? So it, it, nobody's gonna say anything like that it's ever. Not, it's not witty if you don't know why the gun didn't go off. It could have jammed well, for all you knew. Well, it yeah, could have had the safety I mean, off and jammed. That's why it didn't fire. But she got knocked the fuck out. Yeah, and when she, he said, if she didn't know in the first place that the safety dude, she was clearly, on. That's why. Then, but you got to why would she? Why got, would she even reference? You got to put this into perspective, man. She clearly I'm doesn't know how to use guns. No, no, no. She dude, doesn't know how I'm to use guns like, properly because she tried to fire with the safety on. Therefore, she's never yeah, going to say that line. Yeah, and she turns the gun and looks at it. Like, I mean, I don't know what her knowledge of weapons are, and clearly, if she knows what a safety is, or if she knows that's why it was. But I could tell you if i go to shoot a gun and it doesn't click i'm gonna first thing i'm gonna think is is the safety on so i mean i think a lot of people would think that first and then second thing i would think is maybe you know something about guns though for sure yeah like honestly i know nothing about guns i wouldn't know what the fuck a safety is like i wouldn't even know that terminology see this is Mm. a great this is great that we have this contrast right now because okay we know guns we know that obviously if you go to oh fuck the safety's on okay flick shoot the gun where Lacey doesn't have a clue, and then she's looking at the thing going, well, what the fuck is going on? Like, what do I do? Because she would have figured that out if she had known about the safety to begin exactly. with. Exactly. If she had no, pressed the trigger I mean, and it th- didn't fire, she would have clicked the safety off and fucking fired. Like, any normal person that knows guns would have in a second. It only takes a, You don't even have to use your fucking other hand. You just click it off. <laughs> right? She didn't. She didn't know. She clearly did not know yeah, the guns. Yeah, so how did she know after the fact that she, it was the safety? It's just a fuck up in the movie. Well, how it's, did she, It's either I mean, that or she wasn't I, knocked out. Yeah, well, I'm yeah, just saying, like, no, yeah. like, she it, was clearly it, it, knocked I out. I said from the beginning that it's most likely a movie mistake, but it's not impossible that some dude, he fucking, that he, either. He fucking big Super show kicked her, man. <laughs> he gave her a Hulk Hogan <laughs> boot there, man. Like, dude, she flew like eight feet back and hit the wall with her back. <laughs> it landed next to fucking Dewey. Yeah, man. Like, of course she landed right next to Dewey. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's no. I mean, there's no even proof that she was knocked out during that. No, know, there, you're right. There the isn't. That, yeah, that, she 
It would just been a little. She was up. literally like, laying yeah. there like she was dead. So I mean, I don't know if that's. Proof yeah, but she wasn't. Dead. I'm sorry, but like it. No, like I, like I wouldn't be dead. able just to play dead and make my body limp and not move for like at least 15 seconds if I was just discombobulated, kicked. What, like what if you, you would, really, would see what me if moving. You were hurt maybe, she, wind was maybe she was acting. Yeah. No, I, what I'm saying is, if I was kicked that hard and I was still awake, you. I, and that just happened to me. Do you think I would be laying there flat like I'm not moving? I no. Depends I, if you're smart or not and know somebody has a gun and can kill you. She oh, could have been woozy enough to where she wasn't. I mean, it's not like her. we've never seen this happen multiple t- times in this franchise where people pre- play dead. I, I mean, just, she's kind of good at it. <laughs> I'm like you. She you has, know JP. Once she got kicked, <laughs> she she had her safety on, so that's why she wasn't moving. She had her body no, safety the real, on. The real they fucking question. Moving. Yeah, the real fucking question here is: in the opening scene with uh, Drew Barrymore, mm-hmm. Casey's mm-hmm. character, Drew. How like who? Okay, seriously, who in the fuck pops a Jiffy Pop inside their house? <laughs> I got a question. Like, it's, it's literally bought for camping. Mean popcorn, dude. Oh. I've popped Jiffy Pop on the stove mad times. In really? My life, so. I've never even seen Fuck someone yeah. do that. that that's shit like is common yeah, that's a thing. Here, it's literally one of those things around here where it's like those are only bought for like lazy camping popcorn. <laughs> like, it's just... basically foreign now. Yeah. Like it's. Yeah, yeah. Like, past, like, but... Stuff. but when I was a kid, that was something we did a lot. Like we, we really liked the Jiffy Pop, crazy. Yeah, see, I'd never like it was either the hot air or oiled ones, or if you had Jiffy Pop, it was By just bought way, specifically for camping. If you like didn't want to bring out a pot and oil or whatever, but yeah. it's just, um, I just, it's weird to see someone doing that on a stove. I just always thought it was funny. It was credit, credit to Wes Craven and and Kevin Williamson because that Jiffy Pop is not just a, uh, you know prop for the movie you know that oh she's eating popcorn and watching movies it's actually adds to tension because subconsciously the camera keeps cutting back to that popcorn growing bigger yeah, and you know that's fire hazard yeah it creates it creates an unnerving because um you as an audience member are subconsciously like worried about that popcorn of too course, of course um genius uh that that that's I a think, great technique i think the uh i think my favorite part in the opening scene which is, you know, it's all really good. It's really, really well done. I think it would make, like, one of the greatest short films of all time, actually, to be honest. Like, 13, 14 minutes of pure bliss. Right. It's great. But I think my favorite part is when the parents come home and the mom picks up the phone to call the police. I thought you were going to say she's, like, all happy about her flowers. No, no, no. <laughs> when she, she, obviously, there's a fucking problem here, right? So she picks up the phone to call the police and shit. And, of course, uh, uh, Casey has the phone in her hand. And she can fucking hear her yeah. on the other line. And exactly. she's being dragged. She's being dragged to, you know, essentially get hung. But, like, you can hear her and, like, you're just so helpless because, like, where the fuck is she, right? Mm-hmm. It's crazy, man. That's that's really attention. But and just, she's just like, dancing. mom. Yeah, like, man. You can hear like, her say mom. Yeah. But you, can't, you can't even call because in those days it was one line, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, th- that this movie was submitted to the MPAA seven times before it got um, approved. And I don't, I've never thought of a scream as overly gory uh, ever, 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 ever. Yeah. And I know that there is an uncut K 
Canadian release. Um, I believe the Laserdisc is as well that has extra gore in it. It's never been released other than that Canadian um, VHS, I think, and also the Laserdisc. Is it where it shows Steve's guts falling out? Is it not on the Canadian Blu-ray too? No, I, I think that's on the regular edition, right? Don't you see Steve's guts falling out? Uh, no, that was it. Was what it was? What was cut from? I think you see it now, maybe on like the Blu-ray, possibly. Yeah. Well, there's a, apparently um, an uncut version that shows more. Um, that's a Canadian release. Yeah, I've got the I've got the VHS and the and the Canadian Blu-ray. So, but it's been. I mean, obviously, it's been a long time since I've watched the tape, <laughs> so I don't remember. Yeah, and it's not all of the Canadian releases. It's a specific one. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I honestly don't remember. It's been 20 years since I watched that plus. Like, um, one of the things that they also did was, uh, you know, when he's looking for Sydney at the end. Um, this this is just shit that I noticed on this watch. Like, I don't know why I never watched, noticed these things, like, on the other thousand views. But um, when he's looking for her and he's, like, ripping up pillows, like, thinking she's going to be hidden in one of those little pillows and, like, the feathers are everywhere, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, and, dude, like, he's just going nuts. But it, it, it looks cool because of the blood and the feathers are sticking to him well, and shit. Yeah, well, yeah. this is where awesome. I... I, I so, like, at the end, like, he still has these feathers, right? Like, as they're having their final attack at the end. And by the end, like, even though they're not, like, he, you can see him clearly laying down. And he's got feathers. And then, like, when Courtney Cox comes back in and he jumps up or whatever, he has no fucking feathers. Yeah, you're I right. Didn't, I don't know that. Like, I, that no feathers. That's right. He forgot to take the safety off. That's why. Like so. they're not, they're not <laughs> even laying on the. But th- there's not even feathers around him. Period. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. Like I mean, I love this movie yeah. more than anybody. But like these are just things that I'm noticing on well, this. That's the watch. thing, man. When you watch a movie like a hundred times, you're gonna start noticing like little, you know, production and continuity errors. I'm the worst with continuity. Editing. I never noticed. Jeremy notices that shit on first watch sometimes. I don't notice that shit ever. I it bugs me. I watch. I notice it in a lot of films, and I'm just like, oh my god, because it's the most unimportant bullshit. I I think my <laughs> most no bothersome part was uh, why does Tatum have two twin? Or why does she have two twin beds? Like so, for when a friend comes over, like I don't know, like do they have another sister? I did. Know you about? did really notice I, I some did pretty trivial up, stuff here. I had two here. twin beds. Um, in my in my room. Did you have a brother? No. I mean, I had a brother, but he didn't live with me or come. Like, were you maybe married in the 1950s when they slept apart in twin beds or something? Maybe, no, it maybe was actually, you know what it was? They were bunk sleepovers. beds at one point. Okay, that makes I had a more... really huge fucking room. Oh, that makes and sense. And yeah. we, just, we just took them down because I didn't really fuck with the bunk beds. And um, Why did you have bunk beds? Like, that's because, even kind uh, of my grand, my My mother's boyfriend's dad had like 14 grandkids and bought every one of them a bunk bed for for like christmas or something one year i don't know you have an answer for everything (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah. but yeah i had bunk beds um it was pretty cool actually i used to you know what i used to do on them i used to play tremors (laughs) i would pretend that i was like they were rocks and i would like climb on dressers and shit and like throw like fake bombs down to blow up the graboids and shit. 
<laughs> you guys ever notice, like in the uh, in the party scene towards the end and shit? There's a scene where it kind of focuses in on the TV a little bit, and you can see right on top. There's a Clerks VHS on there. Yeah, I, I just yeah. noticed that. Yeah, there's too, a yeah. Clerks poster in the video store too. Yeah, yeah, but I, the tape uh, is pretty cool because it's kind of blurred out, but you can totally see that it's a Clerks. I think that's cool. It was uh, um, Miramax. Yeah, so, well, exactly. I mean, that's why they end up doing their their ridiculous little cameo in the third one. Well, because they were filming Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it only um, made sense. So, yeah, one involved. of my favorite moments of the entire film that just I think is one of the most genius things ever done on screen is whenever Randy's character is watching Halloween. Saying Jamie, Jamie behind yes. you, yes, and Ghostface is—he's the audience telling uh, Jamie Lee Curtis using her real name, not the movie name. Jamie behind you, and at the same time, us as an audience is thinking Jamie, Jamie Kennedy behind you. Like it is fucking—I don't like that worked perfectly. That his name was. Jamie. It really did. That—that that is some genius level, high level fucking. Uh, but they couldn't have known that until it happened, though, because I don't cast. think they wrote yeah. that until it happened. Yeah, you know, until they got Jamie Kennedy on in the film. Um, a couple of things. Um, yeah, couple was, of, uh, we mentioned yeah. some auditions um, <laughs> for because many people were up for this role. How about Freddie Prince Jr. auditioned for the role of Stu? <laughs> Could you imagine that? Oh, no, fuck, fuck Freddie Prince Jr. All. That guy's absolutely <laughs> horrible. Worst fucking. Mean, he's yeah, one of the worst the actors, one, man. What is that? I know what you did last summer. Oh, he's just man. We I trashed that shit. I mean, I'm out sure of that Kevin shit. Williamson was pulling everybody from the same pool of actors and actresses. That, well, they all come from the same shit, because, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that it's hilarious because that like I just think of Stu and like some of his like the way he acts and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like my mom is gonna be so mad. At yeah. Me. Could you imagine Freddie Prinze Jr. doing that? No, because he has no personality. He's, <laughs> he's fucking. Like, he's wooden. What's he's your so stoic, dude. And he's like peer pressure. I'm way too sensitive for this. <laughs> peer pressure. Yeah. Fucking idiot. Um, Joaquin Phoenix uh, turned down the role of Billy Loomis. He was offered it. Actually, he mm. would. That actually kind of makes sense because if you notice, like almost every killer in this franchise, with the exception of Part Four, I mean, the killer casting kind of makes sense a little bit. You know. Mm-hmm. Look wise, uh, Joaquin then, Phoenix kind of looks like he could be someone that's into killing people. I guess uh, some uh, people who auditioned for the role of Sydney, uh, Melinda Clark from Return of Living Dead oh, Three. So, yeah, that's odd. She was so old at this point, man. Like, that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Dude, a couple years later, she was the mom. She was the Molly Ringwald too. That she was. Yeah, so old. They, well, not they. Uh, Kevin Williamson wanted Molly Ringwald to be Sydney. Thank but God that and she was playing happen. a teenager in the mid eighties. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think she could, but Melinda play Clark it, but not at that age. A couple years she later, was she old. was playing the mom on fucking the OC. Like what the fuck, man? Like what the fuck? You watched the OC? Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I, I just I just read about that right now. Man, um, the know, other people watched that shit. I did actually. The, the other people that auditioned was Melissa Joan Hart. Brittany Murphy. Oh, and Sabrina. Sabrina. Yeah. Ooh, I always liked her ass. Sabrina and Clarissa explains yeah, it all. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much done. <laughs> um, yeah, that moment, that moment with the Jamie 
and the Jamie Kennedy thing is it actually I do agree that's actually really really brilliant. I mean, it, you it's like a total horror film fan moment. You know, yeah. if you're watching Scream and you're not really familiar with like, you know, hence tropes. Like, I could just imagine people watching that movie and being like, "What the fuck is this shit with the rules?" And like, if you're not into this type of stuff, but not knowing characters from other films and shit, like, it just doesn't work for you then. You know, like it works for us. But I, I really do agree that's awesome. It's it's kind of on the same level as the whole uh, the moment with Rose McGowan in the film when she she says something on the lines of watching a Wes Carpenter film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, she mentions Richard Gere as well. Yeah, she, yeah, totally. Yeah. But <laughs> I like the Wes Craven. Gerbil story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had the... to look that up. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, explain this away. Oh, explain, shit. explain this to me. Okay, this is another one of those moments like, and it's not just me just nitpicking on the film. You know, honestly, it's pretty good. But mm-hmm. there is a moment when, you know, the camera, when the cameraman gets killed, explain uh-huh. to me why they put him on, on top of the roof and how they got him on top <laughs> of the roof. This motherfucker's like 300 pounds of Cheeto eating motherfucker. Did you notice all the Cheetos on the floor when she's crawling out? Yeah, dude, it's so funny. But I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, hey, Billy is like 90 pounds soaking wet. Fucking well, Stu it was Billy like, and Stu. I know, but these guys are pussies. Let's face it, man. They're not lifting this dude eight feet in the air on top of the van. This is a big TV van, man. They didn't have ladders. There was nothing. Point. They got him up there somehow just for that gag where he falls on the fucking window. I was like, <laughs> I always thought to myself, even when I first watched this, like, there's no way they could have put him up there. And her dumb. <laughs> I mean, I, over... I feel that way in every single slasher. But with dude, body that counts. one like, just. I've never fucking thought that well, Michael Myers be lifting people up in the trees. Dude, if and this wasn't scream, timings. if this wasn't scream, you would fucking you'd be like, yeah, man, totally. Dude, I don't care about shit like that at all, man. Well, it's, <laughs> it's just a question. Like how, I agree how, how with you. I agree with you. It's just a question, on the tree. Just because, well, Lacey made a point. You, like, you have a fucking explanation for everything, but I'm curious if you come up with that one because, like, to me... I just told you, Stu and Billy. Dead weight, man. There's no way them pussy white boys are doing lifting that, that black one. Well, how, I mean, how are they getting Drew Barrymore up in the dudes. tree that quickly? It's the fact that the van is, like, it's a big TV van. It's not your normal size vehicle, right? It's way up there. It's hard. That's hard to lift that fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess if tactically, if you were gonna do it, you'd put him on the the hood and get on top of the van and then pull him up and then but, clean the yeah, hood no, off with I all mean, the blood. <laughs> you're probably not doing it um, anyway. But again, yeah. I don't think that shit. You, I, I never think that anybody can do any of that shit. Well, I mean, there is, you know, there's yeah, moments it's kind of, of par for the course in slasher. No, it is. It is. That but just there, super, super natural things almost happen even when the killer's not super natural in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised they actually didn't say something about that in the film because it, it, it would, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like Can reference we... that in some. Way. I mean, they. Yeah, I mean, they. I think they do a really good job with you know setting up the rules and you know and the way it all plays out and this and stuff like that. But you know, there's moments like that where it's like, well, try to explain that shit away. Which it, oh, it doesn't dude, need so to be. Much, there's so much stuff in these three films that make that just never could happen in a million years. Like oh, for sure. It, these films are full of those. Yeah. Like no, like even oh, dude. You know what? To me, the worst part of this movie is, um, like the things that I've never liked, never ever ever liked them since the history of me watching this movie. Um, whenever like 
and it, it happens like during the time where they like get out of school and before they get to the party when they're like shopping for chips and stuff and like and it'll just be a shot of space like out in the woods or something and i'm like why like well, why I is it dressed think... up like ghost face right now anyway like why wouldn't it just be like billy you know what I mean? it's <laughs> yeah. like well, it's like well, pure see, i don't think sin- i don't think they were really there and i think that goes into how um i feel about the third one like I think that's like Sydney's um, mentality, like of her. I don't know. No. Like, I, I, that's a that's crazy her, theory. Like, but, but she's like, not even seeing she, it. She, it's the audience. Dude, she, she, that she fucking voice is in the third one. Oh my God. <laughs> what the fuck? It, they threw this like almost supernatural element. I understand it's right. supposed to be her mentality, but it comes off very supernatural, and you're like, oh my God. This is. It, it just seems left field shit, man. Comes out of left Sydney. fucking field. Right? <laughs> It's Mother just, wants awful. to talk to you. Oh my god! They they did went into they no, went into that territory. I think <laughs> we didn't really t- say anything about like the whole Cotton Weary thing. That's what and I was just gonna get Sydney yeah. is like, um, you well, know, stressed out from her mother that died only one year prior, which is pretty fucked up. Um, uh, that whole thing adds like another level to it that you just didn't get in in other slasher films well um, it's simply because i think very early on in the film i think gail is totally questioning like well obviously it's it's a thing before we even get introduced to gail and and their relationship about cotton and uh you know and sydney and putting him away and shit like that because obviously gail had questioned it from the beginning so she always had in the back of their mind but once it comes to the forefront that he probably didn't do it right i mean that's all kind of there you know what i'm saying like it's it's there you know i i think that it adds to the stress and shit like that too so i mean it kind of you can explain it away a little bit but what i love about cotton is the fact that you know kevin williamson obviously um when he gave them the script uh he gave he obviously intended for this to be a sequel or a trilogy um and he gave them the first, uh, you know, five pages of the sequel as well. So, um, you know, just to insert that 30 seconds of Cotton Weary and then to have this whole other character of him, you know, from just that 30 second insert, you know, into which I mean, obviously it's talked about more, but I just I just think it's ingenious. Yeah, I, I mean, anytime you could set up um, something that you know a character expands upon that was only a little tiny snippet of mm-hmm. of uh, the first film i always think that's cool which they totally fucking ruined by the third one that mm. they did they 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 i i always thought that man because when you think of scream you don't really think of cotton weary that much but to be honest man he actually like not on screen but he is a he is a big part of the narrative Right, mm-hmm. he's the sole reason why Sydney is the way she is and stuff. Like she put this guy that killed her mom away and shit like that, and she's dealing with you know the fact that Gail is calling her out saying you know this shit ain't fucking God didn't do this shit, man. Like so there's all this yeah. shit kind of going on. He's the direct result of this, and I think it's actually kind of kind of a fail. It's such a fucking fail what they do by the third film with that character. I mean, if Kevin Williamson obviously intended this to be a trilogy hence the rules the sequel rules and the trilogy I, I wrap around and sh- that by the way but i mean it's in the documentary i just i, th- I just don't think it's real i, I just think i just think maybe he kind of fell on his head with the writing or something like that because what they do in the third one is just insane well he didn't really write the third one no i know i'm just saying like yeah exactly he didn't write the third he one, didn't but- well, he, he didn't did. write the third one. I think um, I thought he didn't really write the fourth one. No, the, no there's a there's another writer on the third one. one. 
It was there's uh, another writer on the third one. Aaron Krager or Ethan Krager, something like that. I think um, he had shit to do. I mean, obviously, it's based on his character. He, and stuff, he was but. he was on um, the set of Dawson's Creek at this time yeah. of Scream Three. Uh, um, he had um, you know he had a baseline of a script outline for Scream Three, mm-hmm. and so they actually hired one guy and. Um, <clears throat> The Bob Weinstein, whatever the fuck his name is, came in and was like, nope, I want you on another project. So they even pulled him and then they hired a female writer. And you can just tell there's like so many different um, writers on that film. But they took Um, the only part from Kevin Williamson's original uh, script from Scream 3 that they took was the element of the backdrop of the Stab Studio. It was actually supposed to be um, the script was they were going to have Matthew Lillard come in and um, they actually paid him to be in that film and uh he was going to be you, did you guys ever see the show the following no yeah okay well yeah, that i was saw that, i saw the first couple episodes of it yeah that was actually what was the premise of scream scream three in a sense it was going to be actually they were bringing matthew lillard's character back only he was going to be from prison um and he was going to have like a cult following of people and they were going to be doing the killings and then he was going to get like released from prison or something, and he was the mastermind behind it all. Like I he mean, had people killing from the inside. That was I the would original. Be super happy to see Matthew Lillard back. Like before they the finalized time, the first I one, I like, assume. That what? <laughs> I would before be, they finalized what? the first one, because he dies in the in the first movie. But no. you never know. What? I mean, if people die. You, no, I'm saying what I'm saying is like I would have loved to see him back. But I also would have been like, yeah, that's a fucking total cheat. Yeah, um, yeah because he yeah, fucking no, dies. I, well, yeah, yeah. But, the, dude, Williamson did not have Scream 3 written before Scream 1 was. No, like, he had. The only thing he had was. Of the sequel. Yeah, I think he had ideas. Scream 2. Yeah. I, I don't believe that he had the, you know, the core narrative with, you know, the fucking, the estranged son, you know, and sh- I just don't. No, no, because it does. If if you did, you would have set it up in part one. Exactly. No, if that, you had that, any that, idea that, you wasn't, that wasn't his idea. That wasn't his idea. That's that's why when you watch part three, you're like, oh my god, it's almost like ruining the first one. It's like ridiculous. Yeah. Like, that's how. All right. Well, let's 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 move on then. Like, let's not review part three right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um. Yeah. Well, still, we're still talking ratings? about part one here. So. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's all right. It's good stuff. I just, I, I just would prefer if we wrapped up part one. Okay, I just got like two more things. Um, the Linda Blair cameo, which was dope. Linda <laughs> yeah. Blair's What do you mean? Who is she? She's the she's the one that's like people. The people want to know. The people have a right to know. She has I that little cameo. I did not know that at all. What do you mean? I don't really. I don't fall. I don't. She, I'm not yeah, with that. the fucking reporter, man. Yeah, Wes Craven called her up, and uh, they were they were good friends, and um, she said she was in town or whatever, and he was like, "Hey, you want to um, come down and just shoot a quick scene?" So he put her in. You know what I always think is funny? I was looking at this yesterday. And, okay, here it is. So like, obviously the Fonz Henry Winkler is the fucking principal <laughs> in the film, and he, like he actually has a couple scenes. He's got lines. He's very recognizable. It's not like this quick little cameo like Wes Craven as fucking Freddy, you know, kind of thing. Like, if you blink, you miss it. Like he's he's actually uncredited in this movie. They didn't even give him a fucking credit. <laughs> his uh, his Fonzie f- jacket's in the closet though. Yeah, I know it's pretty funny. <laughs> well, they gave him a statue in uh, Scream Four. Yeah, I know, but it's just funny. Like he's like, how do you just not credit that? <laughs> he's right. in it enough, right? So I don't know. It's weird. 
and, and then the last thing that I had was that the the last scene, uh, the last act was uh, 42 minutes of the film. Um, they actually titled it uh, People Live and People Die. And um, it was scene 118. And it took them, like, so long to film this scene that, like, they made T-shirts, like, uh, drawn up that said, uh, I survived scene 118. Because it's literally the whole last act. So just fun tip. 42-minute third act, yeah. Yeah. Seems about right. I mean, you know, for a movie that runs close to two hours, it honestly has incredible pacing. Considering there's so many characters and they actually develop the characters quite nice in this and then to have that type of... I mean, I feel like this whole movie kind of is almost in like a third act in a sense. You know, it starts out with a huge bang. It gets, you know, a little bit of buildup in, you know, the first act of the movie kind of thing. But the pacing is crazy in this. Right. Because you get these attacks like from Ghostface like right away and shit like that. And things are just kind of jumping along in this. It's it's quite unheard of for a two hour horror film to be paced like that. They did a good job with that. Our pace has come to a crawl. <laughs> <laughs> Ratings. Is that you want to go? OK, JP, you go first. All right. Uh, obviously, no question. I've rated it on the show before. It was my number one of 1996. My number three in my top 50 of all time. It's a 10 out of 10. Lacey. I mean, this movie like changed the course of my life. Um, I mean, I, I know it probably sounds like I'm nitpicking it today, but like it's not every day I get a podcast on it and. Um, otherwise, I probably would have never brought in up these points. But I mean, I may, I had screamed scrapbooks when I was a kid, and I used to act these scenes out by myself. Um, yeah, that's kind Nerd. of weird. Uh, <laughs> well, no, actually, I got grounded from watching Scream. Like I was not. A, I, I would watch it every day. Like that was my punishment. That's I literally your punishment. Got, <laughs> I, like you know, you'd come home. You everybody had a favorite movie, right? This was mine. Like my tape was like worn the fuck out. Like. I had one of those clueless voice changer phones and like, I, I don't know. I was a kid. I guess I didn't know any better, but I called up a friend and told her I was going to get her like a fish. Like I was just acting out the movie and I got grounded mm-hmm. from the screen movie. So <laughs> that's oh, a true shit. fucking story. I'm not a psycho. I swear. <laughs> but this movie's a fucking 10. <laughs> nice. You're welcome, Mike. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I kind of went through, you know, I've been back and forth on this movie since I first seen it. Um, I've grown to forgive a lot of stuff over about it over the years. I really like it. I think, obviously, it's the strongest of the franchise. Um, I am giving it a 10 out of 10. Woo! What the fuck? Seriously? Nice. 10 out of 10. <laughs> oh, well, don't worry. Things are taking a turn after this one, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it is, uh, it, it's a well, it's a well done movie. I mean, writing obviously here is like top notch. It's, you know, there's a lot. I mean, of- I, I just don't see many flaws. Sorry for interrupting you. I just don't see many flaws in this one. I mean, other than the little nitpicks that we, I mean, if I had any nitpicks nitpick to add, I would say, it probably could have been a little bit shorter. It didn't need to be near two hours for the story we got. But I mean, I, I really didn't have much of a problem with any 
of the first one, this first original Scream, I think is pretty flawless. And uh, despite what I think of the later entries, you know, I can't punish the original even, you know, for the fact that the other ones tried to replicate it and, and in my opinion, not so well. But I think this one was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Scream is, you know, a pretty well done, you know, meta, self-aware, serious satire. I mean, like, like I've said before, I mean, you, you associate satires with like straight up goofy comedy and shit like that. And one thing I've always been amazed at when I watch this film is that there is the comedic elements to it, but it manages to stay super serious within itself for a, for a whole two hours, which is actually really hard to do in a lot of aspects. I mean, to even do a slasher film and run it the runtime an hour and a half, or I mean two hours, is just unheard of. It's crazy that you never see slashes this long. But like I said before, the pacing is fantastic. I think the casting really does work for this. Um, I really like Sydney's character. I like that she was cast as, as you know the lead because uh, Nev Campbell was cast in, in the lead because you know I've never found Nev Campbell like overly attractive. But I, that's why I think the casting is so good in this. I, I would have never liked to see, like, a fucking, I don't know, a, a fucking Jenny McCarthy, you know, as the fucking lead in this, which she would be. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? Like, someone that's, like, straight up bombshell kind of thing. Uh, Nev Campbell seems like the girl next door. And, like, it just it, it, to me, it's a lot more believable that they cast her like that. Um, when, when, you, when you went to see this in the theater, I mean, I'm just asking you specifically because, mm-hmm. you know, we because of the age we are when you went to see this were you familiar enough with like drew barrymore being the big name that you bought hook line and sinker that she wasn't going to die in the opening scene until it obviously escalated so far because when i when it oh when i was sitting in my seat you know things start popping off i still thought somehow she was going to survive that first encounter because I was just so convinced that like, you know, she's the big name. She's, she might be in a little bit of peril, but there's no way she's like, this isn't going to happen. And then it was kind of like my jaw, like, holy shit. Like, cause I don't even remember, like, you know, it's hard to go back to that time and remember like trailers or just advertising, but mm-hmm. I don't even remember the rest of the cast like being even advertised crazy. I remember Drew Bear. It was like a huge Man. deal that Drew Barrymore was in this. Mm-hmm. And it was like such a big deal. Cause up to that, like after she was a child actress, she, she kind of was doing like a lot of the fucking early, early nineties to mid nineties, like a lot of fucking low budget sleazy fucking movies, po- you know, poison Ivy. Yeah. Poison Ivy. And like, if you look at her IMDb, there's some other ones that are even more sleazy. And, yeah. um, this one was like kind of her return to like the mainstream as like an well it made sense and, that she kind of did wow. that sleazy shit though man because being a child actor you want to get out of that mold you don't want to be looked at as a child anymore so yeah what but better way like, to do some I sleazy mean, poison ivy shit which yeah yeah i mean poison ivy is the one everyone knows but if you go up and down her eye like there's some like really like what the fuck were you doing in these movies yeah. but uh you gotta remember um, those I, were I her just, drug days. She was like all getting all super drugged out in those days too, and then true I got mean, all fucked up and went to Playboy and a couple years later, and yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I was just wondering, like, if because I mean, there's probably plenty of people that were our age at the time that knew who she, she was, but it 
it might not have meant as much to them the fact that she died in the scene because it's like okay she's just another actress to them i was pretty i just remember i was pretty in with knowing who she was i mean yeah obviously i I, I remembered her from fucking et which i'm not even a big fan of but i mean i always remember drew barrymore from shit like firestarter and stuff which i'd seen multiple times and I don't know. It was just her name. Like everybody yeah, knew Drew Barrymore. Cat's Eye. Cat's right. Eye and shit. Yeah, films I'd seen. And to be honest, I don't remember what my reaction was. I don't even remember the marketing campaign for Scream, to be honest. And I assume it probably was Drew Barrymore. Mar- I mean, it would have been smart for them to do that. Just Drew, Drew, Drew. Push the movie, sell the movie off her name because really she's the biggest fucking A list star at the time. Um, I would assume, which I don't remember specifically but i would assume that i was like holy shit they just fucking killed her in the first 10 minutes of the movie it, it gave you the feeling of like like, oh, like where the hell does this movie go from here because they, they just killed who i thought was gonna be the main person yeah it had the same effect as psycho where it's like okay anything can happen you know what i mean and also you know it's nice to do that because it's a callback to a horror movie of significance um you know billy loomis I know it's so funny, right? Which is a callback to a callback, essentially. You know, I mean, with Doctor Loomis as well. I mean, this movie does that over. It's so repetitive in that in that aspect, but it's not even a bad thing. There's just nothing but shadows in this movie, man. With the just everything, man. The cameos to mentioning films and shit, and you know, just referencing other films. It's just amazing. Did we did we restart reviewing Scream One while I got disconnected? (laughs) Did you get disconnected? <laughs> yeah, you guys didn't even notice. Well, Mike was talking and uh-huh. he was asking me like a really long question, but I was like trying to think the whole time. Like I don't. Yeah, know. I kind of interrupted Moods' rating to. I just wanted to ask him. You mean Moods still didn't rate? I actually only got one line out. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Damn it, Mike. Okay, rate, rate Drew Barrymore in the opening scene. Then rate the <laughs> she's she's good, man. She's good. I honestly didn't really care for her hair that much. But yeah, it was odd. It's not as bad as fucking Courtney Cox in part three. Oh my god, that is some fucking <laughs> yeah, that's, brutality, that's man. Does she ever look different in every movie? But anyways, we'll get there. Um, you know, I mean, like I was talking about Sydney and you know just the whole Nev Campbell. The fact that they cast somebody that looked like her was like so perfect, man. I think that's one of the most brilliant thing. But um, just. It's just a lot of fun. I don't even know where I was before, but I'm also going to up my rating from before. I'm also going to come in at a 10 because, to be honest, there's not really a lot of major problems with this. Yes, we talk about nitpicking because it makes for interesting conversation. I like to hear JP Mm -hmm. come up with ridiculous explanations (laughs) for every stupid fucking thing. Listen, I've always said if I could come up with something that works in my head, I'll give it a pass. It doesn't have to work perfect, and it doesn't have to work um, be 100% plausible but if it's plausible that means that there's a shot so uh I, but in I reality just with though, i do that with every movie ever like if it's if it's unlikely that's fine but unlikely does not equal impossible mm-hmm. i mean Look, movie, in reality movies, everything's movies plausible. don't give jp answers movies just make jp's answers more creative <laughs> um but that's funny uh, because this film has a perfect 70 out of 70 rating now wow seven people have given it a 10 which i think is pretty remarkable crazy that is kind of crazy it should be in the hall of fame the hall of the hall of fame (laughs) (laughs) i agree the special section in the hall of fame 
Yeah. Okay. You know what? Let's uh, let's move this along because that was actually really long. It's crazy. Yeah. Sorry. That was a huge review. Yeah, that was Look definitely. Uh, we gonna scream for the radio. Murder man, murder man, murder man. Clean this one up. They're screaming in the graveyards. It's wicked out here. I feel all these ghettos screaming. Holla bloody Mary, look in the eyes of the demon. When you see a nun like the keep screaming, I smoke green with the reason. So we're gonna move um to the next year, nineteen ninety-seven. Uh with Scream Which 2. Which they did start p- going into production before this one was even released. Did they really? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't re- like really rewatch those. They knew it was that the hit that much that they literally started production before the uh, theatrical release of Scream. Well, they should have started part three when they were in the mode of part one because Christ. they waited three years. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Scream 2, 1997, two years after the first series of murders, a Sydney <sighs> climate? What? To college life, whatever. Someone donning the ghost face costume begins to, a new string of killings. How did they know climates? it wasn't actually ghost faces? That's a weird word. <laughs> that is very, very strange. Yeah, you know, I mean, of course, I mean, if you're going to have the first movie set in high school and you're going to set it two years later, it has to be college, right? It's the next best slasher setting. College it's kind of cool because there's seven killers in the Scream franchise and only four movies. <laughs> right? It's really cool. No other slashers can do that. What'd you guys think of the opening? The stab. Um. So mm-hmm. I, Carly asked me that the other day too, and I was. Uh, first of all, I've never been a huge fan of any of the screams. Uh, any any of the original sequels, Scream Two or Scream Three. Um, and I actually never really cared for. I've always considered Scream Two to be one of the more overrated movies I've ever watched. Um, but, and one of the things that everybody would always say is like the opening to scream two is like so good. It's up there with scream one. I've always rolled my eyes at it and, you know, watching it again, it's decent, but I still don't think it's like amazing or anything. And one thing that always kind of bothered me is this is a screening to uh, stab and like, there like there's that many people that are into a movie that they've never seen well it's a well, huge it's not story. it was a huge story but they know the and story I, yeah I, yes, and this girl and and sydney goes to school there like yeah it's gonna be fucking huge are you mm-hmm. kidding okay, me but how would they know what the like like how would they know like about the ghost face mask like it's it's from a book like yeah. you know what i mean what it's from mean? a book though it's it not was a adapted. picture it's yeah. not like what do you mean? So it was the, probably the, yeah, plastered the, yeah, all over the fucking was news. It a picture book, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, there, there was definitely images of it for sure. There was. Like, well, was I'm just saying. Lo- like, I, I've never seen such okay. hype for a movie that nobody. It's not like it was Stab Three, right? It was the first Stab. Like, these people were fucking a but million people makes, dressed up. That actually for makes a lot more sense. That actually makes Studios. a lot more sense that it was the first one. The hype would be crazy, man. Like you said, Sydney's going to school there. What? The story was Are you fucking massive. Yeah, like, dude. When have you ever walked into a movie theater and saw anything like that? 
Yeah, for, well, for ob- first movie. Obviously, Star that's obviously it was a promotional event for the first you, Star Wars. People were dressed up like fucking stormtroopers. But how often do you ever go into a movie where they're Wars? literally giving you a costume with fake they're, knives and shit? Yeah, you're yeah. gonna be fucking hyped the fuck up, man. They're, they're giving it like, to you. Ass. The studio sent them. Like they didn't come there wearing that shit. The they gave they well, were handing. That's what I said. They handed out that shit at the front door. Like okay, first of all, the book wasn't like a fantasy book either, right? It was it was a, a, no, it was true, a true crime. crime. Where, where have you seen fans of true crime act like this? Yeah, he was dressing up they, as Jeffrey Dahmer. Gail sold a, that shit a, like crazy, man. But JP, but it's not a it's JP, not a story. JP, they, like have, a, they have a, a whole like they have a whole convention dedicated to crime con. People love fucking true crime shit. Do you not see any time oh, a new documentary oh fucking this drops on ridiculous. Netflix? Do you not see? No, it's I've a never fucking seen big thing. Have but, JP, but JP, if that story happened in your small town, you guys would be a lot more hyped up than we would be over here because it would just mean a lot more it's to you. Not even in her. The, the theater's not but even in this. But she fucking goes there. Yeah, but she goes there. It's related to her and the, her story and shit. So it, it would make a little bit more sense that people would then be that hyped up. For I mean, them to dress up as a killer? Wow, dude, this is crazy. Up. I don't know, bro. No, like, dude, to me, I'm they're not dressed You're like, the one who has an answer for everything. That's all. That's promotional <laughs> shit, man. These people came to the theater in their street clothes and got handed the promotional. Fucking yeah, I understand you. it if it was like stab three, like an established franchise or something where, like, it'd be like no. everybody go next Friday Thirteenth movie dressed up like Jason and stuff. But it's the first movie, like, no, it, like it was based on a true crime book that, that was I, I, which doesn't even make sense. What it do you doesn't mean? even Captain make sense Mar- to me. Captain that Marvel movie is not like how the like I can't see the the stab movies are like a slasher, you know, slasher movies. The stab book was not a slasher book; it was a true crime book. So it's like I don't even get the correlation. It was a big what? deal. Like, what do you mean? It's a horror. It, the, these people, ba- Stu and Billy, base their killings. The no, no, just listen. It is crazy. Okay. Like, okay, no, Stu and Billy based their killings off of, you know, horror movies. So this horror movie studio blew it the fuck up. Like, it's unheard yeah, of. Yeah, the don't promotion like, is crazy. You think Gail wrote it how we saw it with, like, the horror movie references just, and stuff? It just she based just wrote on what the happened with, with the events that happened. Yeah, but we don't well, know like, that, though. We don't even need to know that. All we know is that the book fucking did well. Obviously, people know the story. They're in the location where fucking Sydney's going. People are hyped up, man. They're getting free shit at the door. Fuck yeah, man. Probably drunk as fuck. Exactly. Right? I mean, uh, they're college. They're fucking dude, college. Dude, it's all kids, called JP. promotion. How do anybody go see? How do you get excited for anything? Like, like you're going got, to see a movie dude, for the first I, time. I would, if that really happened, people would be like sitting in a the theater with their fucking ghost face. Obviously, you, it's you, in, you, nobody's you know what, sitting in the theater with their ghost JP, face pack, JP, package JP, on their lap. You know what? You know what? I don't play yeah, they fucking don't, they Pokemon fucking cards, out of the and, nor have movie, I ever. Though. But when I went and seen De- Detective Pikachu and they gave me a fucking pack of Pokemon cards, I thought that shit was fucking dope. Go fuck yourself yeah were you running up and down the aisles screaming like being like gotta catch them all (laughs) yes Uh, it's it's no different than watching like a frat house when you see some of the shit that they do to people you're like oh for fuck's sakes come on man i understand hazing and shit but this is ridiculous man you don't you don't think twice about it it's a fucking movie everything's embellished man honestly they're just saying that you know that i'm just saying for what it is like dude you have to you have 
I actually believe it, man. I mean, obviously, an established franchise. I would be like, okay, I could see where they're coming from. It's a fucking book based on like a movie to a book that seems different from the fucking. uh, It seems like more of a slasher film than like a true crime story. Yeah, because stab doesn't feel like a true crime. I don't remember. I don't remember people dressing up like Harry Potter and shit at Harry Potter movies, and those books were fucking huge. But they yeah, did. they totally but they did. did. But they did, though. I never seen anybody dressed up when I went. Well, Sacktown must have fucking lame Harry Potter people. fans then. No, they're just exactly. like they're just like we're not dressing up for a fucking book, dude. It's not you're missing <laughs> the point. You're dressing they're up. Not, they're, they're not dressing. They're not up. showing they up like that. They gave it to him. It's all promotional. Man, this is a no, screening. No, I, I dude, those motherfuckers are package. as hype. Those people are acting like they found they're the fucking college. Movies. They're fucking they're so college fucking kids. Dude, yeah, what did you do? What did you do in college? You know what I did in college? I got drunk. If somebody handed me a costume for a fucking horror movie, I'd be fucking jazzed. You're welcome, <laughs> I'm sure. jazzed. Just, to me, it just makes complete sense. Yeah, people acting that rambunctious in there is obviously hyped up the for the movie, man. Kid. It's not but, even that they're acting that rambunctious. It's that they're acting that rambunctious for a movie that they haven't even seen or know good anything promotion. about other than it was based on the book. You tell yeah. me all these college kids are a fan of that fucking book. You mean book? to tell me there was never a fucking trailer at all, all these for this re- thing? diehard readers out there that are You a mean fan to of tell me that there was never yeah, a no, fucking trailer for this There's nothing thing. established about it that would create that kind of hype. All right, James, it's it. called by, by a the, fucking by trailer. The second or third stab. I can that's see if different. it was. Yeah, it's exactly. Who is the target <laughs> audience for a, a film trailer. like Stab? Who was the target audience for a film a like Stab? A different target audience than a than the book, I would suggest. What What does this have to do with the fucking book? These are college kids that happen in a college town where Sydney fucking where Sydney fucking goes. It's not about the fucking adaptation. It's they're about a college like fucking town. They're, they're fucking. That hasn't it, even no, they're this fucking is, college. You're You're mind blowing me right now, JP, yeah, and not in a good way. They're mind blowing me. No, dude. <laughs> okay, okay, dude. Put it this way: How does anything get popular with promotion trailers? You do all this I don't fucking know. promotional thing for the reason. Movie being successful for a, a few sequels. <laughs> what yeah, do you it's mean? Out, it's usually, Dude, have it's you ever not gotten? Have you ever not got excited for a movie that I've, you just saw a trailer for for the first time? Not that what? fucking excited, dude. JP, well, you were excited this by just the reading point. news we're, from Robin Eggers' next film. You were questioning. I know, about but the I wasn't that like that. fucking excited. You were questioning the mask before. I was. I was hella excited for me. Summer and I didn't fucking wear a flower wreath to the dude. I'm so place. excited for Candyman. Because like, nobody I so wore that hyped, shit. I'm You're missing the point again. They Even didn't if they gave show me up a, that way, dude. If I showed up to the theater and they were like, "Here's a free fucking hook and uh, a bee costume." I'm not going to be running up and down the aisles well, you like know a jackass. What, JP? Like, Fuck you know what, JP? Are you not realizing well, you know that what, this is JP? a movie? You're a party pooper. <laughs> like, it's a fucking movie, I just dude. think he's being realistic. I think the hype would come in in additional uh, entries jp you're also not a college kid that is complete bullshit dude we get hyped up from you guys get hyped up from watching trailers all the time <laughs> what is so fucking funny about it jp are, it's are you true. just fucking with us like it's fucking true dude you just admitted earlier that you get excited you got super excited when you saw the fucking trailer for yeah, candy levels of excitement and hype. dude use that as dude my own i example. get that it's a fucking movie you're you're like thinking in reality man you're thinking in reality movie Dude, i'm 
you were the one who was talking about lifting fucking Kenny's body on top of the van being ridiculous. <laughs> but that's totally that is re- that but is this, ridiculous. This is this is more plausible. It's ridiculous, but probably more plausible. No. No. You're saying what? that you can't get excited. You're, you even questioned the mask before. That's not like, what I'm they saying. They have promotion. All, they have trailers. What I'm saying and dumbing it down to getting excited. <laughs> yeah, JP didn't say they were not going to be excited for a movie. Well, but no. That, no, he's saying he's not going to. He's saying that this no, possibly that, couldn't happen. No, but that that uh, fucking. I'm not even like, saying that it like, couldn't happen. About I'm it, usually like, like, then what are you saying? Entries. Then what are you saying? JP, did you have a college experience at all? No. Okay, no. then I guess you wouldn't understand. He's literally saying <laughs> my college that, experience was my high school experience was you, better than most people's. But college you're saying, experience. but you're saying that like people couldn't be excited because it's not the third or oh, fourth film. That's not what I'm saying. But that's what you did I'm just say. Saying they wouldn't look this excited for excited. a film that didn't exist. That they, they don't, don't know, know anything about. It doesn't. Right, it, it, it go doesn't, hang out with some college kids. It doesn't kids have to exist. And then that's come back why there is called promotion trailers. Fucking all that shit, man. That's what gets people hyped up. They're not that hyped up because they're still going <laughs> to. I can't believe, Mike, that you're agreeing it's with this bullshit, man. Battle, I thought you were man. so much better no. than this, man. This is ridiculous. It's, no, like, honestly, it's I cannot wait for people to hear this. I don't care that much. It's just no, so it's, I think that the, it's like. No, I think the hype said, that we're talking about is the hype that builds over the course of, like, multiple because they're going not. into it not knowing what the fuck it is no they the saw tra- they oh, saw trailers they knew the story they saw trailers they knew the story. Like, that I never, they got free shit. Comes i've never seen a movie trailer that's got me so fucking hyped that i'm cosplaying and running up and down the aisles yeah well you obviously didn't go to a, to a, a fucking star. midnight screening and got free fucking ghost face costumes with rubber knives exactly. and shit man like come on like man, this this here. looks like to me as if it was a 12th Friday the 13th f- film and this was a screening to the biggest fans of Friday the 13th or if it was like a midnight show that showed like every Saturday for like a year straight not the premiere that Rocky no Horror fucks fucks. Fucks. oh Just my god you guys are break. idiots no, you know what so once stupid. this episode comes out we're gonna post a poll and we're gonna see if they agree with me in moods or you and JP. You guys are going d- no fucking so way. It's so ridiculous, man. It's no. so ridiculous. Like you're forgetting <laughs> that this is also movie excitement too. But to say that they wouldn't even know about the movie, it's like, oh yeah, I forgot I about. There's no such thing as pro. Yeah, no but you did that. Though. No, but we didn't did. say they didn't know anything. Yes, else. you did. You said just you said so. You're basically JP is what you're saying is that you the only people that knew about this movie is who read the fucking book. No, they it's knew what your original. They probably saw well, a trailer saying, a you preview don't, you for the movie, but I'm saying to, to get this kind of response, it it it, it assumes or it, it at least hints that these people would be fans of this, right? No. That's how you act Absolutely when you're a fan not. of something. No, they're they, fucking they got college from, kids as well. From the trailers, man, the promotion for the fucking movie and shit. You don't have to be a fan of anything to be excited for it. But they're not just excited. It's a po- fucking college. When you go to college, it's a fucking party party town. They're probably fucked up, like Mood said. Yeah, dude. You and never, you never had college. Yeah, they're so fucked up that they're going. I, I swear, oh, like it's crazy. a thing. It's a thing. It's just crazy. We, we, we went, we went and seen fucking dazed and confused, and we're like cutting our fucking lines in the fucking. Put any of your college stories to shame. Oh, I don't want to hear that shit. Give me a break, dude. <laughs> Jesus, absolutely not. All right, let's move on to the next. Absolutely subject. not. All right, so it's only <laughs> downhill for here for Scream Two, so uh, let's keep it going. 
<laughs> so the movie opens up no, with in, this in terms uh, of that scene down. though <laughs> Dude, me. honestly, I can't take, I can't even take the opening scene serious anymore because after it was spoofed in Scary Movie with the fucking, the glory hole yes. dick through the head and shit. Oh my God. Dude. Actually, you know what? Scary Movie has ruined That's all I could think of when I was watching it this dude, time Dude, when too. Omar Epps puts his fucking ear to the, to the thing, which is like moronic in itself. Who the fuck does that? Like, you're going to hear better with your ear touching the stall than one inch away, like whatever. But, Why would yeah. you even be willing to put your ear on a bathroom? Exactly. You don't touch anything Stop. in a bathroom. It's fucking stupid. But seriously, when I was watching, I'm like, I'm just waiting for this big black cock to come through there. And I'm like, it's, it's fucking totally ruined for me. It's ruined. Ah, oh, shit, man. But How are you to hear the little noise? No, I actually really like the opening, aside from, like, I think it's... Oh, somebody like, told me that, that that whisper, if you put the subtitles on, it spoils the killer in the film. What? Um, it yeah. says it says mommy. I huh. guess it doesn't really spoil. It says much. mommy killer, mommy killer. Really? Like my it, Canadian it, subtitle says oh, maple so yeah, syrup, maple does, syrup. It does fucking spoil it then. Maple what does syrup. it say? The Canadian subtitle title said uh, maple syrup, maple syrup. Does it really? Fuck no! <laughs> but that would be amazing. I, I know. I was they just say, did specific would... subtitles for the Canadian release. Maple syrup, fucking maple syrup. The same bag yeah, so then it so then it does spoil the 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 killer pretty much. Yeah, I guess so. It does say. I thought mommy. it said. It really I thought it said say Aunt mommy? Jackie killer. Aunt Jackie killer. <laughs> Aunt Jackie. Uh, no, but no. What, I thought it said Roseanne's a fat bitch. Cast in it. I knew she was absolutely <laughs> oh. the fucking killer though. That is ridiculous. If that's true, man, I'm, I didn't know. I'm, I'm going to go back and look at that, man. That's it, fucked. It, I'm, I hope like, that's it's not like, true. It's based, yeah, I think it's something along the lines of you know, like uh, they're talking about Pamela Vore, who's like when she's like killer mommy, killer. So I think yeah, it, no, it's saying, definitely a reference to that. Yeah, but I'm saying yeah, if so, that's but I think, but they the reversed it and are saying mommy killer, mommy killer. So yeah, you're right. So they're actually maybe they inadvertently were trying to shout out you know, the, the, the fucking Voorhees thing, but gave away the killer in the, in the same time. <laughs> Maybe well, they just I, didn't expect well, no, anybody to actually just... fucking hear it. Yeah, well, they... no, guys, I think they I never heard it out the killer life. throughout the whole film. Yeah. I think, I think they gave us clues the entire time. I, I can mean, tell you, as, as a, a seven-year-old watching this up. in the theater, or at the drive-in, I had no fucking clue. Even less of an idea than the first film, but I was, I probably, I, I, I'm not saying that it was smart. I was just saying that I was dumb. Well, all right. I'll break it down to where I think um, it's harder. Actually... I think it's harder in this movie to pick it out, man, to be honest. No, I just, not, I don't not, think not, that not a... it, the characters aren't established good in this movie. Like the killers are established characters essentially. Yeah. Okay. So when you first, see mrs loomis or debbie salt um you know she is she has a run-in with gail and she's like i was the one uh, asking all the questions but gail specifically says i thought you looked familiar like obviously like she'd seen pictures so like i mean you don't change that much just by 60 fucking pounds like i mean you're not completely transformed or whatever like that's definitely a clue i to don't the know fact do that i look different the last time you see me i lost 75 the last time i seen you Last time we were on Skype, I was like 75 pounds heavier. So, use me an example. Do I look the same or not? Uh, yeah. Right? I mean, like your, your face. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, so I think that was like an homage to that. Um, and congratulations on your weight loss. 
<laughs> I wasn't really fishing for that, but okay. I was just using that example because it was very relevant. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, well, no, like I think your face is, you know, very similar. Like, I mean, that didn't change. So I, I don't know. And then, all right, moving on. Um, <laughs> Awkward. So no, and then she says to her, um, uh, she's asking her question. She goes, "I just think that the killer could be from Woodsboro." She does say that at a point. So like obviously, like she's referencing herself, and she's like kind of taunting Gail with it. And then um, yeah. Mickey, obviously, you know the scene where um, you know Gail and Dewey are watching the footage, and then the killer puts on the videotapes. Like you can see Mickey, like clearly, like filming around, like where those shots would have been where he is filming. Like you can see him in the background, like when Sydney and uh, Dewey are talking, like he's got a fucking camera camcorder the entire yeah, yeah. fucking time. See, I honestly, man. He, yeah. He is. He's a little bit more explainable, but honestly, I think with fucking Loom, like Mrs. Loomis, like, I don't know, man, I just never would have, it just doesn't come together for me the way no? it probably should. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously like points where, it kind of leads to it a little bit, but it's just, it's not as. Well, to me, she just seemed like too random of a character that was there for not a very good reason. Well, because so she I pops in and out. What the fuck? It's also off putting. Yeah, I know. Our that's what I thought about first... Jay and Silent Bob. I was like, they're too random. They got to be the killers. Our... Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. That's how I felt so, about her. Well, well, we knew. I just feel Jake, who they were, though. Coming from the first movie, I mean, our killers are main, main characters. They're like in every scene. Mm -hmm. right. So this yeah. one, I, I knew that they were going to kind of flip it and shit, but I was like, where the fuck? Like, I don't know, man. I mean, the Dude, motive I... in this movie makes complete sense that she would be out for revenge and shit like that. I, I think the, the motivation with, with fucking Mickey is retarded. Well, I think here's the thing yeah, with his... Mickey, okay? Uh, his, motivation, with... his motivation is that he's just supposed to be crazy. Like even the, even the, uh, but isn't that, uh, and though? Jackie says it, she's like, he was just fucking nuts. Yeah. Like it's, it's a, well, he a admitted motive. it as well. I know, but it's a stupid motive though. It doesn't just, yeah, it doesn't I think, just... I think it's supposed to be stupid as in like, this guy was just crazy and dumb. Yeah. yeah. Well, just like a dumb, crazy it's, guy. It's really not though, because I mean, look at like when Columbine actually did happen, which actually really influenced what happened in scream three and how that, you know, script got shredded to shit. But I mean, I think his reason it was relevant. I just think it was relevant for maybe like the opposite spectrum. It was just stupid because it what like getting caught and blaming it on the movies is like a dumb idea because they're just gonna throw you in jail. <laughs> yeah, it's not gonna work. But I think it was just, I it think was just a sloppy way of writing in a second character because I mean essentially, you know, going back to the double I mean I when I first watched this movie, I don't I was, necessarily I, think it's sloppy. I for think me it would, personally, I just think he's not smart. I just wish they, <laughs> I just wish honestly they hadn't gone with the double killers for this. I don't know, man. It, it just doesn't really work for me. And especially when the motives reveal, like he's just crazy. I was like, fuck, he has no connection at all. Like it would have made a lot more sense if he had a connection to Billy and his mom or something like, you that's know, what that, I'm saying where I said that they're not really established characters. That, they're not like that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's the left field thing and they they have the dual killers because then it makes more sense and reveal like because she couldn't have been at all these places at the same time. There had to be a second person while doing yeah. some of the shit like mm -hmm. it just when you watch the movie, there has to be two people. It makes sense. But then it's, when his motive is revealed, you're like, oh, my God, like that's what they I came like up how with. None of these people in any of these movies have like black eyes from being kicked in the face <laughs> when they're in the ghost face costume. So, what right? did you guys think about them killing Randy off? I okay. thought it was 
Okay. I thought it was not a good send off for such a likable and uh, I good think character. I almost felt like Jamie Kennedy pissed off somebody or something, and then they they did they did <laughs> his like, character oh, yeah, so Jamie pissed. Kennedy. Well, it's yeah. the scene where I'm gonna kill like, you to some cottonmouth cakes. It's broad daylight, and like I said before, when we were talking about Scream One, and I I brought up Randy's death, is that you know like he's so intuitive with the rules and he knows the sequel rules and shit like that and most likely the characters that survived the first film are going to die in the sequel it's just the way it happens right so he knows that his fate is coming and like the way he gets snatched up in the van i was like oh fuck man it just i think they did him wrong i really do think they did him wrong and that i think they kill him off too early in the movie too i think they kill him off way too fucking early yeah, see, I had watched the uh, first one so many times prior to seeing this one in the theater that, like, I felt like I was emotionally connected to the character at this point. Yeah. So, like, when he died, I literally cried in the movie theater. And, Is like, it these high school not kids that Kincaid moment? Me. It's that fucking Kincaid moment, dude. Kincaid's the fucking <laughs> one of the heroes of Dream Warriors. And then in part four, he fucking dies, like, ten <laughs> minutes into the movie. And you're like, oh, fuck, man. Right? Yeah, I was yeah, literally, right. I, I literally uh, felt like I lost a friend, like that, like yeah. I was like nine or ten when this happened. Well, I was, let, li- I was literally bawling. Well, let's face it, man. Randy honestly <laughs> is super, super likable. Like he's that right. guy you just want to root for, man. Everything he says is like right on point, and like he's not overdoing it and shit. He's not, he's kind, he's geeky, but he's not overplaying the geekdom and shit like that. I hate in those movies where every like horror guy that's in you know in with the horror thing like he's always like this, this super super nerd like even though he fucking kind of references him as a nerd and shit like that too but it's not overdone he's super likable he's like everybody's friend you know kind of thing they did him wrong they did his ass wrong in this <clears throat> but he was too smart to die like that though i think it was just in a sense it was kind of sloppy writing so well, yeah, they killed him in fucking broad daylight. That's the other problem I have. Like, literally in the middle of a fucking field, dude. Like, they pull up on this field, snatch him up like he's, <laughs> like he's fucking, like, really, like, Randy's way too smart to get snatched up and get killed in the Chester Molester van. <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah, especially when Why he a woman? is literally communicating with the killer. It's like, you would think he'd be a lot more on guard with him being, like, an expert in... How the shit goes. Well, I'm pretty sure he's not thinking Mrs. Loomis is fucking sitting in a van. Yeah, she said she got a little knife happy when Randy spoke so poorly of Billy. That's right. That's right. So I think that's kind of cool to know actually who killed who there. Yeah, that's right. But but now it just now it seems ridiculous that that little fucking frame pulled him into the van. God damn it. (laughs) That casting is awful, by the way. Because she picked him up. I do not like. I do not like. Aunt Jackie, Jackie. Is, is the killer. It's just too, I can't not unsee Roseanne. Well, she wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be Good. the boyfriend and be the best called... friend. Uh, Jerry O'Connell. Who? It was Jerry supposed to be yeah, Jerry O'Connell and uh, Hallie. Yep. But they couldn't use Jerry Hallie. O'Connell as the killer because they already did that in the first fucking movie. Yeah, well, it was, was the boyfriend and the best friend. It was like, yeah. Do I remember boyfriend killer, boyfriend killer? No, it, but it was going to be her friend, the girl. Like that was supposed to be oh, the two okay. killers. I see. Well, what was the motivation supposed to be? Um, I honestly don't know. Um, they but I do know that. Reveal, yeah. Hmm. Um, I remember that part of that script got leaked, and um, I remember oh, like, oh yeah, I, that happened, and they were like super pissed off and had to do rewrites and stuff. And that's why they kind of make fun of that in Scream Three. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, sure. So many you know goddamn rewrites. 
Yeah. I would actually like I like the killer. I just don't like the the actress choice. Yeah, I'm fine with it being like the character of Billy Loomis's mom that was getting revenge because obviously her, you know, her no, her motive makes sense. Out. Yeah, but, and, and it's yeah. and it's deeper than just you killed my son. It's you destroyed my family by your slut mother sleeping with my husband, and it, it it went deeper. So I mean, and that that did exist already that narrative. So um, I'm fine with it, and I actually I like it. I just I just hate the well, the casting. Like, choice. why did she, why did she fucking move out and abandon him then? Like, her motive doesn't fucking make sense. She's a stupid idiot. <laughs> well, that, well yeah. I mean, every like you like uh, he thought he felt abandoned. That doesn't mean that she actually abandoned him. What are you talking that. about? She Dude, did. She like, did abandon him. She's the one that fucking left. And that's <laughs> yeah, but that, that, just because you leave reason, doesn't mean you abandon. I'm pretty yes, sure that's a textbook definition of it. <laughs> and Sydney even said. Dude, um, she's it's like, always felt that way, though, man. The, I mean, that, no, that doesn't at, mean it's necessarily Sydney what, even what happened. Her out. It's, compl- Sydney it's more even, complicated. Sydney even fucking called her out. Okay, okay Sydney called her out. <laughs> yes, and she like. But I'm saying, I'm saying, there's that. everybody has their own perspective. Like maybe in her own head, she's like, I didn't abandon him. I was trying to set up another life for him so that I could bring him into JP, my life away JP, from his cheap father. Stop. Are you being serious? <laughs> you, you don't think that uh, multiple no, people have no. different perspectives? What Seriously? do you mean? Like she, she's mean, gone. Rod? She's 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 gone for an entire year. And that's not an abandonment? Well, how do we know that she had no contact with him over an entire year? Oh, my. Because he said his, her, his mom moved out and abandoned him. Like, I mean, yeah, when you use the word mean, literally, abandoned. Literally, like, never saw him. Like, I mean, that's like, a, that's what you would say. That, that, that's what's definitely implied. That is what is implied. Is it not? I'm not saying that it's not implied. Okay, isn't that even when Sydney's like, and you abandoned him, and she's like, oh, like you can just see the look on her face, like, yeah, I did, but really, I'm here I now. Took it as like, I, was, I, I took it as like, you fucking bitch, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no. What, you're full of it. So then why the fuck would she even care? Because she's a psychotic, and she's probably like, oh, well, I did move, abandon him, so now I have to avenge just fucking death because it's my fault. Well, just because you abandon someone doesn't crazy. mean you don't love I mean, she's he's still technically what? your son, right? Still yeah. technically your son. I don't I mean, know. I think it makes sense more if, if, in her perspective, she didn't abandon him. I think she did But she's also him. got a little bit of crazy I'm not energy. saying what a, she did and didn't do. I'm saying from her perspective, if she felt like she didn't revenge. abandon. You killed my son. I'm, I'm going, I'm coming for you, man. I mean, it's the typical, you know, it's revenge, man. It's just straight revenge. Yeah, because she can't really blame Sydney for breaking up her family because her mom having the affair has nothing to do with her. But she could be mad at her because she... Killed her son. Killed yeah, but no, son. She, why can't she be mad at her for her mom... That happens a lot. Well, how People, the fuck like, is that her fault? I mean, unless we're just I know, playing no, no, up saying, the, I know if we're playing up the fault, fact that she's just psychotic, then yeah, if she if we're taking the psychotic but, but angle, sure. You see case. that all the time. You see, um, this mom doesn't like this uh, this other mom, so she takes it out on the kid. She's real mean to the kid, you, like well, soccer. Mom. Well, when there's murder, see that, when there's real, murder mean, involved, real mean changes, versus murder, yeah, it changes yeah. the changes the course. She she can she can think she's a bitch because of it, but killing her. 
is well I, i'm not saying that's the primary reason she killed her obviously her dead son has something to do with that well yeah that's, but you yeah. project more than you project even more at them because of that as well you know yeah i mean that can be added on to the fact that she killed her yeah it is if her killing billy is like the main motivation then sure the rest of it can be tacked on for like just more ire well, I mean, no. isn't it just Let's natural you're, the- you're going to go after the person that killed your son? I mean, it's just, it kind of makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't, he is I don't the mean, one that killed him, so. Well, clearly she moved away and got thin, so that's what it is. She yeah, fucking man. abandoned him. <laughs> well, she couldn't have done that shit 60 pounds overweight. I mean, fuck. <laughs> I mean, it actually make more sense. I mean, she's, <laughs> it would have made more sense 60 pounds heavier to throw fucking Randy in the fucking molester van the way she did. Jesus. <laughs> I still don't um, think that frame did that shit, man. That's ridiculous. I think that I think that the uh, uh, I think that the like the boyfriend character is weak. I feel like they just like the the original cast. Yo, you know, Vern is not Sydney. weak, man. Vern is not weak. What? Yeah, he is. Jerry O'Connell. Fucking yeah. Vern. Vern's awesome, man. See how see how slim he got by this he, movie. What does he do? I'm it's joking, awesome. dude. I'm joking. Uh, Fuck, you're so you know serious, he, dude. Oh my he, god, he's so butthurt about that opening conversation. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I totally demolished you guys in that opening conversation. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right, JP. Just all right. Laughable. Let's see your answer for this one. All right, this is my big gripe with that. All right, so like you know how Derek gets punished for um, giving his Greek letters to his girl, right? And why is nobody, why does no, like, like, they're literally carving him up with a fucking knife, like, when they hang him up. Like, he's gonna, like, have scars and shit from that. Like, why is nobody talking about, like, this mutilation from the fraternity? I don't even remember this scene, honestly. Like, when, when, like, you know, the cops come and take her away, and then the brothers come, and they're all in the brown hood, and they're like, you, you gave your letters away. And, like, they grab him <laughs> up, and they, yeah. like, carry him to the party, and they have him holsted up, they and they thing. have a yeah. knife. And, and that's why when, you know, he comes, and, like, they got the knife, and they're, like, riding on him, or, like, scratching, like, shit into him. So that's why, like, when he's hung up, um, when Mickey's, before Mickey shoots him, like he has all this Greek letter writing on him. Bunch of dickheads. But it's not like writing, like actually we're like cutting him. Did nobody else notice this? Yeah, yeah. Like, isn't that just the most, like they're mutilating yeah, him? Like, fu- what the yeah, fuck? Well, it's, be, it, I mean, they do explain it away because it was, it's totally against policy to give your to give your letters away right so, so it's okay to it's extreme, like, it's extreme hazing i guess you could call it but i mean it was stated that that's a big fucking no-no in the fraternities it's to a do that shit. Faux pas. yeah but yeah. i mean you're not gonna they said well, they're no, gonna it, kick his ass not fucking like, like actually him. like carve hieroglyphics yeah, into him like, yes. <laughs> like, like that's fucked the only up, people guys. that can read that shit are the aztecs <laughs> you know it's like holy shit man yeah, no, it's definitely extreme for sure, but yeah, they definitely do carve them up. It's kind of, it's just fucking, honestly, it's just fucking rude. Like, Jesus, man. He gives away some letters hate, and now he's I got just, hieroglyphics on him. It's like, holy shit. The, the thing I dislike most about this movie is just that, like, the main cast that you know is awesome, and then everybody else is just so bland. Like, who's all bland? Yeah, it feels like they're just placed kind of around yeah. 
the people from the, well, the, the, the leftovers like from the first movie. Rebe- Rebecca Gayhart and the other f- man, the one blonde chick in this movie with the really Ellen's dark, lover? yeah, the really dark fucking eyebrows. It just looks terrible. Like I noticed this shit. Wait, is this the one where they're like they're ki- the killers That's killing Ellen's people life. with the same the same names as? You know, yes, but, and they completely was, dropped that. When they say that, I'm like, I'm like, oh, good luck finding a Tatum. <laughs> oh yeah, P- Portia de Rossi or whatever her name is. Yeah, that's her. God, her eyebrows like her like her hair's so light, and they're like fucking these huge caterpillars on her head. I'm like, oh my god, seriously, still not as bad what as if, Courtney Cox's bangs in part three. But did <laughs> did you guys like Sarah Michelle Gellar in this? Man, I think her death was brutal Sexy. though. I feel like that scene goes on too long, too. Like, they tried to kind of recap, like... Redo. They tried to redo the Drew Barrymore Yeah, they tried to, but it's not like... as good at all. Yeah. I don't know. It's still pretty good, though. It, no, it is. I think it's actually... It's one of the more brutal ki- kills, honestly, I think in the it, first couple. Yeah. yeah. How about when Gail gets shot and plays dead? Like she did in the first one. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone knows um, how to just take off the fucking safety, apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. Yeah, she learned how to use a gun this this time. It's it saved her from this one. I don't know what it is, man. Like if they did this on purpose, because I, I mean, obviously Courtney Cox and David Arquette met like on the set of Scream. That's when they become a couple and shit like that. But like their relationship throughout the the franchise is like so corn. It's like so cheeseball. It's, it's a odd. soap opera. What's that? It's a soap opera. It is. It's like it's almost corny though. It's like I, I like know. it. I don't it's, know why. But I like it. I just think that it's like, oh, there's Gail and Dewey doing their old thing again. Like, I love just them comforting. together. I was sad when they broke up in real life. Yeah, but Arquette was, eh, he's all fucked up. But yeah. but then again, I would have probably left her too after she cut her bangs and fucked up her face with fucking <laughs> Botox and shit. God, how do you do that, man? Oh yeah, Courtney Cox looks good in this movie, though, man, with her red fucking. Oh, dude, hair. her streaks. looks good. This is like the hottest the cast has ever been. Yeah, I agree. even Sydney's Bob looks good. Yeah, I agree. I think they um, definitely got a more mature look. Like I can't. I could, I was shocked. It like because I even told Luis the other night. I was like, dude, freaking. Courtney Cox is hot as fucking Scream Two, and then I was like shocked when I got to Scream Three. I was like, is that the same woman? It was just three years later. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Actually, you know what? she had no boobs in that one. Come to think of it, man, in the beginning of this film when fucking Cotton Weary is being ta- uh, interviewed on the talk show at the beginning, that's actually Kevin Williamson doing uh-huh. the interview. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And also, uh, I kind of like what they do with the Cotton Weary character in this one. They set him up as a red herring because he has the motivation, right? I mean, I spent a year in prison. You're not giving me the time of day. You Thank you. Owe me this. I was actually just going to bring that. I was leading into that whole thing about how they totally use him as a red herring big time because it actually makes complete fucking sense that he'd want revenge. But, you know, I mean, the motivation is a little bit far fetched because, like, would you really want to go back to jail for some shit like after you just... Kind of well, he's, just, he's just a douche though <laughs> like that's he, all he is he is a douche but like he is a douche he said <laughs> he kind of saves it he helps save the day and shit like that no, i mean no. even even no, the he, scene he at the end know. he's clearly he contemplating her. clean killing her he at least unless her he's playing. life yeah. i don't know is he supposed like, to be is he supposed to be like faking the killer out though i think that what he's I've, all, I've always taken it i think it he that really wanted the interview <laughs> I don't know. I think he was fucking around, man. Honestly, I think he was. 
yeah, because I've always leaned towards that moods. Yeah, I don't think but, that he was intending to do the wrong, but I don't know. Ten thousand dollars is a lot of money. Yeah, but it's is it worth it? That like ten grand? I mean, it's not though. I don't know. Like I always felt bad. Like when he's like walking out by himself, and like she's like, "Talk to Cotton. He's your hero." And then like they come up to him, and he was just like, "Up." Oh, there's a time and like, and he's all happy that they're yeah. coming to him. Yeah, and then I like he's just that like, There's a because... time and a price. <laughs> like, yeah. like, all right, you're not so sad anymore. You know, are I you mean, the dude did spend a year in prison. Like, that's pretty shitty. You want him to get a happy ending. And then, but like, they all just like leave her. I highly doubt that they would literally just leave her. She was just attacked twice, like in t- a two years' time. Like, they're not just gonna go talk to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you know what's so funny, man? In the fucking stab movie, David Schwimmer plays Dewey. <laughs> but you don't get to see Luke him. Wilson plays fucking Billy. That's the best thing Luke Wilson's ever done. Yeah, I think they. I think they just mentioned it, but it's just kind of fucking funnier that whole Friends connection and shit. Kind of hilarious. There's a lot of little things like that, man. I really wish yeah. they had of like explored, you know, like during the mystery and the narrative. I wish they had of like. Because they, they allude to it, you know, if, when they're doing the investigation. After the first three murders, they kind of put it together that it's total copycat by the names and shit like that. I actually really kind of like that thing. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it sucks that they dropped it. it. It does suck because it works absolutely perfect as a sequel narrative, right? To have a yeah, copycat it, killer who's killing, oh, wait a minute, these names are matching up to these victims and stuff. You're like, oh, shit. And then it literally just gets dropped. It doesn't even go anywhere Yeah, after that, that would make more sense as Mickey's motive, honestly. Yeah, man. Yep, it does. It does. So it's kind of a missed opportunity right there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So. You guys have much more on this one? Uh, that was all mine. No. Um, uh, well, the cameraman's no, funny as hell in this movie, too. I think he's fucking legitimately funny. Oh, cameraman's great. Yeah, uh, I love yeah. the cameraman. Probably the best character besides the main cast. Yeah, he is. Uh, when uh, Hallie says, did you get that on film? Like, she ad-libbed that. And then he goes, yes, I got that on film. He ad-libbed <laughs> that back to her. Oh, really? And she was like, yeah. Awesome. And she's just like, what do you mean? You just one up me. And, like, they left that take on film. Like, I don't know. Like, she was pissed that, like, because she ad-libbed that. She's like, ooh, that was fire. And then he came back with that. <laughs> Shut up. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that's good. <clears throat> Ratings. Lacey. Yes. Um, I I love this film, too. I don't I don't care what you say. Um, you know, at the soundtracks, the soundtracks um, to the first two movies, and I actually like the fourth one too. But like, I like listen to these like religiously growing up. So um, this one more so. Um, yeah, I, I I think the kills are brutal. Um, you know, it made me cry. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I, this is uh, nine point five. Mike. Oh, but you know what? It's a ten. It's a ten. It's a ten. Never mind. Holy I'm shit! Sure. Everyone Whoa. thought she was going downward. She's like, no, no, not no. It's ten. Shit. I, I mean, I have my problems with it, but I fucking love it, and it like has my heart. So it's a ten. Okay. Uh, Mike. Uh, this is getting a fucking. <laughs> what am I gonna give this one? I'm giving this one a seven out of ten. It's 
I don't know. The, the characters I don't find nearly as interesting, I, besides the holdovers from the first movie. Um, I didn't like the... I, I, I was fine with Billy Loomis's mom being the killer. That made sense. But the other dude, it just seems like it was like ham-fisted in because, oh, let's do the second killer thing again. <sighs> yeah, it, this one was a step down for me. And, and just wait till we get to the next one. But... Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, I still, like, enjoyed it. It's not like I disliked the movie. I just felt like coming off such a great movie in the first one that, you know, this one was just okay for me. Yeah, okay. I, th- I think that this one, for me, it's just missed opportunities. I, I just mentioned a couple of them, man. I think even, like, the, the whole third act, like, the main, the, the battle at the end and shit is pretty fucking... I don't know, it's lame, it gets a little bit repetitive and shit, they kind of redo what they did in the first one, and stuff. I'm like, okay, I mean, we've seen this story before, um, I don't know, man, well, but I think my major problem is, is that the fucking, just the motives, man, like, the, with, um, with Mickey is like, it's like retarded, it's so stupid. But it, that theater backdrop was dope, and when she's like, fucking with, uh, Mrs. Loomis with the rocks fucking falling and shit, and like, she's tearing down that set, that's a badass fucking scene. But the whole, but the stupid thing about those rocks is that they're totally foam. <laughs> yeah, like, really. she wouldn't even have been fucked I up at all. I always thought that, too. I was like, why the fuck would those rocks hurt anybody? Yeah, because it's a set, they're not Because Mrs. Loomis is a <laughs> pussy? Yeah, right? Well, so, she, of course she's gonna get well, up from that shit, she they're fucking, fucking foam. She treated Randy like a bitch, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I honestly think that, like, I wish they had it done something different in the script and not had the double killer angle considering what the motive turned out to be with mickey and shit i'm like it's just the whole third act i don't really think it's that great i really don't man um i think that one thing i do like i do like the fact that cotton weary is like a major red herring in this like he does have that motive actually would have been kind of cool if they used that because you know i mean in the first film they kind of give it to you all film and it turns out it actually is fucking billy Right? If they had it done that for the second, I think I actually would have probably liked it even more, even though it's kind of stupid to be redundant. But at the same time, I think it would have been better than having a motive the movies maybe do it. Really? Come on, dude. Um, this one actually has a couple decent kills, man. I like when the cop gets his fucking face smashed pretty fucking hardcore. Um, mm-hmm. Sarah Michelle Geller kills actually pretty good. I think the kills are actually better in this movie than they are in the first one. Um, it's just not a better movie in itself. Uh, yeah, I mean... Dude, and I gotta say, man, one of the most cringeworthy fucking moments, dude, is the goddamn Jerry O'Connell Opening. fucking no, his song in the cafeteria. Oh, oh dude, God. it's so I understand that they're what they're spoofing and shit. I get it, but it's so legitimately cringeworthy, man. It's but see that, and that's the type of bullshit that makes movies like this run at almost two hours when it. They don't need to be that long. Well, and that's yeah, the, and, and that's, my, and, that and that's my other point that I was going to bring up too. So this one actually is longer than the original. I think this one's about ten minutes longer, and it feels like it is. It the pacing isn't as good. Like it's you know it's got a decent opening, but it does slow down in the middle of it. There's a little bit, a lot of you know, kind of. There's just a lot of characters. There's a lot of slow, slow loop, moving fucking development and stuff, but. And then the payoff isn't as good. So this one actually does feel like a full fledged two hour slasher film where it totally can't shouldn't be. Um, I, I, you know, with all that stuff said, I think that, um, it's not overly horrible at all. It's still kind of entertaining for what it is. I mean, at least it has some decent, uh, decent kills in this one and stuff, but I'm also going to come in at about a seven out of 10. So, um, I never really 
thought that this one was as great as people say. Um, but I, I definitely liked it more watching it this time than I ever have uh, in the past. I haven't probably seen it in t- 10 years. Um, it's a it's a very solid follow-up to me. I don't like the casting of the killer. I think that the motivation is good, uh, except for the second killer. I don't think his motivation is good, but I don't think it was supposed to be good either. It was... It was he was crazy, you know. That his, his it didn't matter what his motivation was because he was nuts. Um, so, but the, the the reason why that doesn't work though is because it's, he's not showcased that he's fucking crazy throughout the movie. All of a sudden, he's just legit crazy in, in the third act. Yeah, I feel, I mean, that's, I feel like that's, a, that's a fair character. point. He he does. That's why yeah, I find the motivation I mean, to be completely. Point. I mean, if if the movies made him do it, you think he would have. He would show the audience I, a little bit of moments of being a little bit crazy, but then again, is that not a huge fucking? But tell? is he saying the movies made him do it, or is he saying that's what he wants people to believe? No, he said he's going to tell them. Yeah, he's gonna. He's he's he wants. He's gonna tell them. Like he's not actually blaming them. He's just going to make them believe that he's blaming them because yeah. he wants. You know, he's but not it, actually blaming them. But doesn't that so make him I crazy? I fucked up on my poll today. But, but e- doesn't that even make him well, crazy sh- in itself? Because, like, who the fuck is just going to believe that shit? It makes but, him stupid. Well, at the time... Well, yeah, it makes him stupid, not... At the time, people were realistic... Like, now we laugh at that. At the yeah. time, people were realistically trying to convince people that movies could do that. Yeah. True. Okay, we did get a great line out of this movie. Like, think of all the parents who are like burning Eminem albums or something. You know, <laughs> of course they use Eminem albums. Oh, Jesus Christ! <sighs> it's just but, always the picture I have in my head from the news when I was younger. Yeah, the, for, for me and Mike, it was NWA and Public Enemy tapes. Anything that yeah, was two, powerful two live, had a voice. Two live crew when we were alive for that. Yeah, two live crew, man. Oh yeah, fuck that fucking. Oh yeah. Booty shaking motherfucker. I, I think the difference between that though is that Eminem was influencing suburbia, like white suburbia, you know what I mean? So it was like a bigger deal, I guess. Well, actually, um, that's that's actually funny that you bring that up because the majority, like 90% of record sales, even in those days, was white suburbia buying public enemy and NWA tapes. That was actually one of the biggest backlashes. Really? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, so I actually really like this movie. I think it's a great follow-up. Um, feels like a sequel. Um, nowhere near as good as the first one, but I still came in at 8 out of 10. Oh, Damn, I'm really surprised you came in that high considering... Considering the conversation we had about the beginning that didn't have any real... Well, I, 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 I just don't remember you saying all the movie at all. I don't remember you saying more than like one or two positive things the whole time. <laughs> it was an eight, so it's like... Yeah, uh, I mean, I did... I did cover more of the negatives, I guess. That I would say sometimes. so. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, but I didn't really say that much negative either. Other than I just thought that the casting was bad and that some of the characters were bland. But I, I also said I really liked the stuff between Dewey and Gale, and um, you know, I like the uh, you know the sequel esque of the roles and stuff like that with Randy and the classroom stuff where they're talking about sequels and you know. Um, house house two and shit <laughs> that's fun um sequels are you know sequels are inferior by definition you know and it's a sequel so it's like they're almost saying like hey it's gonna be hard to live up to the first one yeah and that, I, know, that's the other thing i was gonna say too usually in a sequel they try to amp up the kills get a little bloodier and shit which they did do that in this even though it's not like insanely heightened up it still is prevalent there so and i like how they swerve you too where they say like you know the sequel expect main characters to die and stuff like that um 
Mm-hmm. And then they swerve you because really uh, it was only Randy. Yeah, which he eventually called his own death, though, too, which, mm-hmm. again, kind of pisses me off. Did you guys notice the Wes Craven cameo in this one? Yes, I can't remember right now. He's in the hospital, and uh, yeah, yeah. There was actually a really funny outtake oh, yeah, with yeah, him. Yeah, like yeah. he's walking with a nurse, and then like, or he was like walking with his wife, and uh, she goes away, and then like two seconds later, you see him grab a nurse. <laughs> like it's hilarious. So oh, yeah, if you that, haven't seen that, I, that, I was <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, that's right. So in the opening scene with Jada Pinkett when she orders her popcorn, who the fuck gets no butter on their popcorn? Okay, that's the second nitpick I've had about popcorn in this. What the fuck am I doing? Like, seriously, is that, is that what I've come to with my life? I just nitpick sure about popcorn scenes. Crazy, but like, mm. seriously, who gets who orders a popcorn without fucking butter? Man, this is ridiculous. Jada Pinkett. See, when I go to the cinema with the wife, man, we'll get a popcorn with butter. She'll literally eat the top layer and then hand me the fucking rest of the popcorn. I'm like, fuck you, man. Does me every time. Yeah. All right, so that is Scream Deuce. Hello? Hello? Who is this? Who is this? Um, who's calling? Um, who's calling? Gail, Dewey, whoever, um, call me back. I can only hear myself. I only hear you too, Sydney. Who is this? The question isn't who I am. The question is, who's with me? Sydney, stay away! Sydney! Don't do it. If you do one thing to attract attention to yourself, one thing, I'll kill them both. All right, so moving along into the 2000s, we have exited the golden 90s with uh, Scream 3, also directed by Wes Graham. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, quick little <laughs> synopsis here. While Sydney and her friends visit the Hollywood set of Stab 3, the third film based on the Woodsboro murders, another ghost face killer rises to terrorize them. I'm going to say right off the hop, this movie already off. loses three fucking... This movie already loses three points because Courtney Cox's bangs are atrocious. Well, that's not even the fucking plot of the movie. Sydney and her friends visit the set... Like, yeah. I don't really feel like that's the I mean, plot. they eventually visit the set, but it's they kind of coaxed into going there, yeah, a little bit. So. Well, mm-hmm. no, sh- well, no, that is what happens. Like, the, the killer lures Sydney out of fucking hiding. Oh, it's fucking IMDb, if, if you ever expect the fucking... <laughs> no, it's, it's part of a running joke on here, because I just, like, read them off, and then if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, and... Sometimes they're, like, way off. Like, we've read synopsis before, and I'm like, that's not even the synopsis of the movie. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Like, that's... uh, Whoever wrote that should fucking die. I mean, it's kind of like the short and long (laughs) of it, really. Because, I mean, essentially, man, our killer is kind of luring them in a little bit. Well, they're not there to visit the set. Like That's true. That is true. Like, Dewey's fucking working there. Um, You know, Gail is there because the cops brought her on. And then the killer lures Sydney out. Like, so... They're not there visiting the fucking set. I mean, like, actually, I don't know. I'll, bringing I'll up try. Dewey, bringing up Dewey, I totally fucking forgot to bring him up in Scream 2. How the fuck did he survive when he got stabbed all fucking, and then abandoned? He was alive him. in the first one. 
Uh, oh, and he was alive in the second one. It showed yeah, him. Yeah, he get, he's like a fucking cat, dude. This guy's got... He gets fucked up more than anybody. Well, in he all actually four was supposed to die in the first one, and then they didn't... They thought Last they, minute. Yeah, last minute. They reshot the scene and was like, put your arm up or something to show you're alive. At first, they shot him just being dead. Yeah. Hmm. I but mean, in the second one, he got stabbed pretty fucking bad and left there and then all of a sudden oh yeah he's being stretched out like man he would have bled out all right we gotta talk about the opening scene go ahead so 100 percent, 100 percent cotton <laughs> i mean all right that that's kind of that's clever in itself no, it's honestly it's a, actually a, one of the best parts of this movie it was it's <laughs> just this billboard that says 100 percent cotton that's yeah, a great well, that's a great that, name for a talk show man Awesome. Yeah, it was a it was a joke that they had when he was doing the sequel. He's like, well, you know, if you ever bring me back, you should make me a TV host, and we'll call my show 100% Cotton. <laughs> and funny. so, so they actually did. It. So that was, um, yeah. But oh man, like I remember like sitting in the theater watching this opening, and I was just like, is this fucking for real? Is this is this is what's happening? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it just it did it didn't feel like the other two films. Like, I um, mean, I love. I, I like the opening enough. I I don't like the voice changing gimmick in this one though. I, I just feel like it's bullshit. Like technology wise, well, it doesn't make sense because how are they capturing the voices to do? It just didn't make any sense to me. When you haven't even met the person, but like, so you're recording the voice and then you can use that tone to like have your own dialogue. Yeah, they're basically saying the voice changer has is a technology that can imitate voices yeah. it doesn't make sense no, i never liked it that's retarded along with the like the supernatural type of fucking voice angle they have and like there's some stupid ass points in this but the fact that the fact <laughs> that they just they totally fucking knock off cotton right away i was like what a missed opportunity man that sucks it's stupid like if you watch like the outtakes like um god it's it's so bad and it's so awkward like they do like an alternate uh openings for the um this and it's where he, right before he gets stabbed to death, um, he says, "But I'm in the sequel. Like, what does that even fucking mean? Like, <laughs> what? This is, really? Yeah, that. I guess that, that's well, they didn't use like, that one. They did it like twice, though, like in two different scenes. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, but there is this one part where like he jumps through like the roof, like this glass thing, and it like the knife goes like straight through his leg, which is actually a really dope shot." But the rest of the whole thing just like fucking sucked. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and then with the girlfriend, uh, Kelly Rutherford, is that her name? I believe. Yeah, she was um, from uh, um, fucking Melrose Place. And Gossip Girl. Oh, I didn't watch that one, but I absolutely am a super freak fan of Melrose Place. I loved Melrose Place. Oh my god, I've seen every episode like three times. I've watched that series like three times. It's amazing. Anyways, so there's Uh, me admitting some shit that, whatever. There you. I'm not ashamed of. Well, one of the fucked up things is she's like, I know you. She goes, you know, I don't like your stab games. So does that mean he does like shit like that often? Yeah. Like right? he fucks with her. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's really, like, what do you mean? I mean, I guess mm-hmm. it's not super surprising, but that makes me think more that he might have been joking with Sydney in the sequel. But I mean, that mm-hmm. that's pretty fucked up. I wouldn't want to like play. I don't think he was games. joking in that. I just think that he was like playing the killer, like like playing uh, like trying to trick her. 
But yeah, it, yeah and the, yeah, it clearly Cotton's a dick in this. Yeah, one. like that's odd, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But no, I just really didn't like this opening. Um, I, I I did like I kind of liked the you know the the picture um, leaving a trail. Um, that was a different kind of unique take, I guess, from whatever. Something, but. something I mentioned on Twitter that actually, you know, I haven't seen this movie in a long time, probably like ten years. But um, the aspect of Maureen Prescott um, trying to be an actress at one point and uh, getting taken advantage of in Hollywood, I thought it was really eerie, considering. What oh, we know about the circumstances, yeah. Um, Harvey mm-hmm. Weinstein, and mm-hmm. I was wondering, is that was that like saying something without saying something from either Williamson or uh, you know somebody else writing the film or Wes Craven? Well, you put know, it this like, way, the, it, people knew about that shit for a long time, so maybe it could be coincidental. But I mean, it could be. It could be them trying to say something for sure. It's eerie now. I'll tell you yeah, that. I mean, is. obviously they are talking. It, Regardless, that just makes it's them a, more it meta. It's a commentary on, um, you know, that Hollywood. type of stuff being in raped and gangbang. Yeah, yeah. And, but it's even more eerie once you know about Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, this week he actually did get convicted of um, one of his. Um, I, I don't know if it was exactly rape or it was something along those lines, mm-hmm. uh, which is odd that that happened the week that we record the franchise show but yeah very eerie i was like wow that's that's really on the nose for something that nobody probably you know looked at looked at any deeper than the regular commentary at the time but now watching it it's like wow and you know it was odd like watching like the documentaries and like you see like bob weinstein harvey's not in a single one of them and this was obviously like pre like way like when these documentaries came out like it was way before like any of this ever even happened so i I found it odd that he wasn't even like a part of it at all it was just bob yeah yep yeah um i i kind of like the um the meta of like this is they're filming stab three um i don't know i just always kind of dug that whole i hate this cast that they're filming stab three and it's you know it's the third one yeah yeah creating the trilogy i kind of i kind of like the angle that they take you know when you're doing it when you're doing a trilogy in the third one you have to you have to incorporate information that wasn't given to you in the, in the original film. Yeah. That's what I was kind of getting at. Like that whole thing. I really, I really like that. Yeah. So they basically kind of flush out the whole, uh, Marine Prescott character and they, they give her this angle where, yeah, like you just mentioned that she was once an aspiring actress who had a different name and things like that. And Mm, and of course some bad shit happened and stuff. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it, it kind of works and stuff. I mean, I don't know. I don't it know. Works, if I'm, it works because out of convenience, but it just starts to get too fantastical. And well, so it, like, it, come it on, does, how, how yeah. much are you going to stretch these people? Well, that's out? the thing with with her estranged son and shit like that. And like it, it, the thing I don't like about where the narrative goes, and they try to incorporate the fact that he um, mastermind the original mastermind the whole thing. And I'm like, so if he masterminded this whole thing, and Sydney lives. Where the fuck was he during the actual sequel and shit? Like, he just, okay, I'm just going to go on with my life, do my shit, do some more directing and stuff, and then 
oh, she survives another thing, so I'm going to have to take this into my own hands. Like, I just, I don't know, man. It just seems fucking ridiculous to me, man. Yeah, and again, it's like, it what, is, it what is he killing her for? Right? It just makes no sense. I hate the fact that they take that away from the first film, though, too, incorporate yeah. this was the mastermind. I think that's the worst part about it. It's not even that it's completely ridiculous, but I don't know, man. That whole angle is kind of ridiculous. I like, I, I do like the whole... You know, I mean, it's kind of funny in a sense. I mean, it's not really Maureen's fault that she was kind of. A I slut? mean, I mean, in a sense, she is a fucking. Slut. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of funny. I mean, she. I understand this though. In those times, she gets like, slutter each film. A lot of a lot of <laughs> people try to get ahead in Hollywood by sleeping their way to the top. I mean, it's a very common theme and stuff. But it's it's kind of funny when you put it into perspective that like the the f- original trilogy of Scream, the whole movies are products of Maureen being a fucking whore. <laughs> that's the reason for all these movies is that she was a fucking whore she, well, well, she, she, well, she constantly no. fucks the wrong guy over well, and over well, well no I think what happened was that or what they're alluding to in this is that you know the the Hollywood made her that way I know but it's also uh, her choice to be that she knows what's going to entail too I don't think that she wanted to be like fully gangbanged and raped and have children you know shit like well, that. I don't he, think that's part of her plan but what do you mean this, she didn't want to be fucked three ways from Sunday? But I think I think the the fact of the matter is that she put herself in a situation where, you know, she didn't want things to turn that way. But she was still going to sleep her way to the tops. Hence her being a slut. So. Yeah, I, th- I actually think it's kind of interesting to not to actually make her not a good person in in the fact that she you know cheated on her husband and stuff like that, because it, it gives it get it, it's not typical right like you wouldn't you normally wouldn't see something like that where normally the mother would just be an in- oh. innocent victim or something uh, yeah like later on yeah with she had fucking, some starry eyes with billy's dad yeah i mean and I, cotton and cotton mm-hmm. and also the fact that they even throw in too with her estranged son like it, the reason for his full motivation was that i guess he had shown up at the place you know trying to make a relationship with her and she's like no you're my bastard yeah. fucking son and shit like that. And it just made her even look even worse. Like you can't mm-hmm. even accept right? me, even though I actually am your mom. I just want to have a relationship. And then of course he goes and fucking masterminds this whole thing, which I hate that angle. I think that's so fucking stupid. Well, I, I did like how he did use the videotape and it shows cotton and it shows Billy's dad, the actual actor from, you know, the first one. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, um, that, that actually does. That actually is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like, it's almost like the one thing where you're like, okay, at least they tried to make uh, some sort of realistic connection visually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. I do give him credit for that. I, I I do agree with you though that the concept of him masterminding this thing it just doesn't make sense for um, narrative wise because if there was somebody who was masterminding it, not Stu and Billy wouldn't have acted the way they did. Uh, because they were 100% selling it in the original, like, you know, it's them. So exactly. there was no well, way they would have... all that dialogue, like, you know, why not mm-hmm. do this shit and, like, stuff like that. Then the, you just wouldn't say that, right? Mm-hmm. If you were being manipulated and masterminded into doing this stuff, you wouldn't say shit like that. You just wouldn't mm-hmm. act like... It's stupid. Yeah, you, it, and there's the no, way, there's no way he wouldn't have been, like, looming around somewhere to make sure the job gets finished in case they fuck up or something. Right? Know? I mean, that's what, I, and that's what I'm saying. Like, these events happen, and then part two happens, and then it's all of a sudden, okay, I'm just going to jump on this bandwagon. Fuck that. I think one of the other coolest things is the detective in this who's played the, by... The one, Patrick Dempsey is fucking Detective Kincaid. <laughs> the one thing that, that you can say is... Just because Roman tells us that he masterminded it doesn't mean that he actually did. He could have just met Billy and 
you know, shared his opinions on on marine and and influenced him and to him you know just said like hey like just revealed to him even like hey i have this video of your dad you know, or he got mom. the footage from billy potentially yeah but i'm just saying it, it's from he's telling us that there's no actual proof that he did mastermind it um that's because you can't go back three years yeah, but, but I mean, I'm, I'm saying like yeah. he could just be an ego- egotistical dude who wants to take credit for it as well i don't think uh, so i'm just saying i'm not i'm not saying that that's what i think is happening i'm just saying that you could use use that as you know and uh, a little bit of a help to accept it I mean, if this guy was so, if, I mean, if he masterminded this whole thing and stuff and he waits like all these years later to go and do what he did, I mean, he, he's going to pretty extreme levels here. I mean, he's a kind of a well-respected director in, you know, doing these stab movies and in Hollywood and things like that. He's got a career and do you stuff. Think- like to go out of your way to kill your fucking cast in the order of the film and shit just to lure in fucking Sydney is just like... <laughs> It's like, do you think it's so yeah, it's outrageous? Like an awfully big production it's, it's, to get the job done. It's, it's probably easier to make the damn movie with multiple problem production problems and do something like that. It's like it's, it's shoddy fucking right. It is. It's do you so think it would have worked ridiculous. better if he would have if, if if like he would have acted like he masterminded the thing, but um, there was some like dialogue. It's like no, he just fucking seen that happen and it influenced him. Like, hey, I could probably. Uh, take this further or something like that. Do you think it would have worked better if like some, I'm not, I don't know exactly how they would have did it, but if somehow they was like, nah, he's just fucking crazy. He just wanted to take credit for it. Um, and you know, did his own thing. Do you think that would have worked really related? No, 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 no. They were really related and stuff. Like I'm saying like he, he saw what Billy and Stu did and then what Billy's mother did. And then was like, already had this pent up aggression and was like I can do it you know I'm gonna you are really reaching right now like no I'm like I can do it he's trying to come up with an alternative I'm not saying that that's what they did I'm saying do you think you would have accepted that that more than what happened if it was done in that way instead I just kind of wish this movie never fucking happened probably I mean I think it (laughs) works a little bit better it's it's pretty extreme you know it kind of bugs me too because like Jennifer or Jenny McCarthy dies so early and she was like she still is like the love of my life. I think it would have been. It, I think it would have made more sense if he was like related to Billy somehow than her. I mean, and then he could have been like or Stu, you know, or Stu. I mean, I think that would even been better because we already had the Billy family member, and it could have been like, hey, Stu was my brother that got. It just did these trends, you know. It's like fucking part well, one and two have these double the killers, problem. and then part three they have a, a, a strange family member, and then part four there's a fucking another family member. I'm like, can you guys just? Not do honestly, this in twos. like I They're mean, doing the death wish, <laughs> right? It's the thing. The thing about the whole doing a sequel to these is, you're never going to get something that that feels possible that it would happen. Oh, the, the third time, and oh, a fourth time, and like, how are you going to make the killer this time? Like, yeah, none of none of the hard. ways that you do it are going to feel believable. So I think that you either accept it or you don't. In in order to get a, a sequel with these characters. Or, uh, with each other otherwise you just do uh, a slasher you know like the tv series where it's just different people and, yeah. and do it meta and it's, i actually prefer it this way you know it's hard to do that. this 
when at the end of each movie the killers die, but then the new killers are going after the same person. Because then you have to come up with these cockamamie excuses and write in these weird yeah, it's circumstances. reasons why. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least in this movie they explain it away. It's like okay, it's the it's the wraparound. You know, it's the the third part. We need to incorporate all this new information. Like, I mean, they tell you that up front, so it is going to get a little bit ludicrous with the yeah. The everything you stuff. thought you knew, you you know you're exactly. So now we got to incorporate. You know, we have this strange son and i set up this and that i mean all that stuff they tell you they're going to do right and it even it, stuff it, like is it good fact, no but at least it's explained away right so. i feel even bad that for that, scott foley i feel like he was the best part you know like even though like we don't necessarily like you know the whole story the way it played out i think he was probably one of the best actors in this film yeah the cast this movie kind of sucks eh yeah, like I just really didn't. Um, I mean, I kind of like know, Lance with, Hendrickson as the fucking as John Milton. I thought that was kind of cool. But. Final cut. You know when he actually cut him, he literally threw him down. <laughs> like, and Lance was like pissed. Like it, Scott, the way Scott fully talks about it, he's like, yeah, he came in and you know he wanted to wear his you know watch, this really expensive watch, and he wanted to make sure that that was on set, and you know there was a big shot of it. Like I guess he was. I'm assuming he might be kind of douchey or something, but, um, uh, but like when, um, when he throws him down after he cuts his throat, he literally like threw him down and like, he like got hurt. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I do like, like the fact that in that, in that, that initial conversation where we get introduced to, to Milton and shit, fucking Roger Corman's actually there and they're talking about like low budget horror filmmaking. I thought that was pretty cool. I always like to see shit like that because it's fucking um, Roger Corman. He's like the king. He's like, he's like the king of it, man. He's like the fucking mm-hmm. king of it. So it's kind of cool. So even the uh, thing with Randy is like super convoluted, but it's one of those things where I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I, I like seeing Randy and I like seeing the, it, it, like, yeah, he would not have made this video or whatever, but yeah, it's so dumb, right? I, I'm willing to forgive it just for the fact to get more like, uh, you know, meta stuff with Randy it, I, it doesn't make sense, but I, I'll, I'll, t- I'll accept it just to get that. I just feel like they, they heard the backlash from the way they killed off Randy in the second one. They're like, well, we got to kind of make it up by died. bringing him back into the third one. And I'm like, he should have fucking made it through. He should have beat the rule, right? It shouldn't have been an exception to the rule. Like he was calling that shit. He should have fucking lived. That would have been the appropriate and right thing to do, considering he was one of the only major likable characters in this entire fucking franchise. It's like, fuck, dude. What a fucking mistake. Man. Well, they break the rules all the time. and, and Well, they even, make the rules to break the rules, right? So it does yeah, make like sense. Like, even in the yeah. first film, Sydney's like, I don't like horror movies. It's usually some ditzy uh, girl who runs up the stairs when she should have went out the door. And then the next thing she does is she runs up the stairs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, they definitely, yeah. So. Um, but, yeah, no, this one, uh, I, I think that, like, all the um, – character the actors who are playing the real life versions like i think a lot of people hate all those Mm -hmm. um but i kind of don't because they are supposed to be parodied of like like hey these people are not like the real people you know and stuff like that so i I don't know i don't i don't mind it as much as everybody else i I know that's usually one of the big complaints that all those characters were annoying and i'm like yeah but they're really kind of supposed to be annoying it's just too exaggerated though like even them as like normal human beings like i mean people don't act like that (laughs) yeah i mean i mean look at parker posey i mean she like i don't know i've never met anybody like her (laughs) 
is this just like a movie thing but the scene where where sydney's fucking uh is in that room and she's like looking for the uh i guess not the trap door but the bookshelf door like she's like throwing she's like throwing fucking books around and shit like she knows the you know the trap is there i'm like what the fuck man is that like totally just a movie thing like you just expect it's going to be there because because they even talk about it where they don't know where this this hidden screening room is right Right. And shit, and I'm like, okay, so she's like frantically trying to find this thing, and then she finds the handle and opens up the bookshelf door, and then goes into this thing, and I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Jesus, man! In that mind state, you're actually looking for that shit, like you're thinking about that. Okay, hmm. but I just thought it was kind of funny because it's like so ridiculous. Like every fucking movie has one of those, right? <laughs> yeah, but kind of cool though. Like in in retrospect, like if you were if you had that house. To have a screening room like in located in the middle of your house like that, like all kind of hidden and shit, that's pretty fucking cool, man. I thought that was neat. I was like, I want for me, that. for me, the one of the worst things is the Jay and Silent Bob cameo. Yeah, but you know, it made it made sense if, because if they, they were, were so big if at the they time. were there playing that like on set because they're filming Jay and Silent Bob. I think I would have accepted it better, but they're they're just supposed to be like like real people in that movie, like. Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> well, but are, but are they though? Because they are I don't at the know. set. But no, because they are at the set and they are playing their characters, Jay and Silent Bob. It, if that's what it is, I'll. I'll but see, it I would see. I, I think it is explained away because honestly, dude, they are at the sets and there's multiple sets there, so it, it does right, kind of make sense. I'll roll with it. I much rather prefer that being the case that they were on. They were, you know, there. That's because the way I always saw it. I always saw it because, I mean, Kevin, I just associate him with Miramax and well, Dimension and shit. Like, all of the stuff was released through them, and it just kind of made sense. And he, they were a little Wes, more popular. It made sense that they would be at one, one of the sets. Wes Craven was in um, Jalen Silent Bob as a cameo for them, though, as well. Yeah. yeah. In that same movie. Yeah. So, because they were filming mm-hmm. at the same time. So, I mean, it's just kind of cool. They're friends. Yeah. It's like the Linda Blair thing. I mean, thing. it's not the first time that's ever happened where they're literally filming on different sets and someone does a camp. Yeah. It's it's happened before. It's just I don't know. It's just like bug me because it's like it it like almost breaks. It's like jump the shark moment type stuff to me. Yeah, I mean I get what you're saying. It's too campy. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Yeah, the only, I, don't, the, I don't have a ton on this one. Honestly, the only, me the the last thing that I have is um you know where Sydney's hearing and seeing things. You know, like when her mom is um, after she's attacked by the killer in her fake bedroom and the um, and then she goes into like the mom's room and she's like hearing like voices like her mom or whatever. And you're just like me. Like, what is this? And then like she's talking to Detective Kincaid and he's like, I know you're haunted. And then, like, the killer calls. Yeah, and that goes, feels like it was written by fucking another human. But that doesn't even yeah. make sense. Like, why would he say that? Well, and then the like, killer what evidence calls. evidence does he know The that? writing like, shitty. The it's killer just, calls and he goes, or am I just in your head? Like, how do you know, like, any, like, I, it just drives me fucking nuts. Dude, that's it's such stupid. bad writing. It's fucking, I hate that whole supernatural voice. It's garbage. It makes no sense that he would even say that shit. It's fucking retarded. So bad. It's so stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I'm glad we all agree on that. Oh, it's so <laughs> bad. Okay, okay, explain this. I understand that they explain about Sydney's mother 
And, you know, like she was trying to make her way and she did a few of these Milton films and stuff like that. But she was kind of like a secondary third character. You know, she was never, you know, out in the the forefront and stuff. So explain this to me. If she appeared in, you know, a bunch of movies, say a handful of movies. Mm -hmm. Is it? I mean, I guess it is plausible. It's possible to keep that a hidden secret for your like whole life. And no one ever knew that you were in movies before. But well, she changed her name. Yeah, I know, but she still has a face, though. Mm, her these name. Were, these were like super B movies. Man. I know, I know, but like you, but you think that nobody in the history, like I mean, people have obviously seen these movies. You don't think she ever would have been recognized? That information would have ever came out that she appeared in a After couple. She mo- had a major. I mean, now maybe, but brutally this is murdered. Thousand where the internet's not so big and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, but TV, I was think it's possible. But I mean, but I think it's possible that that information would come out eventually. I mean, because this is like from the seventies. This is like twenty five years later. Well, she would have been she would have been killed in like at 95 yeah so like 20 years so so 20 years later kind of thing right so um but you know what i'm saying though i mean if you were in like three low budget corman films from you know the corman-esque type movies from the 70s as a, a younger woman and you know pre-internet I, I think it's possible that well i mean if it was you know. us like clearly we would know but if it's like a normal average person that doesn't watch you know those kind of films they're randy not might know. well that's randy okay that's where I, that's where <laughs> i was how did leading randy into, not know that's what i was leading into i mean you got a oh. film geek like randy who knows all this like fucking trivial shit and stuff like don't you think he would have put? He probably he worked at a fucking uh, movie his, store. You don't uh, think he would have on his video? On, dude, on his I don't VHS even know. Tab, he's like Sydney. There's one more thing. Dude, Your I mom's a slut. Yeah, but on the flip side, JP, like someone like Derek, who literally knows everybody in like background characters in movies and shit. Like his memory for characters is insane. He's yeah, the exception to the rule. Think, I think it's. I think it's plausible. I think it's. Plausible. I, I get what you're saying, but I think it's plausible that they that no that nobody would have. Oh, I'm it not out. saying it isn't. I'm just saying it could go either way. I think it's possible that you know people would find it, and I think it's possible nobody would either. But depending on the size of the role and stuff. Tape. But I thought I thought the same thing, Lacey. I was like, well, she had a name change, but then I thought about. It, I'm like, well, her fucking face didn't change. Right, like you just think somebody would have seen one of those and just been like, I mean, sometimes people don't put those connections together, especially when they're not in the forefront, you know, but I don't know, man, it's, it's a secret that was held for a long time and it, it went on way past her death kind of thing too. Right. So it is kind of interesting. Just thought mm-hmm. something I would note and thought it was, you know. Randy, it's like Sydney. You're okay. my friend. I never told you about my slut actress mother. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or I, your slut actress. I understand why mother, she but didn't. Now's say the time to tell you. Yeah, I understand why she wouldn't say anything herself because of her past and shit. But did you guys notice the fucking murders in the room org poster in the police station? That what? The, the room org poster? Is that what you said? Murders in the room org. You know the movie? Uh-huh. Like the, yeah, the, the ghost. No, I know the movie, but I didn't From like 1931. Poster. There's a poster right next to fucking Detective Kincaid's office in the fucking police. I'm like, why is that poster in the police station? Like, what kind of fucking precinct just allows people to hang up fucking like horror posters like that? I just I thought guess that was one so strange. Next to a studio. Right? It's just so fucking strange. I don't know. Yeah. Seemed out of place, but I was like, okay, whatever. Um, it's the coolest police station I've ever seen then. They got fucking murders in the room org. Yeah. Should we rate this one? Yeah. Uh, 
I believe it is Moo or Mike. Um, well, I like this one the least so far. So better be the least ever. <laughs> we're going down to six out of ten. Yeah, was, this this movie's pretty shitty, man. To be honest, like there's some laughable parts in this, like really, really fucking laughable. Um, I don't know, man. Jesus Christ, dude! Like, ugh, I, feel right, like th- I feel like if the payoff would have been a little better, it maybe would have salvaged something. But man, it's just you get to the end, it's just like oh, that is what. I think it just just hurts itself so bad by like this dude claiming that, you know what he did and it takes away from the first film. Like I I get the whole rules. Yeah. That's a double whammy. Yeah. Like I get the whole rules. You want to incorporate this information and do something with it. But like, Jesus Christ, man, like it's just, there's so many missteps in this movie. Um, and you know the other stupid thing, man, actually Dewey gets fucking stabbed in the back in part two, like right in the spine in this movie. His, his limp is better. Yeah, his limp is pretty good in this one. Like it's maybe uh, maybe they fit, it, maybe that second that next stab like kind of <laughs> jostled a nerve back. <laughs> but the thing is, spot. like when you, yeah, when you get a limp from a back injury, like it ain't fucking getting repaired, man. That's and then just, it's non-existent in the fourth. Yeah, <laughs> I, I assume he had some kind of cutting physical therapy. The yeah, with like the year later, two <laughs> ten years. years <laughs> um, the other mm-hmm. thing that actually kind of bugs me, man, in this movie, Sydney's role is like. She seems oh, we, very we naughty. spent a lot of time with Gail and Dewey. Yeah, like honestly, and that, that is too again, it's, it's super corny too. Like I, I just the relationship is kind of corny, but um, like Sydney's role in the film sucks, man. Like she, it feels like she's not even in this. I feel like it's yeah. Daniel Harrison fucking you know Hatchet Three. How Daniel Harris feels about her role, but like honestly, Nev Campbell must not be happy with her like. You know, she her, didn't want it. She said that she would give him like two or three weeks. Yeah, and she because she, she was to, doing other, she yeah, she, she didn't want to be typecast. Well, you can tell, like, she's literally yeah. fucking typecast by the third. Oh, Jesus Christ. I think after you do the first two, like, you're known as fucking Sidney Prescott, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, like, you can tell that like, she's kind of calling this one in a little bit. But it's it's just a lack of, like, the writing for her character in general, man. It's just, her role sucks, man. <laughs> this is not great, man. Uh, this isn't the worst film in the world. I think there is some decent moments in this. Um, but I'm going to come in about a five out of 10. I don't think it's like the worst thing ever, but it's not good. All right. Um, I, I don't hate this movie. I actually like it. Um, I, I think I, I agree with most of the points you guys made about the bad stuff in it. Um, I just enjoy the scream aspect, the meta stuff. Um, I like the, I, I, I honestly, the, the whole backstory with Marine Prescott actually, like upped my rating a little bit because I, I I never realized how like you know how that commentary actually mat- mattered. I just looked at it more throwaway before, um, but it actually was like you know saying something, and I thought that was pretty cool. And especially after the fact with the whole Har- Harvey Weinstein thing, um, I like the I actually like the set that they're on, like this this stab three set. I, I kind of like that whole movie thing and the script thing and them changing the script and that being a reference to them changing the script in part two and things like that. Oh, that reminds um, me, how the fuck was he changing the script on the fly there and like sending the fucking signal to the, the one printers who and shit? Lights, who, the one who smells the gas. 
right? Like yeah. they're he's yeah. like like <laughs> things are happening and he's like writing it out and it's being sent to the printer and shit. I'm like, what? I'm like, this is <laughs> yeah, bad as the voice cool. thing and the fucking like the, yeah, I, the I hate that voice supernatural thing. fucking elements and I'm like, oh god, what the fuck? And then there's even a really stupid dream sequence in this too. I'm like, fuck, man, this one has everything I hate. It's kind of ironic because Nightmare on Elm Street deals with nightmare with dreams and I, I can't stand dream sequences in movies. But um, I I I I overall like it though. I, I'm giving it a seven. God oh. damn! This motherfucker is surprising <laughs> the shit out of me tonight. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. This is a movie that was made. <laughs> right, like that's really my brain activity too. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I love this franchise and, you know, I, I would have been really upset if this is where it ended. Um, we'll see how I feel about the fourth one here in a minute, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like one quote from it when, uh, Dual Hill is like, oh, you motherfucker, like after he gets stabbed, but, um, like, I just love that line. Like I say that like every other day. But uh, other than that, I think Scott Foley was cool. Um, yeah, it really was lacking Nev. Courtney's bangs are terrible. Uh, David's too campy. Uh, Cotton weary. I don't know. What the fuck? 5.5. 5. Whisperer Massacre anniversary question. What is your favorite scary movie? What's your favorite scary movie? One generation's tragedy is the next one's joke. What is your favorite scary movie, man? I'll show you. This week marks the anniversary of the infamous Woodsboro murders. Local celebrity victim Sydney Prescott chose to return to her hometown. All right, so jumping a decade and a bit later into 2011. Took him a long time to get that fourth one out there. Mm-hmm. For Scream Four, you know, at least at least in this uh, franchise, they kept everything with a number, so I do like that. Mm-hmm. They didn't like subtitle shit, like Scream Three. Really, the Return. Yeah, <laughs> fuck the voices from the beyond. Scream Four <laughs> Resurrection. Yeah, exactly. No Scream Four in space. Doesn't, don't they go to spacing for But Anyways, yeah, Scream 4, 2011, 10 years have passed. And Sydney Prescott, who has put herself back together, again, thanks in part to her writing, is visited by the ghost face killer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Scream wow, that was 4, very inventive. Jesus. I think Scream 4's opening is the best one since the original opening. What the fuck? Well, what's a 500... Awesome. Yeah, opens. I, I yeah. think that, I think honestly it's okay, but like the first time I watched it in the theater, I thought it was okay. I enjoyed nice. it, but then upon rewatch, I'm like, man, they just overkill the shit out of it. It gets meta beyond meta, and it like plays off on. I don't know. It's so weird. Like I just feel like it's overdone. See, I didn't really care for it in the theater, but watching it this time, I was like, man, I really like that opening. Um, they played the one up game. They did, they did one, they did one opening and they're like stab five or no stab six. And it's like, and then it cuts to fucking stab seven. I'm like, Oh, it's a commentary on that. I know what they're doing, but it's still overkill. That's fucking stupid. And it doesn't make you care about the two 
girls that end up dying, then one has a fucking off-screen kill, which pisses me off even more. I didn't care about the people in fucking Scream 2 either. Well, I did. Why? You don't even know them. I don't need to know them. It was a (laughs) great opening, and it was way more plausible than this stupid bullshit. They kill all the fucking hot chicks, man. Like, Anna Paquin dies, like, in the fucking opening scene. Yeah, it's like Drew Barrymore died in the opening scene. (sighs) This was just stupid. Like, six six girls died. I get it. Whatever. Um, I just, you know. Well, the first, the only... (laughs) I hate it. Like, well, no, like, and then only the last two actually die. Girl, well, but you know what I mean. And it's just stupid. And I don't know. Like, I just don't feel like I care enough. Like, you didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with them. Like, it's like literally like two minutes of the fifteen opening that you get with these two girls, and it's fucking stupid. Like, it. I don't know. Like, Uh, this is another one. I also don't like the motivation. Not the killer. I'm just like I know, do. I, I you're, love you're jealous of her fame, so you're gonna murder her. Okay. Yeah, dude. But again, it like, is, like I Mike, said before, thank you, you for can't saying- do a scream sequel. You just can't. You can't do a scream sequel and and a fourth one, especially. Why not? Like, no, you can like have a better motivation. Cast members that are back don't even want to be there. Like they're just fucking there because they're getting paid to be in a scream. No, movie. You can do a scream sequel with better motivations than. I was so sick of hearing Sydney this, Sydney that. Fuck, dude, you're like fucking twenty years younger than her. Who gives a fuck? It's jealousy. It's about wanting the fame. It's about wanting. It's like what Cotton wanted, kind of. You know what I mean? I, it, it, it doesn't work perfectly, no. But I'm cool with it. I didn't expect her. I'll but tell you that. But if you're Rory Culkin, yeah. it's like, dude, like you're gonna get involved with this fucking rich bitch that is just fucking spoiled. And she's so sick of hearing about Sydney this and Sydney that. Fuck off, man. Yeah, if I, I if I was him, I'd be like, I'd be like, like really? What? Yeah, but what? it's the same thing as Stu, though. Like, what was Stu's motivation? I mean, actually, Roy was, I, think, I think it was just to be in with the girls <laughs> and maybe he has a chance of getting the girl because Roy was that guy that, like, you know, he was the geek that never got the girl and stuff. And he almost had the blonde chick, but, you know, maybe I can get closer if I fucking do some nasty shit with this. I mean, plus he's bit. just obsessed with, like, I look at him like the people who are obsessed with, like, the Columbine murders or something and then do their own school shooting. Like, I look at it as, like, a commentary on that. Like, he's literally just an obsessed fan. Well, take that I commentary think he further. Is, the media I think he's my that. least favorite killer out of the whole entire franchise. I think he's probably my second favorite, yeah. or well, third favorite if you count Who, Stewie. Rory or the fucking cousin? Uh, but, Ror- both, Rory. I, the I like these two killers better than the ones in Scream Two or Scream Three. No, I, I mean I like I like Jill. She's she's up there for sure, but I just don't like him at all. Like I don't get it. I don't know. Like, I, th- I think he's forgettable. I think it's unbelievable. Like I mean, okay, we're talking about Slasher Hero, but like these kids are still in high school and they're fucking like I mean I guess it's from the first one too, but like the yeah. the, the motivations yeah, are I just. I don't understand what the. F- fuck does she care about no uh, okay someone, it's not that they're in that's 20 years old it's not that they're just in high school it's the fact that like they're so well, she far lives removed. in the town too dude she's like it's like but how does that affect all her she life? heard about with sydney people asking her hey isn't your cousin the one that was like murdered almost here like three times and that's like, driven can, her to murder her over it well that's i mean she, clearly she's stupid. unstable but 
you know, again, what was Stu's motivation? How come nobody has a problem with Stu's motivation? It just she made, arguably has more motivation than Stu. It would have made more sense if they grew up together and fucking they had more of a personal relationship and she was around the shit and she was getting shunned because Sydney this, Sydney that. She's always in the limelight and shit, but she's not. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. But she's not. She's on the outs. She only heard this shit like like really like the motivation is beyond but how do you know that though how do you know they didn't have a that she wasn't there um you know at all during the past you know 10 years and even the the times between because sydney wasn't there anymore she came back for the book reading and plus they're like 20 years apart Mm -hmm. (laughs) right in age they just didn't have that relationship it's explained in the movie and i'm like yeah i mean i i I get what you're saying i i just think that it's more motivation than Stu had is it not? Well, I think Stu got probably manipulated into helping. I mean, well, I think Stu killed because Casey broke up with them. <laughs> Man, that's, that's, that's a that's reason. A motivation. <laughs> well, Stu, I, Stu obviously, and he and he actually says in the thing is like, why not do it? You know, I like he was literally good, he was playing I think that crazy. They do angle. a good job of. I, I agree that I, no normal person would ever try to kill their their cousin because they kept hearing about him or something but like if you couple that in with the fact that she grew up in this town it's very popular in this town they have this stabathon thing it's you know it's it's their thing uh you know she probably heard nonstop people asking her about sydney hey what what was she like like how how much did you know her you know like is, is your mom her sister's mom, or what a like you know, bitch, all this I'd be stuff. proud to be her cousin. That'd be she like, killed oh, yeah, her man. own fucking. Or how about after you the other thing? Town. The other thing I hate about this movie is like she's like I got to stay true to the original film, and that's why she ended up killing her mom in this one too. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> like it's really? Fucked. It's fucked up. Like that doesn't yeah. even. Fuck. Well, I'm you're like, not. You're not supposed to like her. You're not supposed to think she's like a, a nice person who a, wouldn't kill nice her mom. I just thought that was crazy writing. I was like, really? They just like kill the mom because she needs to stay true and have a dead mom like her fucking cousin? I was like, what the fuck? That's like, I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah, see, I mean, it just it's a, it's a commentary proper. on, on being, you know, obsessed with, with anything, you know what I mean? Oh, of course, I, I, of I like it. I think it's, I think it works for, for the film, for the sequel. Um, it, it's, you know, setting it back in Woodsboro was like such a good idea and it makes the, the narrative of of the cousin work better because it's the town's obsessed with these stab films they have a stab fucking a thon every year uh the town clearly has like a deep-seated history with with the murders and things like that and like let's not forget you know there was a lot of murders like a lot of people died and including you know maureen prescott who was part of it and then a lot more people died even afterwards if this actually happened to somebody like it would be one of the biggest things ever that you know so it makes sense to me that these people would be so obsessed with it and you know she wants she sees sydney especially now because sydney's this like famed author and like very successful and stuff and she's living in this shitty town in in her shadow. She wants that. She wants the glory. She wants to feel important and special and stuff like that. Does again? I don't think that it makes sense rationally, but in the movie, yeah, I'll roll with it. It's 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 not a bad motivation for the movie. Well, I think it just work would work better if she had a personal relationship, not just a hearsay. Like, oh, I'm so tired of my mom talking about Sydney this, Sydney that, and everyone around me, you know, with the Stabathon school, blah blah blah, and shit. It's 
it just it seems more plausible that if you had a personal because people but do it, that it's shit. not when you, it's not that she's mad at sydney it's that she wants what sydney has it's yeah. not that she's like re- getting revenge but i know on but sydney i'm just saying like motivation for killing a family member generally is when you're actually close to them too Right? Yeah, it's but just, the motivation isn't to kill a family member. It's to it's to steal her fame. And let's not forget, she's killing other people too, well, she, not just her family member. It's not just it's about not stealing about, the fame, but it is about killing Sydney because she fame, wants. She would have to she get wants, caught and go to jail, right? Yeah, because in her mind, she thinks that she if she eliminates her, it's going to be you know there'll be no more Sydney this, Sydney that kind of thing too. So yeah, because how? Well, not only actually, that, but it 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 makes sense that. That you know, Sydney would be the target for the narrative, and that she would be the surviving member of the family, and she feels like it would rub off on her easier than if this just happened without Sydney in the picture. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody is just jealous of Sydney. Even like Jill's mom was jealous. She's like, "I have scars. Nobody asked me about my scars." Like, bitch, no one cares. Yeah, I could totally like, see like getting annoyed that like nobody would everybody in the world cares about your sydney and nobody like you're just normal fucking people who nobody gives a shit about but like i feel like sydney got her dad's genes because like obviously that shit's genetic and you know like the mom like was obviously like crazy you know it's all marine's fault and it still is so i don't know jill's this one just feels like a return to form for me. I think that like the the rules and stuff are a lot fun in this one, like they were in the original and didn't feel as convoluted. A lot of time had passed now, so it's like there's all these new like it's almost like in the nineties you had all this time to analyze the rules, but in Scream Two you only you didn't really have any time. In Scream Three you only had two years. But now we have a whole new era that happened and we can look back on it and see, well, what was the themes of that era? And, you know, talk about the remakes and stuff like that. And, you know, talk about how like the basically it's shock value now and, you know, or maybe the killer needs to film the murders and stuff like that. It's like you had this whole other era to analyze, which you didn't have in in the other yeah. sequels. See- that stuff's all really cool. I, I like the idea of, you know, the killer has to film the shit, but man, it just comes off so gimmicky in this though too, man. Like dudes like it, it is it, it 100% does purely lie. intentional because that's a commentary on like the found footage and stuff like that. It's supposed to be gimmicky. That's yeah. what that's what the commentary is that it's a fucking gimmick. And yeah. then you have like they're re- literally what's the most popular thing at the time 2011 remakes so they're like quite literally remaking the murders of the first film mm, of course first yeah. thing and I, I just think that's really cool i if when i was when i first saw the movie i didn't think you know being in that era i didn't think that the they were really saying much at all but now so much time, you know, another 10 years have passed and I'm like, wow, they really did have their finger on the pulse of that era. And they really did talk about a lot of the stuff that was happening. And it, it just felt a lot like the first film um, to me. And I think that this one actually has like some pretty cool moments too. like whenever they're in the upstairs and they're, you know, text to call talking to the person. He's like, I'm in the closet and they go up to the closet and he's like, I didn't say I was in that closet. And then he fucking flies out of the, that's the most brutal death in the entire franchise. Oh yeah, dude, it is brutal. I was like, wow, this is they fucking went, it, like, it's the most gory. Yeah. Like I was watching that, like in the theater, I was just like, holy fuck. Like, all right, of, they're it, making up, they're, they're making up time from scream three. 
it, it reminded me of like the kill in Nightmare on Elm Street, man, with the chick. Yeah. She gets fucking drug out the bed, like the the blood all over the room and shit. Like this one, yeah, it's def- it's like there's more blood and gore in that scene than there is in the first three movies combined. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. yeah I know. I thought, it's and it just all, it just reminded me of the kill from Nightmare on Elm Street. Just yeah, but yeah, it's up there. Yeah, just like the blood and just the nasty, like just how graphic it is and shit. I don't know, but I like Hayden Panty Terra's character too. Um, Kirby, she's she's probably one of my favorite. I, that's what I liked about this one too is they actually had some goddamn new characters that were actually established and more than just throwaways. Which like a storyline two, two and three. Yeah, like you actually have some new characters that you're focusing on a lot and. And it's back to high schoolers again, and I, I just thought that that was back a return to form. to form, and it just it just feels good to me. This that's why I like about this movie so much is it just feels right. It feels it, good. It still is like relevant, it. even with the commentary you're talking about too. Like, you know, the fact that they, they talk about it in the film that you know you don't even really have to do anything major to be you know to be famous. You just have to get your name out there and be noticed. That's true though. Right. And that, yeah. hence the whole live streaming, everything. It wasn't about, you don't have to do anything drastic. You know, it's just like, if you have a, you start streaming shit and people just kind of follow you and stuff. They, be, yeah, you know, except, you just, it's about being famous for doing nothing. Cousin is going against, uh, you don't have to do anything drastic. Well, no, but that's, that's streaming. She's also, drastic. I'm talking about, you know, the, the commentary. I mean, the, the, com- rest the, of comment- the, people. the commentary is correct. In, in this yeah. day and age, it's you still don't relevant have to do anything drastic to be quote unquote like famous. Well, online. people are just being famous for being famous. Like, if you got money, you're fucking famous. You do a couple live stream, people know you. But there's different levels of fame though, too, right? So they they touched on that in a in a pretty interesting way because it's super relevant now. I mean, well, fuck. and all these are um, kind of you know like fame based in some capacity, and like it's always been like Sydney is like reserved and doesn't want like any of the fame, right? Well, well, that's the contrast. Like, think, that's the contrast. Yeah. yeah. But but I thought the thing that was most ironic is that, you know, she's all high and mighty and doesn't do all that. But, however, she decides to do her um, her book tour at the time of the anniversaries of the Woodsboro murders. I know, but that's not like, her, though. That's, that's her manager that plans that out because she knows, but, you know, around the anniversaries and shit, that's totally just – that's the way you sell your shit but i mean you know that's dirty fucking you know managers like if if that doesn't sound like corporate business oh it's all business at that point i mean but you know what i'm saying exactly like if if it's sydney she doesn't Mm -hmm. stand for that type of shit i think it's out of character i agree i think i think it's out of character for her but you know but then again she gets to the point with her manager or her what agent or whatever and fucking fires her you know, yeah, she starts I mean, to see she right returns through. Returns specifically on the anniversary. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I get like you're facing, you're coming out of the darkness and into the light. Like, whatever. I guess we can use I know, that. As she, a she actually metaphor. feels. She feels like she's fucking like she's all surprised by what? There's murders happening on the anniversary. This can't be happening. There's of, no fucking of, way. And I'm returning, and people <laughs> knew that I was coming here. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I just, I just think, man, these killers, the reveals of these killers are the most unbelievable, fucking reveals possible. Like it just, I don't know, man. So who did funny. you think it was? She's just no. I'm, it's not that I didn't know who it was. I'm just talking about who they were. Like her cousin, this little frail <laughs> fucking chick, and this little who nerdy fucking like Macaulay Culkin's brother. I'm like, fuck, man. No, he's Euronymous. <laughs> 
And I'm sure some people get that. Reference, <laughs> You're on his. Yeah. Right? Oh, finally, myself, somebody gets like, it. They're like, yeah. I fucking know that reference. Yeah. <laughs> but, I like <clears throat> Crazy Jill, though. Like when she's smashing her head up, like in the glass and, you mm. know, the table. And I, I like that aspect. I don't know. Like I thought she was good, crazy. I kind of like the fucking the cops I, this, man like oh, man. oh that that's like my least favorite part man no it's no <laughs> I, I hate mean, those damn cops it reminded me of fucking i was getting last house on left flashbacks dude it's i know it's so bad man it's just so fucking like the comedy like when fucking anthony anderson's like dying and he's like Ugh, uh, and he gets fucking stabbed in the forehead makes his way out and he's like he fucking falls on the ground and he literally says this he goes fuck bruce willis <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the cops in this one are yeah pretty bad. Your lemon squares taste like ass. I thought there was some decent red herrings in here too, because like that Judy, um, the blonde-haired cop, where you she's like all in the Lily. darkness, and she's like, she's like, we went to high school together, and it's all like, oh, I don't remember you. Like I, she's like, I played a lost boy. <laughs> like, like yeah. I literally cry. I think that's the funniest line of the whole movie. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why. Yeah, yeah. Awkward bitches. I like the you know the horror movie references. They go a little bit deeper than just the basic horror movies. They reference Suspiria and Don't Look Now and stuff like that. I thought that was cool. Yeah, but still popular Tom, enough as we talked people, before. Yeah, and then, you know, mm-hmm. still popular enough that people are going to get that and shit. Yeah, that's good though. Mm-hmm. I loved in the. Tra- I remember seeing the trailer in 2011 where uh, Kirby starts listing off all those damn remakes, and I was just like, wow, that is such a like just commentary on like wow look how many there fucking are like that's uh, all we've been doing do not th- get me started on the trailer though that trailer pissed me off more than anything i i don't well, I, I i was really i was really excited for it like i mean i've never been more amped for a movie than i was for scream 4 but there's a scene in the trailer where uh, Gail is fighting Ghostface and she says do it if you got the guts and like I just remember like watching that I was like oh and she doesn't fucking say it in the movie and, like, I, I just... like when they do that with trailers though uh, because... but that line though like that was the line that got me like you know like it sent yeah. chills down my spine and it just wasn't in the movie and I was really disappointed yeah they do a f- <laughs> I remember they do the whenever she does that re- when she lists off the remake they cut that out of order because in the trailer he says none of the above but that line was actually used <laughs> in a in the peeping tom line so they actually cut that out of the cut cut it differently in the trailer right um but yeah hmm. i dude honestly this was one of the most hype i was for a movie too like because i just could i i was like oh my god they're actually doing it and this was supposed to be the start of a n- new trilogy too right um and i just think that it was i think every single person that was going into this expected that some of the main cast was going to die. Like Jill or uh, Sydney, Dewey or Gail had to die. One if of you them. were to kill one of the three, who would you kill? Dewey. Dev. <clears throat> yeah, Dewey. I would just because it would kill be off Dewey you, gotta, as well. you, gotta, you gotta kill Dewey, man, because he seems to be getting fucking stupider Dewey. with every film, man. Like, well, I don't, I don't know. know. I think he was the stupidest in three, but every he was, time he, he almost gets stupid. killed, a piece of him is left. Yeah, he's not as bad. He honestly, he is a little bit smarter <laughs> in this one for sure. I actually, I've always liked Dewey, man. He's just fun. I think my favorite things about this movie is the fact that they use the term "scream cool." <laughs> I thought that was actually kind of clever, and then and the fact that like when they're at the beginning of the Stabathon, 
You see I who love fucking the dir- Sabathon. Who directed the first one was Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I yeah. remember seeing that name come up on the. I was like, what the fuck? I know. I'm like, yeah, that's Robert fucking Rodriguez. awesome. So they just like called up Robert one day and like, yo man, can we use your name on this? And he was like, fuck yeah, dude, yeah. Whatever. Well, I mean, he most of his films were done through Dimension, so it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, obviously he still had to get permission to use his fucking name, but that's kind of cool yeah. that they did that. Um, but no, I think that I, man, I really liked the that that little nod to Robert Rodriguez. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, dude, I'm, I love him, man. He's great. He's great. Did you guys catch fucking <laughs> beginning scene where Dewey's sleeping and his fucking his phone ringtone goes off? Beverly Hills Cop theme. Yeah, yeah. I fucking instantly. I remember seeing the theater and pissing myself laughing. I was like, ah, man, that's so good. That's so good. Because I love that theme. Because I actually used to have that as a ringtone on one of my older phones. No lies. So I'm kind of oh, geeky. Fun, fun little fact, guys. Um, I referenced it <laughs> earlier, but uh, the scene 118 in uh, Scream 1, um, that scene was actually called, as I said, uh, pe- people live and people die. They, the killer actually says that in the opening kill. He's like, people live and people die. Like, So it's just an homage to that. Mm, I thought that was cool. cool. Mm. And, and one thing I got to give credit to, man, I, I, I think this is undervalued when people talk about Wes Craven's career, but I mean, dude, he was, he was pretty up there by this point. You know, this was, this was his last film and like it didn't meet, miss a beat stylistically and, and visually from the last three films. In fact, I think this one's actually better directed than the last two, um, in terms of, you know, just, just the way that it looks and, and the editing and pacing and stuff like that. Um, and just it's the way better it than felt three kind of modern. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that like, you know, not a lot of directors go out with this quality of looking film. Um, you know, you look at a lot like any of the classic directors and most of them don't go out on, on this. What other film. director had two successful slasher franchises? None. I mean, what does that tell you? Uh, I mean, I think that I, I've I've said this before that Wes Craven's my my favorite director, and I know that he has a lot of misses in his catalog. But I mean, you're talking, uh, you know, the 2010s. He had a film. The 2000s. He had he had a good film. Um, the, name, the, name the, that the 90s. What's that? Name is good film in the 2000s. Well. Scream I mean, Four. I, I like my soul to take a lot. <laughs> okay, okay, so he didn't have one in the two thousands. That's fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I'm really surprised. Like, I don't think that movie's good at all. But uh, I don't. I don't. Red yeah. Eye's all right. Red, yeah, Red Eye. That that movie's great. Ah, the fucking Asian, the original Asian one's better, man. Oh, I've never seen that, but I'm just saying. Uh, I like Cursed as well, but I know that, that I wouldn't consider it a, a good film. Um, but okay, so maybe you take the 2000s out, but you still have the 70s, 80s, 90s, and the 2010s. And, and don't forget the 1970s. Yeah, I said 70s. Oh. 70s, 80s, <clears throat> 90s, and the 2010s. I think that he has, I think Scream 3 is, is good, and I think Red Eye is really good, and I think My Soul to Take is really good. So I, I know that not everybody do, but I think at least objectively Red Eye could be considered a good film. Yeah, it's, I think most people like it's better than my soul to take for sure, and cursed. 
but um, red eye, yeah, red eye is good. Yeah. But but I mean, dude, that's that's pretty epic. And and also like you look at the his hits, you know, um, last house on the left. Even if you have issues with it, like that film was a very important film in horror. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes also good film. I think most people think it's a good film. Um, and then the 80s, you have Nightmare on Elm Street, which birthed an icon. And then in the 90s, you have another icon birth in in Ghostface uh, in the, the Scream franchise. Um, and then you fill in the gaps with even just great films like People Under the Stairs and The Serpent and the Rainbow. Like he he really did do. Uh, and, and what director in their you know 60s had their finger on the pulse and was able to still create a film that was relevant? Uh, to to modern teenagers, I don't know. My brain's fried, man. Carpenter, or Lucio Fulci, or Dario Argento. Um, well, Fulci did, but Fulci Romero. didn't. Make, but Fulci didn't who, make movies for teenagers, though. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. Kevin, who did the writing? Kevin I mean, he fucking made Kendall. twenty comedies. I think, got, I think he left the film in production, though. So I'm not sure. Mm. I mean, honestly, I, I can't even name one. Italian director from those eras that made any film specifically for teen- it just wasn't their market, man. It was adults. <clears throat> it's funny. Yeah, different yeah, market, different different, different markets. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I get what you're saying. I mean, his credibility I mean, maybe is demons, undeniable. You could say the demons era of, of Italian films were were aimed a little bit well, at a younger demographic. I, 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 like I said, I said from that era. I mean, come in the '80s. Yeah, I mean a lot of directors started making Americanized movies like demons was an attempt at Americanized movie, hence soundtrack and stuff. And then there was some directors that did straight up American fucking movies, man. Like just crazy, you know? So, yeah. But I, I just think that it, you know, when you look at the, every, all the directors last films from, you know, the ward to what was Romero's survival of the dead. Oh um, man. Most of these, mo- oh, fuck a bit. Like we, Talk about Argento. I mean, Argento's not dead yet, but he might as well be. He went into another production. He's in another production Jesus. now. I think he's not our Ar- Ar- Ardetto yet. Yeah, but yeah, he's if making. If you look at his movie. last film, Dracula, you oh. know uh, who else is out there? Romero's was Survival of the Dead. Um, to- Hooper's was Dijin. I mean, these guys, which I never fell actually seen lit. before. Yeah, I never saw that one. Me neither. But but even if you go to the one before that. Well, let's face it. I, I've, I've joked about Mortuary. this many times. I can't even make a top ten Hooper list because I don't actually like ten of his movies. It's fucking but, crazy. I mean, you got to say Wes Craven <clears throat> arguably had the 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 highest last film. Last yeah. film? Yeah. I mean, out of yeah, I mean. <sighs> yeah. He had an amazing career, for sure. I agree. I agree. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, anything ratings. else on this? <laughs> Who's first this time? Just ratings. Oops. Oh, is it me? Um, yeah, I like this movie, man. I think it's definitely better than, oh, I think it's pretty much on par with the second one. I mean, there's, there's a couple things in here that I don't think is overly the greatest. I mean, again, I don't know, man. Sydney's a little bit underutilized again in this one. I mean, I just think I just think I think, re- she, I think you're right that she was under, um, she was underseen. But I think for what the film was to kind of pass the torch a little bit, mm-hmm. um, I think it made sense 
Yeah, I mean, in a sense. I mean, the thing I do like about this is that it's still very relevant today. I mean, just the whole commentary. Is, it's quite interesting. Um, it hasn't really changed. Honestly, it hasn't really changed a lot in the last decade. It's kind of almost sad. If anything, it's gotten just worse. <laughs> really, it's just gotten Yeah, like, worse. I don't even know what you would say are the trends of this. De- I mean, socially conscious over the past couple years... Uh, oh, like now would be some type shit. of message about everything online is a lie or something like that. Oh, everybody's worked that way. Woke and fucking me too. I don't know, man. Jesus, everyone being butthurt, everyone fucking living PC lives and shit. I mean the the indie the independent film is kind of uh, a newer um, uh, trend, I guess. Like get the good independent film. Like well, the, I mean, the, the I mean tragedy dominate you, You've seen Tragedy okay. Girls, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean that's almost it, like Yeah, a, social media. Yeah, that would be like a modernized trying to do a, like a meta screen type thing almost. Yeah, in a sense, yeah. I mean Actually, there there is rumblings about them, you know, well, not even rumblings like they the the new studio literally said they're doing a new screen, but um I know Nev Campbell Carly when she uh, went to her Q and A this past summer, um, she said that it would be really hard to do a, a scream without Wes involved because he was so important to the the films, and she don't know if she would do it without you know obviously now that Wes can't do it, mm-hmm. um, but you never know. That's where Fulci steps in. I'm just dead Fulci. You know, one thing always bugged me about this movie. <laughs> you know, the scene where the, the fucking Gale sets up the the hidden cameras in the uh, Stabathon, and mm-hmm. um, so they're watching the monitors and stuff. And then she's kind of watching them, and all of a sudden, one of the cameras gets covered up. And then, like a second later, the next one gets covered up, and then the next one. And I'm like thinking to myself, JP's totally going to explain this the way that. You know, it's just people, it's just random people there putting cups in front of the cameras. I'm like, there's no fucking way because the cups are being put down perfectly in slow-mo. And I'm like, they're totally being put there by Ghostface, you know. And I'm like, it doesn't doesn't make any sense because the cameras are in four different spots. And there's no way you can cover them up every two seconds like that. It's ridiculous. One of my favorite parts of the opening is in the i think the second stab movie or I don't, maybe it's the first one but whenever um the 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 ghost face like kills the girl and then the girl goes to run out the door and a second ghost face is there and i was like whole i i almost i wish that was actually part of the real movie like we've never got to see two ghost faces at the same time yeah. you know what i mean but it, it, it you, i was like they have something here like what if they had two ghost faces on screen chasing the girls? It would really help with like the cat and mouse thing. Yeah. That would, would give be us really something cool. we if they ever do another one, two. I think they should implement that and maybe maybe there's a third killer. Yeah, I was about to say that. How about a third? <laughs> Doesn't that happen in like Trick kind of? The movie Trick? Never seen. Kind of. Yep. Uh, the uh actually not kind do? of it Patrick, does. Patrick Patrick uh, yeah, he, he directed the trick, and he was big on the screen film. Sorry, I'm a little tired, guys. <laughs> it, all, it also happened in Cult of Chucky. Yeah, he was the guy that was supposed to pen Rob Zombie's Halloween three, and and what I said they when did, me and Derek when yeah when me and Derek reviewed Trick, I even said like. There's so many elements in this movie that could have been applied to the third Halloween film, and I swear that he took that script and just changed it 
and kept things in there and, and made trick out of that script, man, for sure. Well, well you guys 100%. know that Patrick Lussier um, edited the original screen. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I think this one, you know, it's it's fun. It's kind of on par with, you know, the second one for myself. I just really do not like the killers in this at all. I just find it so unbelievably ridiculous. It's just the mo- it's the motives again, man. It's coming back to the whole motives problem, you know. It's like, uh, it. I'm just not buying into it, man. I'm just really, really not buying into it. My brain's not working right now. Um, I'm gonna come in at a seven on this one. I actually do like this. I like the fact that they definitely amped up the gore. I like the scene where the fucking body nails the TV van. I thought that was pretty sweet too. It's pretty mm-hmm. pretty nasty shit, but I mean that kill with. Uh, Oh, what's the girl's name in the bedroom? It's just nasty shit. Olivia. Olivia, mm-hmm. man, gets totally torn up. Guts hanging out and shit. Like, literally got gutted. So, mm-hmm. that works quite well for me. I like the fact that, you know, this is so much years later. And, you know, they, they're kind of playing into the market. Because films did go through this whole uh, kind of era where the gore was taking over and shit like that. So, they played into that quite nice. Had some decent social commentary that actually does work for the film. But it's more about the motivations for me, man. It just doesn't really work. Some of the comedy doesn't work either in this. I think Dewey and Gail, again, the relationship's just kind of, it's kind of corny. You could definitely tell that they were actually divorced in real life in this. You, you know well. what? It's funny like, that you bring that up, Lacey, because I actually noticed that. I noticed that too. Like, you could tell the spark wasn't there. Yeah. Even though I, I love that their real life relationship mirrors their characters' relationships. It really does. It really does. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost eerie. But um, I mean, it's great that they're still friends, though. Mm-hmm. Like in real life. But yeah, you could definitely tell. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, Mike. Uh, I'm going seven and a half. This is probably actually my second favorite um, of the franchise. You know, it's it is kind of impressive that, you know, the first three kind of rapid fire came out one after the other and then you had that long break and then usually that almost a lot of times that spells like disaster for when they try to do like another one after the, a while, but you know, I I agree. I mean, I've already talked about it a little bit, but I'll, I'll echo moods again about the the motivation of the killer seems a little bit extreme to me, but I mean, that aside, I still liked it. I liked the fact that they ramped up the gore and there was some just brutality in this movie. Um, uh, outside of the motivation, I, lo- I like the actress, though, Emma. She's she's great. And this is almost like the birth of the character she's played in like most things she does. <laughs> Go, like she plays that kind of bitchy role so well in like so many different things she does. Um, it set her apart from Nancy Drew. That was the thing, yeah. man. I was like, this movie yeah. has, it feels like it has like fucking 14 endings to it also. I know they joke about that shit in it too, but it's mm-hmm. like, damn, dude. And that motherfucker. And, and actually, JP, I was going to bring it up too. Um, for some odd reason, like the end of this shit, when she's laying in the, in the hospital bed and she's like, you know, Sydney might make it through. And she's like, really? I need to go see her kind of thing. I was like, <laughs> it instantly reminded me of fucking Better Watch Out. <laughs> oh dude i it does remind me of better watch out right yeah. oh, i was like oh yeah. my god totally man fucking better watch yeah. out crazy yeah all so, right um what'd you give it mike a seven and a half point five yeah. oh all right. and i was gonna mention uh, i did it did lose half a point for showing a stupid fucking Shaun of the dead clip and i told you that <laughs> shit was gonna get brought up again 
That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so me, I, I love this one, dude. Uh, I, I liked it a lot when I seen it in the theater. Um, I was so hyped for it. I thought that, um, you know, so much time had passed. I did a marathon of the three Scream films. I think I they the Blu-rays were just released. I bought these Blu-rays for like fucking thirty dollars each. And I watched I watched all three of them, went to the theater, saw I saw a, a preview for Fright Night and got so mad. I was like, I was like, fucking remakes, man. Like they're everywhere. And like my friend who like doesn't watch horror movies is like, what? What's I don't understand. What's the big deal? And I was like, they fucking remake everything, dude. And then I ended up actually liking Fright Night. Um, <clears throat> but that's beside the point, uh, you know, and uh, <clears throat> man. So uh, wa- watching, you know, it this time I was worried that because I haven't seen it since the Blu-ray came out. I bought the Blu-ray when it first came out, and I haven't watched it since, so like ten years or something. And I was nervous that I wasn't gonna like it, and I ended up liking it even more. Um, it, it just clicked on all cylinders for me. I pretty much didn't lo- dislike anything about the movie, like very few any things that I didn't like. Um, I like the motivation. I think that it works for the, for the fourth film in the series. Uh, I think that the references are cool. The the time that it passed and being able to satirize that was cool. Um, I actually really like Rory Culkin as an actor. I thought he was killed it in um, Lords, of Chaos. Lords of Chaos, and uh, it was. I like him in this film too. Uh, I like Kirby. Um, she's probably. Honestly, one of my but favorite he characters didn't like in age at all in those like seven years between these movies. Dude, he looks exactly mm-hmm. the same because he had long hair in this one. Right? I <laughs> was like, this is like, what did they film? Lords of Chaos? Like the minute he stepped off that set or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. And even in Lords of Chaos, his character feels a little understated compared to like the ones around him. Right. So he yeah. kind of gives off that same freaking vibe. Uh, yeah. Um, I love the part where uh, get like Gale. Um, is in the hospital and and Dewey's like, yeah, she wants to write a book with you because uh, you're matching wounds. And then she's all like, how did she know I got stabbed? And he's like, fuck. Like, he, you know, you can just tell that he knows he's a dumbass. And he's like, damn it. How did I catch that? You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Well, that's probably why he got exactly. hit in the head with a bedpan. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I, as cheesy as it is. As cheesy it is, as it is, I love when Sydney says the one thing about remakes is you don't fuck with the original. It's cheesy as fuck, but I love it, <laughs> and because uh, because I agree, you know, it's it's you don't fuck with the original, man. It's the shit, and Sydney is the original. You can't fuck with her. She's awesome, and I actually think it takes more balls not to kill off any of the three characters than to actually do what everybody expected and kill off either them all or at least one or two of them. Uh, I give it an 8.5 out of 10. Absolutely love it. It's my favorite besides the original. Cool. Right on. Is that the whole, me? The whole movie can be summed up well, by fucking, you're the last person by the killer yeah. fucking saying, "I don't need friends. I need fans." That's just <laughs> that's just psychotic. Um. Yeah, I'll just go real quick here. Um, yeah, to um, piggyback, <clears throat> piggyback off of JP, yeah, I was super hyped. Um, you know, I watched all three movies prior to going to see the midnight screening of um, 
Scream Four. Uh, I was I was so excited for this. So, like it gave me such anxiety. Like I literally counted down the days on my calendar till I could see this movie. Um, you know, I think over time I appreciated it more than what I did when I watched it in the theater. Like I think I was just I don't know what I was expecting. It wasn't that at the time. Uh, but I definitely like grew to like love this movie. Um, I mean, the body counts up there. I mean, uh, Jill is a great, a great, uh, I think she's a good crazy bitch. Um, you know, it has my favorite quote out of the entire franchise, which is you don't fuck with the original. Um, you like it too. (laughs) Yeah. It's literally, that's what I had her sign on uh, when I met her. Um, yeah, it has the most uh, brutal kill out of the entire franchise. Um, I love that when they're at the drinkathon and um, they're quoting the the stab movies as it's playing. I mean, because that's exactly what us Scream fans would do. You know, I just feel like they get it, and you know, Wes always did. And so for that, I give it a nine out of ten. Wow! Nice, <clears throat> nice. God damn! This was a marathon. This was. Yeah. I'm not really too sure because I have this all in different files, but I don't even know how it ended up being this long, but it did. I feel like we had to talk about Scream for an hour at least. Mm-hmm. It was all. It was yeah. It was like an hour. And then the five the five questions turned into fifty questions. Actually, you know, honestly, that that was about an hour and a half, but that was one of the shorter ones that we've done recently. Yeah, kind of interesting. And we did it. we did. Uh, yeah, we talked a lot about. Honestly, I I thought we talked more about the Scream films than I expected. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have super fans on, too. Like, Lacey brought up some things I didn't even notice and shit, but, I mean, being a super fan, you're going to do that, right? Yeah, so, good, good good show overall. I think the listeners are really going to enjoy this. And remember, the, there will be a poll that me and Lacey will win. That We will. We are definitely going to fucking win that. JP's you know, going to look stupid. You know, I just realized, <laughs> I actually thought of something right now, because going back to part two, there's a scene with the cops in part is it in part two yeah is it the the library scene no with okay no so they're stuck in the car so it's sydney and the black girl i can't remember what her name is oh yeah that was a good scene so anyways so sydney has to cross over you know go space to get out the car and then she can't open up the fucking handle because the car is actually pressed up against the um a retaining wall so they can't they have to go across so the handle's broken so the the black i don't want to keep calling her black girl but the girl she has to fucking go across uh, ghost face and shit like that too which is all fine and dandy and shit but the way the scene fucking plays out, it's ridiculous because Sydney ends up like down the road a little bit and she comes out of the car, Ghostface is gone, and all of a sudden oh no, not I mean not Sydney, but the black girl ends up down the road and stuff. And for some apparent reason, Ghostface managed to get behind her. And yeah, kill we her. actually talk about we Maybe talked it's about a second this yesterday face, when we watched it um well, where did the other, we counted the, it we, we we counted it he could have actually ran around the building in that time we like sat there and counted it it is possible but how did oh, you get up, damn but no but like how do you know like in proximity because i thought of that too i was like did he jump or did he get out of the car and then get on top of the car and then go up and over the retaining wall and get around that but i was like that doesn't even seem plausible because it seems really fucking high and i'm like I, I don't know, man. I mean, there's no other way he would have to go, you know, to the left and around to get behind her because he, he couldn't go the other way because he would have been seen, right, kind of thing. There's only one way there, but is is that possible? Like, it just seemed impossible. It seemed it's like, like it was... It's like 90-10. It just seemed really, really I'd impossible I'd need to rewatch to it 
Because I don't remember. I actually even rewound it, too. I was like, did I just miss something? And I'm like, wait a minute. No, I didn't miss anything. He ended up behind her somehow, and there's only one way to get behind her. And I'm like, how the fuck did he do that? And I'm like, is there a second killer? I'm like, no, that's not fucking... That's just not right. It wouldn't be at the same location. Makes no sense. But... All right. So I don't know, man. I, I don't know. That's that's just weird. So, but you you actually thought about that too, Elise. Yeah, uh, yeah. We talked about that when we were watching it yesterday. I totally fucking uh, just remembered right when we brought that. Up. Yeah. Interesting. And what did you conclude that he fucking went around the building? Like, how uh, do you, but how do you know the proximity yeah. though? Okay. Well, well, Dan was like, "All right, now watch." She looks back. She looks back. Like, there's no time. There's not time. And I was just like, "Watch." There's going to be enough time. I counted like twelve seconds, I think. Um, if I was counting fast, maybe. But um, yeah, I think that's enough time for him to run around. Like, it felt long. Like in movie time, like obviously, like. Um, I don't, man. I I think you were double time. I think it was like. Five seconds. Tops, no, no, man. it's definitely longer. <laughs> you time and get back to me. <laughs> I mean, I did rewind. I actually watched it twice, and I was like, "What the fuck?" I'm like, "There's no way that he got behind it's her." A, it's at least ten seconds. Is it is it impossible for there to be two ghost faces in that scene? Uh, no. It. I mean, the other chick. I, I believe this is. I believe this is Mickey, and I think um, the one that you know stabbed. Dewey was um, Mrs. Loomis. This is my theory, anyways. So I feel like she would have been at the college. So depending on how far away they are from the college, it's it's possible. We just don't know how far away they are. Yeah, see, that's that's the problem with the ex- like trying to figure it out is that you don't know the proximity of like to where the car is to. I don't know, man. I, I just I I can't explain it away. But anyways. That was fun. That was the Screen franchise. I know so many people have been expecting this from us. I don't know if that's even true. I'm just making shit up right now. <laughs> it's like fucking 20 to 4, so it's very late where you guys are, but it's 20 it's to 4 in the morning for me and Mike. Um, 7.38. I, I think my brain stopped working like two hours ago because I'm honestly I'm, I'm I mean, so fucking tired. I was I was even telling Mike right before, right when we got on Skype, I was like yawning and super tired when I got on, so... Yeah, this has been a long one. Um, well, I, I made it. You did not fall it. asleep this time because there was no dub dub dubs. So, uh, shit, we would have been here another hour and a half. Yeah. Dude, oh fuck that. No, we we never do what we watch on franchises. It's straight franchise. Uh, uh. All right, let's go. Yeah, let's do this, man. So, Lacey, thanks for coming on. Welcome back anytime. Actually, had I thought this was a really good show. Really good show. You did awesome. So did I. And I think people are going to dig it, man. I think people are really going to dig it. So, Thank you. I know I got a little bit tired there at the end, but um, we, we have did. been doing this for seven and a half hours. So I know. It, it's a normal <laughs> thing with us. We ask so much of our guests. It's like, hey, do you want to come on and do a friend? Sure. But then you don't realize it's like a 25-hour commitment. <laughs> and then the next time we ask them and they're like, uh, sorry, I think I'm in Alaska that week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I had a lot of fun. I mean, this is obviously, um, you know, a franchise that is like very near and dear to me. And um, anytime that I can talk about it, I will. Oh, it was fun, yes. man. It was good to revisit the films. Like, I hadn't watched them in a lot of years, so. I haven't watched them in 10 years, except for Scream. Um, I logged it on Letterboxd again, and it's I've logged it six times <laughs> since I've been using the Letterbox. So uh, I guess maybe I you're it. a bigger fan than me. I ha- like I, see. Okay, so when I watched 
um, Scream the other day. I told this is the first time like we actually watched it together. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna warn you right now. I apologize, but I'm probably gonna quote the whole fucking movie. Like I can't <laughs> help it. Like I, no, yeah. I just can't. Like it's one. It's just that film for me. And I I did it with Scream two as well. Um, Scream three. Uh, there's a few quotes in there. Um, and then yeah, I watched it mostly for podcasts. Yeah. I'm like that with Friday. I can literally quote that every single line in the movie. I could probably do half it right no, now. Eh, 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 eh. Yeah. God damn, you guys be the stupidest motherfucker to get fired on your day off. What are you stealing boxes I... for? What are you trying to build a clubhouse? Fuck. Um, what a big perm. I'm a big worm. <laughs> yeah, I could quote Friday too, man. Oh, all day, dude. All fucking day. It's amazing. And that and the Goonies. I'm the same way with the Goonies, man. Like line for line. But anyways, we're going on like we always do. Uh, again, Lacey, thanks for coming. Do you want to do some shameless plugs? Where can they catch you at? Um, Cut to the Chase podcast. They're here podcast. Pophorror.com. And soon coming to Horophilia, the Slumber Party Massacre podcast. I think that one is... Carly told me a little bit about it. I think it's a great concept. I hope you guys do it and roll with it and keep the theme. What is yeah, the, what yeah. is the theme of that? Obviously, slash slumber party. You guys just you guys podcast in bra and panties and pillow fights. Ex- ex- actually, there will that, <laughs> there is going to be a segment called pillow talk or pillow fight. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. So, what is actually? The, can you talk about the premise? Um, well, we haven't cut our promo yet or whatever, like, cause I've, uh, I, I literally just did, uh, four podcasts the last, uh, four days. So this is the fourth one. So now I got to take a break, but then I think we're going to do this probably. fourth one is like three and one. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, like it's, uh, 15 hours of podcasting all together, I believe for this week, the past four days. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been crazy. Um, so I had, I didn't have time to, I wanted to get it out for women in whore month because it's going to be an all female podcast and, um, you know, it's going to be kind of centric around, um, you know, a slumber party. And, um, so there's going to be like different segments that, um, we do. And one of them is going to be, um, uh, pillow fight uh, which is where we debate a topic but um, I just think it's kind of fun and uh, there's some other things that you can look forward to that's cool man that's really cool I actually yeah. just rewatched all three of the movies a couple weeks back I love I lo- this one actually one of my favorite trilogies to be honest but um, awesome looking forward to that that's pretty cool uh, Mike thank you once again for coming on for the umpteenth time always good to yeah, have man. you on the show I can't wait for your next franchise nightmare, right? Right, nope. JP? Next one is Omen, and then I spit on your grave. Fuck. I know, man. I spit on your grave. Jesus. I mean, I guess it's like you save the best for last, so I understand. Yeah, that's why we're doing Friday before we retire. Fuck. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Okay. Uh, JP, take us out of here. All right, thanks everybody for listening to this marathon episode. Uh, probably as long as the seven stab film marathon that they showed in Scream <laughs> Four. Uh, we appreciate all of your you listeners' comments, um, shares, uh, feedback, emails, voicemails, everything that you guys do. Um, and you know, hopefully we'll get Jeremy back on here at some point. Um, but he is actually going to leave you guys with um, some 
brief words here, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks. Well, Jeremy. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, everyone out there in the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Universe? This is Jeremy, a.k.a. your favorite Jew. And I just wanted to come here and talk to you guys for real about stuff that has been going on in my life recently that has contributed to why I haven't been able to do the show. And it's a pretty shitty situation in my mind, but only in my mind, but we'll get into that in a little bit. So I've always tried to be real with everybody here on the show throughout my time here. And, you know, I haven't been ashamed to talk about my prior mental issues and stuff like that. I've talked about it a lot on the Facebook page and I've talked about it a lot before. Uh, If you watch my shitty live streams that I do on the Facebook page, I've talked a lot about them on there and stuff like that. So I've always had some problems up there, you know. I'm not a depressed person, but I've... I'm an insanely, insanely anxious person. And Moods and JP has had to deal with this over the past, you know, six and a half years that we've had to do the show. And, you know, I've been diagnosed with anxiety disorder, you know, 15 plus years ago. And it's something that I have been dealing with now pretty much most of my life. And, you know, I've been on medicine and everything like that. And everything was going smooth and dandy. So two and a half weeks ago, about, you know, three weeks ago, depending on when you guys hear this, I woke up out of the blue and I had a fucking panic attack and I've never had a panic attack before in my life. That is not my mental makeup when it comes to my mental issues. You know, I'm not a panic attack kind of person, nor am I a depressed kind of person. So when I woke up with the panic attack, that really fucked me up in the head because I am uh, normally a very anxious person. And when that happens and you don't expect that, as somebody who has dealt with anxiety their entire life, you start to get physical symptoms. And with me, that is a huge uh, uh, trigger when it comes to my anxiety is physical triggers. And ways that I'm feeling inside uh, contributes to my anxiety and that in turns makes me, let's say, nauseous. So I become nauseous and that in turn makes my anxiety bad, which in turn makes my nausea bad, which in turn makes my blood sugar low because I haven't eaten, which in turn makes my anxiety bad, etc. And and you get into an endless cycle of bullshit, of being stuck in your mind, thinking that all these things are happening to you uh, physically and something's wrong, which is total bullshit, as I've tried to learn over the few years, that it's mainly just anxiety. And at this point, I'm not going to the doctor or anything thing and I'm dying or anything like that. But I'm just going through a pretty rough patch right now with my anxiety. And it's been fucking three weeks at this point. But I'm still waking up every day, every morning, fucking out of my mind anxious. And I'm like that for, you know, the whole day until I come home and I go to bed. And then I can't fucking sleep because my mind's racing a million miles an hour. So that just leads to more anxiety. So it's just been a fucking clusterfuck right now in my life. And uh, luckily, I'm still able to push through and get up every morning and get dressed and go to work. I'm not fucking sitting in my house all day doing nothing. I'm at least trying to be remain active and get up and go to work, even though that I'm feeling like shit every day. But 
you know, it's hard. And I really haven't had any real interest to watch movies or anything like that. I know a lot of people say that you should release that energy into something that you enjoy and that in turns will make you forget about your anxiety. But when I get my anxiety, I just focus so much on the anxiety that I can't really uh, focus on any movies or anything like that. So I really don't have any interest to be watching anything. And I know that's a you know, a typical sign of depression, but I'm not depressed or anything like that. You know, I wouldn't be able to get up and go to work if I was depressed, which is an unfortunate, it's a horrible, horrible thing. But I'm just an, uh, a real anxious mess these past, you know, three and a half weeks or so. And, you know, besides that, I've been, like I said, I've been still working a lot and things like that and, and trying to keep going. So I just really haven't had any, you know, real focus about being able to do the show. And uh, hopefully as time goes on, you know, I'm, I'm changing my medicine a little bit, which will be another couple of rough couple of weeks because, you know, once you're on an antidepressant for so long and you uh, change it, it takes, you know, two to four weeks for that thing to kick in. And doing those two to four weeks, you're probably going to feel pretty fucking shitty. So I'm really not looking forward to that. But again, <laughs> that leads to more anxiety. So this is a whole fucking uh, cycle of things of being stuck in my head. And uh, trying to get out of this cycle of always being, you know, jacked up and stressed on and having fucking adrenaline run through my body throughout the entire day, including when I'm trying to go to bed, which isn't very fun. And, uh, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to get out of that funk. And hopefully as time goes on, you know, it, it starts to heal and starts to get better and I'll be able to start focusing more on watching some stuff and, you uh, you know, getting back to the show and talking to you guys because as of now, I'm really not in the best mindset to do that. So I just need to take some more time. I just need to get my shit settled up in my brain and get everything, you know, situated so I could just come back and, and be normal again with you guys because I, I really do enjoy podcasting even though a lot of the time it may seem that I'm fucking miserable. But I, I really do enjoy it and I really enjoy talking to you guys and hopefully trying to make you laugh a little bit each and every day whenever you listen to our show. So, you know, it, it, it's hard for me. It is. But I feel like, like I said earlier in the clip, the more that you start to talk about it, the more that it starts to help you and things like that. And, you know, I, I'm going back to therapy next week and things like that and hopefully you know, talking more about what I'm feeling and things like that will ultimately help with the problem. So I just wanted to be real with you guys. Like I said, I've always tried to be as real as possible to you guys and let everybody know what's going on. And I just wanted to let everybody know that I'm going through a little bit of a rough patch, but hopefully I'll be back soon. So I, I really do appreciate everybody. You know, I've talked about this on the Facebook page uh, you know, earlier on a couple of weeks ago and all you guys are very supportive and you send me a lot of words of encouragement and things like that. But I just wanted to talk to you guys from my perspective and you guys hear it from my mouth and everybody who isn't on the Facebook page is able to listen to this and, and get a little bit more information about what's going on in my life and what I'm going through. So I really do appreciate it. I really love all of you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I, I'm really, really excited that Parasite won Best Picture. If I had one thing that was really positive to happen over the last three weeks, is fucking Parasite winning Best Picture. That was really fucking awesome. I was, I was really happy. That movie is just absolutely amazing. So thank you, everybody. I really appreciate it. I love you all, and hopefully I'll talk to you soon. And as always, 
Fuck you, Jerry.